like a month stretch where I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, like I'm all into it. And then mm. people come where that's not the truth. So my mm -hmm. question is how do you train your mind to rather die than not want to go to the gym? Okay, okay. So the question he said is he asked me earlier, he said, how do you have motivation to be consistent in the gym? Uh, and I said, I said, well, my, the way my brain works, like I would rather die than not go to the gym. Now, of course, I would hope that if I ever miss the gym, I would back away from that. You gotta be flexible. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you gotta be flexible in life. But why? Do, but why does my brain work like that? What's well, interesting? That, that's actually a perspective a lot of people have. Like Will Smith has uh, videos where he's like, he's like, you can be better than me in any way, but you will not beat me on a treadmill. Or he had some analogy like that, and the idea being that he'll run until he's dead. <laughs> he'll run until he's dead. And I think a lot of people that are successful use death as an analogy, not because they really want to die or because if they failed, they'd be like, oh my God, and they'd kill themselves, but rather because they don't leave, there's no other possibility. So when someone says, I'd rather die, what it really just means is there's a 0% chance. It's like, would you let your kid get hit by a car? No, <laughs> you know what I mean, right? You're not going to let yourself do it. So um, what I have found, an example is... Uh, if I miss the gym one time, right? And I'm not some super jack guy by, by any means, or I dropped a lot of weight to, to not be fat. <laughs> dropped about 70 pounds. Uh, but you know, I'm not, try, I'm not trying to be like the Incredible Hulk or anything, because that's just not my focus, right? I have other, other focuses. But basically, why will I be consistent in the gym is because I found that if I miss one day, I'll miss every day. I've been dieting for almost two years, trying to get down to 7% body fat. Used to weigh uh, 205 pounds. So body fat percentage is at 6.4 percent. Wow! Congratulations! Yeah, thanks. That's awesome. Done. So I'm like a scrawny dude now. Probably time to put on a little more muscle. Probably the next year I'm gonna try to put on, you know, maybe 10 pounds of muscle. Because there is never a convenient time for me to go to the gym. It is a hundred percent inconvenient. It is a hundred percent something that I don't have time to do. There's never a time that I have time to go. When the fuck would I have time to go to the fucking gym? When the fuck do I have time to do anything? I got, I got time to do anything. So, you know, maybe like the vacation time I carved out. So if I don't have that, if I don't have that mind state that there's no other choice but then to go, I'm gonna miss one day and whatever set of rationalizations that I have of the certain circumstances that exist today that would stop me from going, they're gonna be there every, literally every single day. There'll never be a day I want to go that, that, I, that it's convenient to go or that I just have an extra hour of energy burning inside me to go, to, go, to go do that. So once I've made the decision to go, I'm going to stick to that decision. Why? Because if I fail in that decision, I will fail at my larger scale goals. This is a fascinating thing I've seen for years. Every, everyone I know who works a shitty job, uh, not everyone, most people that I know who work a shitty job don't try very hard at their shitty job. This is very, very common. They don't try very hard at their shitty job. And the rationalization is, well, you know, my, my boss is a piece of shit, or the customers are dicks, or this is just not my calling, so I don't have the motivation to work hard at this job. But everything is practice for the big show. Everything's preparing you for the big show. So for example, let's say that, let's say that I were to say to you guys, um, let's say I, I wanted to do a self-development company that did $20 million a year in revenue right now. Or let's say it did $100 million in revenues right now. If I were to ask you guys, do you think that I could manage a company like that? Uh, what would your thoughts be? Do you think I could do it or you think I couldn't? Need a lot of help. Mm. Well, do you think that I could manage a team and do it or no? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. No, nope, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Because if I could, I'd already have it. But see, it's interesting because a lot of guys like, like myself, 
It's very interesting in self-development, and, and especially in learning uh, success with women. What you learn is that no one's cut from a different cloth. So you learn, um, you learn, uh, you learn that um, what one man can do, another man can do, and that anyone can learn success with women. You re if you hang around with me long enough, you're definitely going to realize I'm a pretty regular guy, and that anything you, you look, this guy's a fucking dork. You know, he's like some nerdy little dark guy, just regular guy that does all the regular shit regular people do. So then the question is, what's the difference between, between myself and somebody else? Well, the only difference between me and somebody else is that I went out a lot. So I gain more reference experiences, so therefore I'm, I'm better at it. I have better results. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. Although we're not cut from a different cloth, the fact that I mastered consistency is the difference. And most people will never do that. They don't, uh, they don't have the ability to be consistent. So actually, in some ways, it's kind of interesting. Most people think that the people that are at a very high level in society are cut from a different cloth. They think that they're, they're, they're literally a different breed than them and that, they're, and that they can't get those things. So that's kind of interesting, right? And uh, it's always kind of a shocker to, to have the, uh, the, the myth of that person burst. You know, say that you were to hang out with Bill Gates for a week and then you realize this guy's a completely regular guy. Holy shit, he's just like me. But the thing is, in some ways, it's almost worse in some ways because learning how to cultivate that motivation to stick at some menial task day in and day out, it's actually fucking harder than you think because your brain will trick you. You are your own worst enemy. For example, I go out almost every single night. Why do I go out almost every single night? Well, see, I go out almost every single night because I run a company that's related to teaching success with women. There's different ways that I can be successful in my company. One way is I could do affiliate, a lot of affiliate marketing. I could spend my days mastering affiliate marketing. And then I could spend my days uh, sending out press kits to different press people and I could do a TV show. And I get a lot of offers for that. Uh, I could, and I could do uh, little media pieces. You know, I could, I could go onto, a, onto uh, Dr. Phil or something and you know, t teach Dr. Phil about why you shouldn't supplicate to women or something. <laughs> be kind of cool. You know, I could do something like that. A lot of guys want to do that. I think that's great. Uh, but I made a choice that I thought I would be successful in RSD by making the best product that I could and going off word of mouth. So see, most of you guys that are here right now, you're probably here off some type of word of mouth or product quality. A lot of you guys would have found out about us from the book The Game by Neil Strauss and thought I was a fucking dickhead. And then you saw the product quality and then you went, well, he's a dick, but you know some of these ideas are okay, so I'll keep looking at them. And then you keep looking and then eventually like, okay, actually, maybe it's decent. And then eventually you're like, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm actually coming to that program. That's a lot. I hear that on, on boot camp every weekend. Because like, I cannot believe I'm here. <laughs> I never, if you would have told me a year ago I'd be on this program, I would never would have believed it. I get a lot of that. So I chose to grow RSC based on product quality and word of mouth, primarily, primarily from product quality, word of mouth, which is pretty crazy, right? It's, it's pretty crazy that we did it like that. It's pretty hard to become a market leader and yet do that off product quality and word of mouth. Because normally you can't become a, a market leader off product quality and word of mouth. But we did it like that. So um, basically what I do is I spend my time going out because when I go out a lot, then I do better public speaking. I do better in-field demonstration. I do better in-field hidden camera video, which creates a great hot seat. Did you guys like my hidden camera footage? Well, I didn't get that by going out once a week. That's because I go out every fucking day I can do that shit. Uh, you know, so I, so I made that choice, right? So once I've made a choice that it's in my best interest to go out every night, I'm going to do it. Does that mean that all you guys have to go out every night? Fuck no. You don't got to go out every night. This is, I'm doing some hardcore shit here. 
You could go out two nights a week, you could maybe get decent results. Three nights a week, you could do better. Four nights a week, you could do better. I go out about seven. <laughs> I go out about seven. So when I get off an airplane from Atlanta and I arrive back in Los Angeles at 1.30 in the morning, instead of going home to my family, <laughs> I run out to the motherfucking nightclub and try to open a couple of girls as they, as they stammer out the fucking club. <laughs> and I'm tired, man. I'm tired. And I don't want to do it. And I got a million reasons not to do it. But what I do is I make the choice that I say, if I can't make myself go do this, how am I going to live my dreams? Yeah, I could do this, I could do that, I could do this, I could do that. Homie, if you can't get off your fucking lazy ass and go say hi to a girl because you got off a plane from Atlanta, then how the fuck are you going to do this other shit? You're not going to do shit, homie. Blah, 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 blah. You're going to talk a lot of shit. You're not going to do shit. If you can't make yourself go to the fucking gym and carve out that time, how are you going to live your fucking dreams? You're not going to do it. If you're working at McDonald's and you can't do a fucking kick-ass job at McDonald's while you're there to practice learning how to enjoy the process of doing work and contributing value to society, what makes you think that when you, get, you become the, the fucking CEO of fucking Walmart, magically, that you're going to do, do a good job at that? You're not. So a work ethic is something that is cultivated over time. And the hardest part of it is that you are your own worst enemy because you can always stop. You never, you never have to work hard. You never have to do shit. Doesn't it usually take 30 days to get a, get a habit going? Mm -hmm. Stick with it 30 yeah. days Yeah, it takes about 30 days and then your brain rewires itself to accept the new habit. So whenever I'm thinking of not doing something, I realize that... that if I want to strategically not do something anymore, like I want to make a big picture decision, I'm no longer doing that, that's fine. And if I'm really run down for whatever reason and it's an exception to the rule, then maybe I, I, I could not do something. But, it, but assuming that it's just the typical I'm too busy bullshit, I'm going to carve out that time because I know that if I fail to do that, that I am not instilling those habits that's going to have, that's going to have a big picture long-term goal. Because dudes, talent is overrated, homie. Talent ain't shit, okay? I'm from LA now. You think I see a lot of talent there? A lot of unfound talent? Dude, I go to classes. I go to classes that I take. I take all sorts of different classes to get good at my craft. I take different classes. For example, like improv class or things like that. I see guys in there that are fucking so talented. They make me and Jeff look like fucking clowns. All right, maybe you already think me and Jeff are clowns, but <laughs> you probably do. But uh, seriously, they make, they make guys like me or Jeff like these, these guys can go up in front of an audience and do public speaking like crack public speakers better than I can do because I wasn't born with this as a talent. I cultivated it, whereas they're born with it. I see the, these are people that can make themselves cry and command. They can do acting performances that, that, that would send you to tears and shit or may send you into laughter or whatever it is. And these people are undiscovered and they, and they work as a waiter job making you know 10 bucks an hour or something like that. They're undiscovered. They got all this talent. I know guys that can write shit that you wouldn't believe. Like their writing is incredible, right? You guys think I'm a good writer? Do you guys like my writing, dude? My writing ain't shit, son. I'm some little fucking dude, like that, right? I know guys that can write so amazing. It's like I look at it. I'm I'm just envious. I'm humbled because <laughs> they're so talented. And uh, yet, they don't execute. Their execution is off. They never take the time to do the little things that they need to do to build themselves up past a certain point. And, and, and they want to get put on. They think some motherfucker's going to put them on. You're not going to get put on, homie. No one's going to put you on. You know what I'm saying, right? Like, I could, I could walk around being like, yo, I don't need to do, like, I, yo, I don't, like, hey, I put out a free tour video every week or every two weeks. 
maybe it gets seen by like, you know, 10,000 people initially and like, you know, 30,000 people eventually. Man, fuck that shit, homie. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna, dude, I'm talented, man. I'm gonna do reality TV. I'm gonna get seen by 3 million people. I get put on. I get put on, baby. <laughs> like all that shit, right? And then, uh, and then I can just lay back. Yeah, I got put on, yeah, right? Because I'm the shit. Right, no, 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 no. If you've got a talent and you've got a gift, right? If, you, if, if you've been blessed by God to have any gift and, and you want to fucking do respect to that gift by cultivating it, then you make a decision to cultivate it. And you make a decision to do what you need to do to push that out there, whatever that is, right? To bring it to the forefront. And so uh, you have to, and those little things, those little menial tasks that add up, you have to execute them. And when your brain tells you that you got a great reason today not to do it, and you want to listen to your brain, because your brain doesn't want you to be a big success. Your brain just wants to keep you alive. Your brain doesn't give a fuck about your little bullshit dreams. All your brain wants you to do is just pump out one or two kids so the DNA can continue on. That's it. Your brain doesn't give a fuck about your little dreams. It's going to lie to you. It's going to trick you until you can get it on your team, right? So it's going to lie and trick you. You got to just be consistent. You got to have that consistent thing. And you got to cultivate a love for the process. You got to love the process. And you got to make a decision to love the process. So you guys see me doing free tour. You guys enjoy the, enjoy the free tour, sir? Who do you think has the most fun at a free tour? You. I have the most fun. Who do you guys think has the most fun on a boot camp? You, you would think that the guy taking the boot camp would be having the most fun, right? Because he's, 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 he's fucking, uh, I'm working. I'm the one working and he's the one getting a kick-ass boot camp. I have the most fun on the boot camp. On a hot seat even. And that's a brutal program to teach, man. That's a brutal program to teach. Because you guys, when you guys do the hot seat, you just come to the hot seat that one time. Imagine it's you who's doing the pickup and you just see it every week. That's a fucking brutal program. Especially when you just come off boot camp the night before. You've been up till 7 a.m. You get up at like 11 to go do a fucking hot seat. You gotta try to look friendly. You're mad at life because you're so tired. <laughs> you're like, fuck it, fuck this, right? You're gonna go do it. You wake up, but I'm gonna make that fun. And how am I gonna make it fun? I'm gonna challenge myself. I'm gonna challenge myself to create new seminar bits every single hot seat. I'm gonna challenge myself to make new seminar bits every free tour. I'm gonna challenge myself to laugh. I'm gonna challenge myself to have a fucking kick-ass time. I'm gonna challenge myself to be in the moment, to use that as like an active meditation to become present. I'm gonna challenge myself to draw a state from within myself. I'm gonna challenge myself to have a, have a love for small tasks. I even love to get here early and rearrange the chairs. You know what I'm saying? I'm not rolling in here like, garçon, rearrange the chair. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I come here, fucking do the, do the chairs myself. I teach a boot camp myself. I love it, dude. I love that shit. Because I've trained myself to love the menial little tasks. This is really big, right? And what I've also trained myself to do is to, um, to self-punish when I fail to execute. So I do a lot of self-punishment. So for example, in Success with Women, if I see a really beautiful girl and I leer at her, you guys ever do that? You ever see a beautiful girl, you leer at her? Right? You're staring at her little fucking ass and shit. Like, like that, right? And then she sees you leering at her. And now if you approach her, you're like, hey, I'm the fucking pervert that leered at your ass. You want to fuck me? Is that going to work? Not going to work, right? But if I'm going to be a leering pervert, I'll punish myself by going up and I'll fucking open. I'll open. I'll be like, hey, hey I'm Owen. She's like, <laughs> what's up? I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'll fucking do that shit to punish myself. If, I'm, if I don't make it to the gym, say after boot camp, Say so I got boot camp in the day, right? And I could go to the gym in the day. Yeah, I'm fucking destroyed tired, but I could have gone. 
What's stopping me? Oh, wah, wah, at boot camp. Wah, 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 wah. Poor me in my little first world. I live in the first world. And I couldn't go to the gym, right? I lived in the third world before. So I've seen the fucking real world. And uh, you live in this fucking country, you don't have a problem, man. <laughs> you don't got a problem. So, so if I miss the gym, what I'll do is I'll go to the gym even after boot camp. Now, if you're underslept, is that a net gain for your body if you go to the gym after, after, uh, boot, after you're up till fucking 6 a.m. or 7 a.m.? No, because you got so much cortisol pumping through your system from not sleeping. Going and lifting weights probably fuck your body up. But see, the next day, when I'm all f- even more fucked up and destroyed, and I got a headache because I stayed up an extra hour and a half even, and I got a headache all day, and that shit sucks, you think I'm going to skip the gym next time? Fuck no, I'm going to skip the fucking gym. Right? I'm going to be like, I'm gonna be like shit. That shit fucking sucked, right? So I'm, I'm scared of myself. I'm scared of my own self-punishments. So I'm like, I'm thinking of skipping the gym. I'm like, I'm scared because <laughs> I know I'm going to make myself go later. Fuck it, I'm going now and I'll go, right? Another big thing too is that you have to align every part of yourself towards the goal. Human beings, we have multiple different personalities. So uh, we have the higher self, right? So like our higher self is like, I, wanna, I want my life to offer value to the world. I want to contribute something. I want to be a better person. I want to embody something that has meaning. That's like your higher self, right? Your higher self is not petty. Your higher self, someone could insult you and you're like, you know, that's just their level of consciousness. It's okay. (laughs) I can be the space to just let that absorb, let them get that out of their system and just move on. Then you have like, you know, like your middle level desires. Like, you know, I want to have security, right? I want to just like have security for me or my future family or in my case, my existing family. Uh, You know, things like that. Then you have your lower desires. And your lower desires are like, you want to be like a guy in a rap video. You want to make it rain. You know, you want to make that shit. You want to make, fucking make it rain. You want to be the boss. You want to fucking destroy anyone that ever fucking doubted you to prove them wrong. You like shit like that. You want to have a fucking fat crib or like some shit like that, you know. You want to have a, you want to have a, a toilet seat that's heated that heats your ass or something. Some dumb shit. Whatever the fuck you want. I don't know. You know, whatever, whatever you want. So the thing is is that uh, you have like the petty desires, right? You want to get all of those lined up. So you want to see how your behavior, right? Say you're trying to like do whatever it is you're trying to do. You want to see how your behavior is leading you towards one, a journey that leads you towards a better state of consciousness, a journey that offers value to the world, things like that. You also want to show how it can, you know, secure your life in in a healthy, normal way that anyone should want, right? I'm not, I I don't buy that fucking, I I don't fucking buy that like Eastern philosophy shit, like live in a cave. All that matters is your state of mind. No, homie, I'm not living in a fucking cave. Okay? Anyone want to live in a cave? I don't even want to know. You know what I'm saying? I don't even fucking care. We're alive, right? This is life, baby. We're alive right now. We're here. Don't, you don't got to live in a cave. Okay? We're alive. Uh, likewise, um, you know, I have those petty desires, right? Say someone was like, he can't do it. That guy can't do that. He's, he's limited. He, you know, he can't do that because... Uh, he's not smart enough. He can't do that because he's a balding, ginger, pasty little fuck. He can't do that because his, uh, his voice isn't fucking deep like Barry White or Mantle or one of those fuckers. Uh, you know, he can't do that because he's not talented enough. Like, you know, shit like that, right? I go, cool. Yeah? Okay. Okay. Watch. Watch me. You want to watch me? Watch me do this shit. I'll go and I'll do it, right? But see, the truth is, is that my higher self doesn't give a fuck about that. My higher self doesn't give a fuck what, any, what anyone's going to say. But the reality is that we all fluctuate between different personality styles. When I'm really tired, I'm usually a bitter little man. Like right now. <laughs> I'm like two hours sleep. I'm like, fuck yeah, show them. Fuck yeah, that seems appealing. 
But if you see me on like a full day of sleep, very happy, you'd be like, do you care about showing anyone's shit? I'd be like, no, why the fuck would I care about that? You know? So we go in different, we go in like different levels, right? But the point is that we have to acknowledge that we have those different levels. And then we want to, we want to angle everything in going in our favor so that all of those behaviors that we have are lining us up, or all those desires that we have are lining us up towards the goal. All of them are lined up towards the goal. I think that overall, life is a journey. And that, uh, who here's ever read the Bhagavad Gita? Anyone ever read that? That's that old Hindu text? Is it a Hindu text? One of some fucking Eastern text? <laughs> okay, so that book, uh, the idea of it is that, is that um, there's this guy, his name is Arjuna or something like that. And uh, you know, you could learn about this from better people than me. You know, I read it a while back. But basically, he has to go fight a war. So he's going to go and he's going to go fight in a war. And he has, actually has to fight in a war against his family. And so it's this really, like, really big values conflict for him. And uh, you know, God comes to him, which is uh, Krishna. So if you've ever been harassed by a Hare Krishna, you can thank this book. <laughs> uh, and basically, he says um, there's two different paths to enlightenment. He says that one path is through contemplation and that one path is through action. And for some people, that path is through contemplation, and for some people, that path is through action. Well, for a young man, like guys mostly in our age here, what do you guys think the path is? Action. Yeah, you guys think the path is to go in a cave? You think that's as a young dude who's here on this earth, like, like that's your path? Like, yeah, let's go in the cave. Sweet, right? Like, go in the fucking cave, yo. Right, that's not going to do shit. If any, now, what's going to happen if you go in the cave? Let me tell you what's going to happen. If you value your state of consciousness, your state of mind, okay, maybe an easier, more palatable term, less new agey. If you value your state of mind, action is the key. Action with a foundation in concepts of inner game and in inner understanding and, and being introspective and to understand and to have a context for where that action is taking you. Because when people are not taking action, they are, their, their way of navigating reality becomes too stuck in their head and they get all these little principles and values and ideas that they think of how things should be that are not based in reality. Take communism. Is communism in theory bad? No. Communism in theory is fucking awesome. How kick-ass would that be? Brotherly love, baby, right? You're just fucking communist. Like, everyone's like, yeah, everyone, we love each other, right? Everyone gets paid the same shit, like, just like, you know, so you don't got to work sometimes, or like, you know, whatever it is, right? Communism is fucking awesome, in theory. <laughs> what is communism in practice? It's the dumbest shit ever invented, ruined the lives of millions of people. Imagine you grew up in that shit. Think about that. Motherfuckers grew up in that shit. Your whole life, you're stuck in some bullshit. Some factory that produces like two left boots or some shit because it's not efficient. Because some motherfucker thought, it'd be just great if the world was like this. Okay, now of course there's a, there's a larger historical context to that, okay? So there's a larger historical context to communism, why that might have made more sense to them at the time. But uh, that's an example of something that's not based in reality. That's based in an idea up in your head. Well, it's the same thing with uh, business owners, right? Like business owners, if they're not taking action, you'll see them fall off their business because they're like, you know, I just, I just think, and, 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 and that's the case, I just think, right? Like, I just think that, you know, I just think that people, pe people got to stand for something and, you know, this is just how it should be. This is how it should be, right? It's like, it's like you know, like some like little bookstore or something. They're like, me, I just think that people value a corner bookstore. Right? And as everyone leaves, they're like, well, I just think this, right? It's not based in reality, it's based on some idea up in their head. 
So what's interesting about taking action is you keep getting hammered, right? You keep getting hammered over and over because you keep bumping into walls. So you have some journey that you're trying to take. Say you're trying to get good with girls. Say you're trying to run a business. Say you're creating a philanthropy. Say you're trying to cultivate a skill or a talent. Whatever it is, right? Trying to contribute something, anything. Whatever your journey is. You're, you're in your journey and you're going to keep hitting into these walls. You keep hitting these little walls. And in order to, serve, in order to pass that wall, you will have to become more grounded in reality than you were. You will have to understand reality better than you previously did. And to do that, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to shift your paradigm. You're going, to have to see the, you're going to have to take a lens through which you were seeing the world that got you to where you were at, and you're going to have to switch it around. And then you're going to continue. And by doing this, you're, you're peeling away the layers of delusion about how the world works and becoming closer and closer to an accurate sense of reality, which of course you'll never get a fully accurate sense, but you're getting closer and closer. And, and, and what's interesting is that as you go through pain, different petty and low-level thinking type paradigms are stripped away from you. So, uh, for example, take me with, with my journey in RSD. Well, when I started, a lot of me probably just thought I'd look really, really cool. <laughs> You know, I could look really, really cool in the pickup lair if uh, I taught a boot camp or some shit like that, right? Well, then, of course, you know, if you teach pickup, you're, you're like some fringe society member. You're not going to look really, really cool. You're going to look like a fucking weirdo if you're, if you're teaching the job that I teach. So you guys probably never think of that, right? If you guys go, you know, you go meet some girlfriend's parents, they're like, what do you do? You know, I, you know, I work as an engineer or something, right? People are like, what do you do? I'm like, <laughs> well, <laughs> we want to know what I was doing last night. Oh, yeah, right? Like a little weird, right? So, uh, if, if, you know, if my paradigm is I'm going to look really, really cool, nah, dude, I'm going to look like a fucking tool. <laughs> you know, I look really, really cool to a few people that like RSD, but to the most people that don't like RSD or think it's fucking weird, look like a tool. So I'm going to have to go into a different paradigm of losing the need for seeking approval. Does that mean that I've completely lost my need to seek approval? Fuck no. You could find, you know, uh, hypocrisy in my statements if you, if you look deep enough, for sure. But I've had to lose a lot of it. There's no question. So forces into another paradigm. Then you take something like even, even what I've done with RSD where I work all the time. Someone might start a business because they want to make a lot of money. But of course, if you make a lot of money and you work all the time, what's the point of having the money? There's no point. What the fuck am I going to do with money? Like, no, really. What the fuck would I do with money? What would I do? What would I do? Yeah, like, make it rain, dude. Like, yeah, I go to the club, like, make it rain, bitch. Like, what the fuck would I do with more money? I got, what am I going to do? I'll, all I do, what, I mean, on my boot camp, I'm going to get a, when I, when I rush to get a fucking, to Subway to get my spinach steak salad in the three seconds that I have to eat in between hot seat and boot camp, I'm going to get triple steak, bitch. Yeah, because I can afford whatever amount of steak I want on my Subway salad. <laughs> what am I going to do with it? You know what I'm saying, right? I got nothing to do with it. Because if I want to take RZ to a certain level and my self-development stuff to a certain level, I have to hustle, right? So my paradigm has to change from me getting titillated by getting stuff to me being titillated by the person that I can become in the process of doing that and embodying those characteristics and representing those characteristics. I have to change to a paradigm where I enjoy the creativity itself. I get to a paradigm where, where my love is for the level of creativity and the level of like, like, kind of like how streamlined I can make what I'm doing. I have, that's where the love comes from, right? So, like, my world is kind of interesting because most people, when they get time off, they're like, it's the weekend, bitch, right? Like, they want to go, like, fucking drink or some shit, you know, talk with their friends or do a barbecue or something or watch a, a, a baseball game or something, which great for them, right? That's cool. But in my paradigm of the world, 
uh, for me taking a break is to let my brain neurotransmitters recharge for a couple days so I can come back strong. What happens to me is like I'll do so, mu so much stuff, my voice will go out like it is right now because I do too many events in a row. But as I'm doing all those events in a row, I'm getting better, which I love. But you know, my voice starts to go out or I get tired. Like you know, I did too many events in a row right now, so I'm kind of like tired, right? And then I feel the pain of not being at my best. And that pains me. It's like, oh, it's like a fucking dagger to me. You know, like I did boot camp this weekend, right? Guys come fly all the way in, to like come and see me from different countries and stuff, and they want to see like amazing shit. And like my voice out, and I'm tired. But I want to rock it, dude. I want to kill. So. I want to fucking kill so bad, like that's my love, you know what I mean, that's my love is to like fucking kill for the students and then to suck them into it, like remember, like when we did it this weekend, right, when you see me killing, how does that affect your performance? Makes it better. Yeah, it just like pulls you up, right? It's like amazing. So that's, that's what I love, dude, like I love that, like I could start crying just even talking about it, you know, I love that. So like I don't give a fuck about having time off or about like getting titillated, I want to fucking kill, you understand what I'm saying? I want to kill. So. You know, it's like the, the goal at the end of the journey, that's just a thing to give you a direction. But actually, it, it, what it does is change your state of mind. You get to inhabit a different state of mind. And so when I see other people that are getting pissed off about petty shit, I'm like, whoa. Like, you know, someone's like, you know, this person doesn't respect me. I'm like, man, do you know how many people don't respect me? <laughs> do you even get it? Who the fuck are you talking to? You know, right? And like, it's shocking. It's shocking to me. I see people getting mad like, you know, I... I went and did this and it didn't produce a result that I wanted right now. And I'm like, do you know what shit I do that doesn't produce a result I want right now? You know, I don't care because, I, because I'm, in it, I'm in it for the long haul. So I love the, I love the journey. The journey is, what's gonna, is what grounds you to reality. The journey is what helps you become present to the moment. The journey help, it makes you surrender because the journey fucking kill you. <laughs> the journey is going to take the person you are and it's going to kill it. And then it's going to make you have to transform. And then you're going to eventually have to kill that thing and transform into some other thing. You're going to have to kill that thing and transform into some other thing. So very, very powerful when you decide to play at a high level for your state of mind. It's a love, man. It's my love, dude. Because I've had it. I, whatever you want, I've had it. Right? I've eaten in almost every nice restaurant in the world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Almost every fucking five-star restaurant. Probably not. It's probably a huge exaggeration. But if damn well feels like I was fat. You guys see me in the show Transformations? That was fucking a lot of fucking fine-ass five-star dinners in there, baby. That was a nice five-star tummy. That was a 41-inch fucking, five, that was like the remnants of a lot of five-star fucking, fucking foie gras. You know what I'm saying, right? That was a lot of that shit. I traveled everywhere. I've stayed in every like fucking nice hotel because my business partner, Nick, like collects Starwood points. <laughs> so he's fucking staying everywhere. I've been fucking banging chicks for a long time. So I've been, I think I've been with every type of girl that, that I'd want to be with, although you never know, okay? I'm going to keep trying. You never know. I've, I've had great friends and shit. Like, like, what, like what's left? Right? What's left for me? I'm overstimulated. I'm like the druggie that like got, I took shrooms, I took hash. What do I want? I need more heroin. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing left, right? There's nothing left. So see, a lot of people, when they get success, when they get material success, they become jaded and depressed. They get very jaded and depressed because they're numb. They're numb to everything. There's nothing left. So then you change paradigms. And you find, and the love comes in the creativity. The love comes like from that like flow state that you get. The love comes from the state of mind that you inhabit. The love comes from that, from a sharper perception of reality, from a, from a greater, broader, and 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 sort of different type of experience. Experience with depth and experience with context. And so, uh, this is my passion. This is this is my love. This is why I wake up when I wake up in the morning. That's what that's what's waking me up. Mm. You said when you're in transformation, you wait a lot. Mm -hmm. When you were getting positive results from the weight that you were in, did mm -hmm. that motivate you to stay at that weight? Oh, yeah. You getting that yeah, because, because, when you, because when you're getting laid all the time and you're fat, 
you think it's hilarious. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I don't want to go ahead and do it. Mm. I mean, I don't want to go ahead and do it. Mm. Like, did that motivate you to stay at that weight because you were getting positive? It just, it makes you oblivious because that's the thing. You're, you're oblivious. You don't even think you're fat. You think you look good. I thought I looked good, dude. I thought I looked awesome. Dude, I had this amazing hair. I thought. I didn't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, anyway, so, so the question though is about motivation, right? That's, that's the question you had. The question is motivation. So motivation is an art. Motivation is an art, right? And to get the motivation to play at that level with the big boys, you go deep. Are you getting that sense? You go deep. Now, when you're hearing all the stuff I'm saying, did I come up with that overnight? No, that's from decades of motivation. And I could talk longer. <laughs> I could talk all day about where it comes from. I could talk about God. I could talk about uh, my belief about the world, where I think the world is going. I could talk about the fact I have an internal locus of control and believe that I can create the circumstances that I want. And I don't believe that the world has to be fucked up. I don't believe that, 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 I, can, that I have no effect. You know what I'm saying, right? I could talk about... Um, Everything from like just smaller context to larger context. And these are all things that have crossed my mind from years and years and years of having to do bullshit little menial fucking tasks, from having to take huge risks, from having to be fucking broke and suffer, from having to be humiliated. You know what I'm saying, right? And, and just through being fucking beaten in the fucking ground because no one wants you to succeed, right? Only your mom. And even your mom doesn't want you to succeed because she's afraid you're not going to call her back. So you don't even give a fuck. No one wants you to succeed, homie. Nobody. Nobody gives a fuck, dude. No one's gonna, and no one's going to do it but you. Nobody, dude. No one's going to do it but you. And how, you're, how old are you? 24. You're a 24-year-old man. So you got no sympathy. Right? Remember when you're a kid, like, you know, you cry a little bit. People are like, oh, you know, help him out, right? You're a grown man, dude. You go get killed in war and shit now, and no one says shit. Right? If you were like some kid got killed in war, people would be sad, right? If you are a woman, you got killed in war, potentially people could be sad, although that's, you know, that's changing. No one gives a fuck, dude. 24-year-old goes and gets killed. You're a grown-ass man. No one gives a fuck. So if you have a dream, if you have a dream, okay, and it's worth it to you because you're someone who's inspired by that dream, then in that case, you can choose to go to that level and find your own motivations. These are mine, right? So, so I don't teach motivation. You know what I'm saying? I, you just ask a question, though, where, where does my motivation come from? I'm not here to teach motivation because if I want to teach motivation, I have to learn the head of the, the headspace of the masses and get in the headspace of the masses. And I also don't think that everyone should be motivated. I think, I think that society needs a range of different personality types. So if you, you know, if you're happy the way you are, you hear this shit, you're like, what the fuck, right? You know what I'm saying? That's intense, dude. What the fuck is this shit? Then you don't need to go to that level. But when you, uh, when you decide to go to a high level, if you make that decision, and you bur- they call it burn the boats. You ever heard that expression? So it's self-help one. They say, they say that, you know, take like uh, the, the Iliad of Homer, right? Where like, you know, the, uh, the, the Greeks go to invade Troy. Well, one of the first things they want to do is they want to burn the boats so the only way that those soldiers can survive is if they storm into Troy and get the materials that they need to, to, to plunder it and then build the boats to go back home. So now, so now you're playing to win, not to not lose. Because if you leave the boats there, you could always leave, so you're not going to take the risks. But if you burn the boats, you're, gonna, you're fucking going to win or you're going to die, right? So I burned, the, I burned the boats many years ago. I burned the boats like a motherfucker. Because if I were to stop what I'm doing now, I've still got all this dumb fucking idiotic video shit sitting everywhere, and I'm going to have people coming up to me going, whatever happened to this? And I'm like, uh, I just wanted to sell cars. 
uh, is that weird? You know what I'm saying, right? But, but I burned the boats in much, much deeper ways than that. I, dude, I graduated from a great school. I could have been climbing the corporate ladder all this time, but I chose to be some fringe uh, teacher guy, right? And to see where I could go with it. I chose to invest my time and my energies into, into dreaming big. And uh, I could fuck it up, you know? I could just kind of stagnate and it could, we could, it could just kind of stay here. But you could see in the next 20, 30 years some crazy fucking shit happens, right? And I've laid a foundation for that. I've laid a foundation where if I'm lucky, that could happen. I've made it so that if I get lucky, I could seize it. I still gotta get a little lucky, but funny, I've gotten lucky quite a few times. So maybe it could happen, right? Maybe it could happen. And uh, I think when you have a positive intention, it's more likely to happen too. When you want, not just for yourself, but for others, it's more likely to happen too. But if you are cursed with inspiration, you know what I'm saying, right? Because people who got no inspiration, that's a blessing. Because they can just fucking sit around whacking off and fucking doing shit all, and they can be happy like that. Right? I'm kind of exaggerating because you could make a lot of counter-arguments for that too. You could say those people are not truly happy. But if you're, the joke that I would say is that if you're cursed with inspiration to go high on something, if that's a curse that you have, first of all, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay? But there are other people out there that, that, that have it too and we can support each other. And uh, you can find that motivation to go to a higher level. But you, got, you go deeper and deeper as time goes on and you, you, uh, you burn the boats more and more and you, and you, become, you become something that you become almost like unidentified with what you're doing because you realize that, this is kind of a weird statement, but that you realize that you is not even you. What you think is you is not even you. So it's a very weird statement that's hard to understand. Your self-image is not really you. You realize that you're basically just like this little fucking wave on the top of an ocean that will dissipate. You're just here for this brief moment in time. And you have that desire for something to flow out of you. You just have a desire. And that, that desire for something to flow out of you is stronger than anything. Um, then uh, uh, your, li you know, your life changes in profound ways. But it's, you know, it's, it's something that, that can be accomplished you know, if, you, if, you want, if you want. If you want to go to that level. So th there's no price too great for me. There's, there's nothing too great. I would die for, for my dreams. You know what I'm saying? I'm willing to risk it. Uh, there's, there's nothing too great. There's no amount that I'm, that I'm not willing to go. I don't, I don't relate to other people that don't have that. So if you're, if you're fucking the joke being that if you're cursed with that, then there's a few people that are too. And you can go far if you want. You can accomplish anything you want, man, if you're willing to do it, right? But again, you'll realize that what you think you are is not what you are. You become something else. You, be, you literally become something else. If you want to be someone who, who's tireless, you cannot be tired down, you, you'll become something else. So you don't have the, those limitations a normal human being has. You don't have that because you've be, you become something else. You've become something that embodies certain things that, that you're trying to move forward. And you'll go to any length. And you, so you're not going to get tired because, that, because dude, at that point you have God on your side. That's not even you anymore, dude. That's, a deeper, that's some fucking deeper level shit. You know what I'm saying? But again, that's some weird shit for most people. I, wouldn't, I don't talk about that publicly. It's too fucking weird. It, it sounds insane. Because to a normal person, it's completely unrelatable. It sounds insane. So, you know, but, but to someone who is on that inspired path, that shit will make a lot of sense. That resonates real deep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll move off the motivation topic now. Yeah. You talk about um, luck. Is that to keep yourself humble, uh, knowing that you have such great aspirations? Mm. Is that like something you do, or is it truly, true? No, you get lucky. Uh, every, every, success is always a combination of preparation and luck. But, but everyone gets lucky opportunities. So when you have lucky opportunities, you'll seize it. You know what I'm saying? I had tons of luck. Most of, half of my success is based in luck. But see, what, but what's funny is that what you would call, here, here's what's funny, shit that most people would call unlucky is what I call lucky. Does that make sense? Like shit that fucked me over, <laughs> most people call that unlucky. 
But that's actually lucky. Because think of it like a seed. If you put a seed on, like some farmers, if they have a seed and they want it to grow strong, when the seed sprouts, they'll put even more soil on it. So this forces some and more energy to go up higher. So, so that seed might say, oh, there's more soil dumped on me. That's unlucky. But actually, that's lucky. So, you know, and then there's also positive luck. Like, I've met a lot of really amazing people that help me. But isn't it funny that when you're an inspired person, people want to help you? I'm not coming to people like, hey, man, my name is Owen, and I just really want to learn this so bad because it would really help me. Could you help me? You know what I'm saying, right? I'm not, I'm not like that. It's like there's a greater purpose. And people are like, and people are like yo, if I, like that dude looks le- like fucking legit in terms of being an inspired motherfucker. So if, so, if they, so in their sense, they feel like if they come help me, that whatever energy that they put into me, that's going to translate out into bigger things. So people are more likely to help me. On the other hand, people are more likely to also think I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> so it depends, right? Like it's, it's a mix. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's half luck, half... half uh, Work ethic, and it's those small little tasks. Like, y'all, if you can't even make it to the gym, what the what are you what are you doing? You know, what do you what the fuck are you doing? You you know you know what I'm saying, right? It's the little things that add up. This isn't like some big rah rah speech, right? Success is like a quiet daily set of tasks, real small, real real small, right? Like it's like people like like you ever you guys ever seen like like that Al Pacino speech in any given Sunday? Where he talks about like pumping up his, his team in that in that thing, right? Like you're gonna win this thing or whatever, shit like that. That's just kind of cool, right? Actually, that actually that stuff's not really helpful in the, for someone who's successful. That's not really even helpful. It's kind of helpful. It's, it's like inspiring. I, I kind of love it actually. But success is done like like for me, how is success done? It's like that fucking like an example would be like the gym. It's like that quiet walk to the gym, like footsteps, some empty ass gym late at night. Like that, you know what I'm saying, right? My, my major success is clearly not the gym. <laughs> but the point is, right, like success in, for me, for like with RSD is like, as I sit there late at night watching my videos of my speaking and seeing where I can work on it over and over and over. Or as I sit there studying other great people and then comparing it with what I'm doing and looking at it over and over and over. Doing 20 minutes of quiet meditation a day over and over and over. Making the choice to eat foods that enhance my brain neurotransmitters over and over and over. Choosing to go out and do a boot camp with only three students at a three-on-one student-to-instructor ratio over and over and over so that I can develop seminar content and work on my game. The choice to walk down the the fucking hill from my house to the club to work on my pickup stuff, which is part of what I teach, therefore I want my product to be good, over and over and over. It's very quiet. It's 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 a very quiet process where you're just drawing your state from within yourself, doing these like simple little tasks, but finding love in those simple little tasks. It's not this big rah-rah speech where you do this one thing and something big happens. See, the way that we did RSD, people would always ask me, how are you gonna scale RSD? How are you gonna make RSD really big? And uh, it's funny because I'll I'll be like, "Uh, I don't know, I'm working on this uh, DVD. And they're like, yeah, yeah, DVD, cool. But how are you gonna make it really big? And I'm like, I don't know, I got this new little forum thing I'm working on, it's called RSD Nation, I'm gonna and work on it. They're like, yeah, yeah, but how are you going to make it really big? This is that business conferences. They always want to hear how you're going to scale and shit like that, right? Or, you're, or they're like, what are, you doing? what are you up to? I'm like, well, I'm working on this new free tour video. I'm editing it. They're like, but how are you going to make it really, really big? It's like, you know how? What I do is I focus on maybe one or two or three things at a time, and then I just do it. 
And then I get that done, and then I do the next thing. And then I get that done, and then I do the next thing. Maybe I'm focused on getting a staff member to train them. Well, I'm training a staff member, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? And uh, I just focus on that thing that I'm doing. Of course, I have an overall vision of strategy. Of course I do, because I'm kind of exaggerating. I, I, see, I see the big picture fucking hardcore. How can you not? But, uh, but nonetheless, I put my focus into that. You want to know another big thing in terms of success? I don't give a fuck about networking. I'm not trying to get put on. I go to a few networking events and people that are just my friends and I kind of go to just have fun. But for the most part, I'm not looking to get put on. Because see, yo, I can go, uh, let's say, like, take for example, you guys know Zappos.com? You guys ever order sh shoes off there? Really cool company, right? So Tony Shea, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's last name, he's my homeboy. He's on our board of advisors. But that sounds pretty crazy, right? Holy shit, you got Tony on your board of advisors, right? He comes to help us just you know, from time to time because he's friends with Nick. Holy shit, that means automatic success. Tony, holy shit, right? Because Zappos is worth billions of dollars. What's, what, is Tony going to go make a next free tour video for me? T is Tony going to be on the free tour? Like, yo, you click on the video and fucking Tony's up on the video shit? Yo, what's up? It's Tony. Right? It's not, that's not going to happen, right? So... So I'm not, I'm not worried about, yo, I'm not like, like dude, I've, I've fucking shared a stage with like Bill Clinton or Ted Turner or guys like this. What, and Bill Clinton's a huge inspiration to me in terms of some of the stuff he'd done, right? I read some books about him. But it's, what's Clinton going to do for me? Clinton going to do my shit? Is Clinton going to make my game tight, yo? Clinton's going to help me fucking get my game tight? What's, what's he going to do? Actually, Clinton probably could help me get my game tight. <laughs> so, so, uh, <laughs> right, so, so uh, yeah, you know, it's like, what, what's anyone going to do for me, right? So I'm not looking to like, like, what's funny is I have very few, uh, I try to keep my social circle small. I actually cut off almost all my social relationships, but I just have a couple friends. And of the friends that I have, they're just people that I enjoy talking to. And the funny thing is people think, oh, you want to have like high status friends and shit? No, I don't care about that. I just like hanging around with funny people. Just people that are funny to hang out, I just joke around. That's literally it. <clears throat> a lot of people would be surprised at my choice of friends. I mostly just hang around with guys that, that, that crack jokes or like to talk about fun stuff. That's really it. Because if I'm going to take time off, I want to just crack jokes so I can unplug. I'm not trying to have some high-status friend that's going to put me on. I don't care about that. You know, I'm not trying to meet Tony Robbins. Like, have you met Tony? People ask me, like, have you met Tony Robbins yet? What is Tony going to do? Tony, again, you're going to click on the fucking free tour and Tony's up on this shit? Tony! Yo, it's like Tony Shea and Tony Robbins. It's the Tonys, right? Like, like what's he going to do? What can he do for me? You can, no one's going to put you on. You, got, you have to put yourself on. No one's going to put you on. So you, so you make that choice. You just do your small tasks and you do it. But see, no one wants to hear that. Pete, when, you know what's funny? When people go to networking things, they feel like they're getting ahead. You know how I learned this? From living in Hollywood. That's how I, came, how I stumbled on this shit. Because in Hollywood, you see these girls that come down, they want to become actresses. So what do they do? They go to Hollywood clubs and do a bunch of coke and they think they're networking with people. But all that happens is they get fucked by my interns. <laughs> so, so, uh, and be, because when you go out to some Hollywood club and you're meeting all these like high status people, you think you're like, you're, you, you feel like you're moving ahead. You're like, my life is moving forward. I hung out with this person. I did, I snorted coke off the dick of Jerry Brockheimer. And shit like that. Dude, you can snort all the coke off the dick of Jerry Brockheimer you want. It's not going to make you the next Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts didn't fucking snort coke off Jerry Brockheimer's dick. Does this make sense? 
<laughs> right? Like, like, so the way that, you know, the way you become a great actress is by fucking studying the grades, going to acting class, going to auditions, that kind of stuff. That, not, by, not by fucking partying. So I realized that young, because I moved to Hollywood young, I see how people like ruin their lives by thinking that other people are going to put them on and shit. Oh, it's all about connections, it's all about connections. Yo, if you're fucking, if you got your shit tight and you, and you have a good work ethic and you, then you strategically meet, meet the right people at certain times, then you'll get put on. But you have to do it in the right way. Okay? This is what's amazing too about the age of the internet is you really don't need people to put you on. Because back in the day, networks were controlled by NBC, CBS, ABC, then eventually Fox. But you don't, you know, so, so like the, the ability to reach people is controlled. We have the internet now, Web 2.0, right? It's funny because like, you know, like we have like fucking different DVD products and people are like, yo, are you pissed that like people can BitTorrent your DVD products? Who are BitTorrent my DVD products? Come on, tell me. That's it? You fucking liars. Okay, so right? But I, I don't give a fuck because the same technology that allows people to steal our DVDs is the technology that allows us basically to have our own TV station. So we don't have to rely, I don't need to go on fucking NBC and put up with some dickhead that's going to be like, but is this manipulation of women, blah, 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 right, or some stupid shit. I don't have to put up with that shit if I don't want to. If I want to, I can, because I can make my own shit. I, can, I, have, I have control, right? Internet's amazing for that. Internet's provide a new level of self-control for anything that you want to do, but people don't even think of that. That's a fucking blessing right there. A lot of great fucking inspired people are going to be able to come up through the internet. It's amazing, you know? But anyway, yeah, so the big thing I learned is that success is about just quiet, little actions, getting rid of anything that's unnecessary. In my email or on my text message, I, I get offers that most people would fucking kill for. Like, maybe not kill for, but you know what I mean, right? They'd be really psyched about. Do you want to go do this? Do you want to go do that? Tons of stuff, tons of great offers. You want to know what I do? I don't even respond. I don't even say no thank you. I don't even respond. Because at the end of the day, it's a distraction. That shit is going to distract you from those little things that move you forward. There's only so much the human mind can focus on. We're really pretty dumb little creatures. At our best, we're pretty amazing, but we're really pretty dumb little creatures. There's too much going on. People watching TV, looking at Facebook, all this different shit, there's too much going on. Just focus on one small thing at a time. Keep a small group of friends. You're, you're good. You know what I'm saying? You're good. Just keep it practical. Keep everything really practical, like little small things, and you can move forward. It's kind of crazy. Um, but uh, you got a, a lot of success is just learning to decline shit. It's learning just to like not even, not even like take shit because you'll get distracted. Say that you say you're going to take get this awesome opportunity and it like blows you up, but in reality that's going to distract you because all the attention you're getting from it is this huge distraction. You're like, oh look at me, I'm the shit, right? It's like the shit, the shit just fucking distract you. You know what I'm saying? You got to say like fucking humble with it. You got to realize that talent is overrated. And there's so many talented people out there. You think you're talented? Fuck you. <laughs> think you're talented? Suck a dick. Go, suck, get, go get a talent to suck some dicks. Like, you have, no ta you have no talent. Talent doesn't mean shit. You could have talent. You could not have talent. It doesn't matter. It's the execution. Maybe you should figure out what your, what your most natural talents are and cultivate those gifts. I mean, that's, you know, going with nature, right? That's going with what God wants. But the point is, is that you have to, you have to basically be an executor. And then from there, you're going to be successful. That is what's going to make you successful, is those things. Not some fucking talent, not getting put on, not meeting this or that, but those little execution. People don't want to hear it. People do not want to hear that shit. They want to find the fucking little lever to make all, to cause a chain reaction of events to happen, of this and that and blow up. But the way that I did it was like this. This was my philosophy. So if you guys see me do big things when I'm older, you could see this was the philosophy that I used. It was a philosophy that was based on an internal locus of control, a philosophy of personal responsibility. Uh, 
you know, and going to whatever, you know, changing the, my brain around and mind-fucking myself in whatever way I had to, to find that discipline to just go about shit every day. That's how I did it. from Real Social Dynamics. I am just about to throw up a brand new free tour clip here, which is called The Truth About Success Part 2. Uh, that's because it's a sequel to the first one that I did. Uh, I just want to do a quick lead in here. Alright, so um, leading up to when I recorded these two videos, I had just done actually, I guess the second biggest product launch of my life. It was uh, for a program that we run called the Hot Seat 2. Um, I say the second biggest because I guess the uh, blueprint decoded product launch that I did was probably more successful, but uh, the Hot Seat 2 one was very, very successful, and uh, actually it was a lot more work than the launch for the Blueprint one. We just put a lot, a lot of work into that Hot Seat 2 launch. I mean, it was pretty crazy. Um, it made us hundreds of thousands of dollars, which of course I flipped back into Real Social Dynamics. I do not pocket it. Uh, so it was pretty successful, but in order to do it, I had to uh, work usually about a 16 to 20 hour day between September or sorry between December and the middle of January so that was very very challenging to have no time off and to be in a task oriented mode during that time now the reason why that happened was because um, there were some things that had come up that caused us to have to change the date on the launch and different things that had to get coordinated at the last minute and uh, it got really really hectic um, you know because ideally you're not having to work that much ideally you you uh, manage your time so that you're not working last minute like that. But what wound up happening was I was in a task-oriented work mode for several months. Well, what was funny was that from there, I actually went right into the uh, Chicago, New York, and Miami programs. And uh, that was a lot of work because uh, I was also running the company during that time and doing work in the middle of the week. And then in Miami, I think I taught a five-day boot camp followed by a two-day hot seat, followed by another five-day boot camp, followed by two days off, followed by another five-day boot camp, followed by uh, a program that I ran for a, a business thing in uh, Vegas. So I was basically about as burnt out as you can physically get. I'd say like my uh, my sleep and cortisol levels were just through the roof for, for months. But then again, I accomplished a lot. I accomplished something uh, really amazing. And I showed that, you know, I showed myself that I could do something bigger than I could normally do. So anyway, when I do the uh, free tour videos, um, it's kind of funny because you've probably noticed that it's always on little sort of off-the-wall topics. And the reason why is because at the free tour, I like to do a segment of it, which is like the, you know, the newbie how-to stuff so that people don't get confused. And that stuff I don't post online, all right? So if you're someone who's like, I, I like these free tour videos, but where's the how-to? Uh, you should actually come to a free tour because then you can get the, uh, the more foundational material. Um, and then the stuff that I post online is like the, I call it like the emergence. It's basically the stuff that emerges out spontaneously. So I post a lot of like stories and jokes. <laughs> That's basically what I post in the free tour videos. And the reason why is because it provides the free content. If I just posted the um, the foundational stuff right off the bat, uh, we'd only ever have one free tour video. <laughs> so uh, for example, uh, Papa, my business partner, he actually, um, you know, he used to always do the same speech. And it was a really, really good speech, all foundational, really, really good. But of course, he could never post it because there was there's nothing new in it ever, so if he just posted the one time, that would be the end of it. Um, I like to do at least half of my free tour speech, or maybe even 70% as new, uh, to satisfy people who, who are like the core fans of what we do, the people that are that are really um, 
you know, delighted with the shit that we put out. And then I do, uh, you know, the little core stuff for the for the people that are that are new and unfamiliar. Anyway, uh, whenever I do the emergence, what I like to do is I sort of like to think of like whatever I'm feeling at the time or whatever I'm uh, learning about at the time. So in this case, I'm just completely burnt out. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm in a mode of, of working, just like a work mode. And so I've got this kind of like pissed off vibe about me and, you know, kind of like an, you know, intense vibe of, of having basically no time off in several months, but also kind of like a high and kind of like a feeling of superiority for having accomplished something really significant. Um... So that being the case, I kind of just like to roll with it. Uh, so it's kind of like, you know, if I do, it, you know, say I'm feeling depressed over a girl, maybe I'll do like a depressed speech. Or say I'm feeling very funny, like I've just been like cracking up and just fucking around lately, I'll do a very funny speech. Say I'm feeling very, uh, you know, content and peaceful, I'll just do like a chill speech. I, I kind of just try to like uh, take whatever mood I'm in and roll with it. It's actually a, a pickup trick that I use as well uh, to be successful with the girls is just whatever I'm feeling, just kind of roll with it. And uh, that'll come across really congruent. Now, the way that I like to think about this is that it's almost like you have these different personality matrices that are up in your head. So sometimes, like, that that pickup artist guy comes out. So maybe you've seen videos from me where I'm, like, this crazy fucking dude. And, like, I'm saying this, like, off-the-wall fucking crazy shit. And then maybe you've seen other ones from me that are more serious. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that those are things that I totally believe. But rather, it's kind of like an authentic representation of what that particular personality matrix is thinking at the time. So I know that uh, probably you hear that and maybe it even pisses you off a bit. You're like, well, why doesn't he say what he authentically thinks? Well, I think that that when you have a thought that's really well measured, when you're calm, uh, you can kind of have like a, like a balanced out view of something. But when you're in pimp mode, maybe you really think something is really true to you. So for example, when I'm in pimp mode, I really believe that every girl wants to have sex. I believe that every girl's a nymphomaniac, needs to get fucked, desperate for sex. Now, if you actually ask me, like, you know, say right now, like, does every girl want to get fucked right now? <laughs> you know, I probably would give a much more balanced answer. But when I'm in that mode, that's very true for me. Now, why is that important? Well, that's a belief that serves me at the time. It's a belief that when you're going to walk up to a gorgeous girl and try to hook up with her quickly, yeah, it, it definitely is very helpful to be 100% congruent in the belief that, that she wants to have sex right now. Well, in the same way, uh, in this video that I have coming up, I'm very like, work, 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 and like, fuck everything but work. And uh, of course, that doesn't make sense. You know, life is, is a lot more about balance and uh, periods of hard work and periods of relaxation. So, you know, if you caught me in a moment of relaxation, maybe I'd say, you know, the work, it doesn't matter, da, da, da. But in this mode, I thought it was kind of cool just to see this like really kind of like intense zone that I've entered where I'm like, blah, 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 like that. Um, so I thought it was kind of cool. And actually, I did one in New York and then immediately flew to Miami and did another one that had a similar uh, kind of theme to it. And actually, the New York one conked out early because I was so out of it, I uh, stupidly uh, let the battery run out on the camera. So I kind of thought it'd be cool to combine the New York and the Miami one. Now, the video is going to be very long, uh, which means that, you know, it may or may not be something you want to watch in one sitting. It may freak you out a bit. Remember that uh, I'm doing this for a biased audience. So in other words, uh, a big part of you know, like what is real social dynamics? I mean, we're a niche-based company, right? We we give content for people who like to pick up chicks. We give content for people who like self-improvement. We give people content for people who like uh, stepping up. So, you know, the content that I'm going to give in this video, a lot of people would, would, would think is whack. Uh, 
maybe you're one of them. <laughs> but uh, there's a certain core audience that I do this for. Um, I don't worry about pander. I, I, I'm not trying to like make myself pleasing for like a large number of people, like a news anchor. Like, Hello there. Like that, right? I'm just, I just kind of am what I am and uh, put it out there so that the people who like what I do will like it a lot and the people who don't like it will probably think it sucks. That's fine. Uh, it doesn't matter. You can just think whatever you want. But uh, yeah, just think of it like, don't take it too seriously. Never take anything I say too seriously, okay? I just like to throw out different ideas to jog your brain. Um, just different thoughts on my mind. And if you don't like that, fuck off, okay? If you're like, no, I need to be taught how to think. I need a precise, exact way of how to think. Okay, dude, come on. All right, you gotta think for yourself, okay? But I think this video is pretty fucking cool. Uh, I think you're gonna dig it. I, uh, I actually, um, when I did the first Truth About Success video, I was kind of nervous to put it out because it was really off the wall, and uh, I thought it was too extreme. Even I was looking at it, and that was actually another time I was in an intense work period, and I was like, oh my god, like, I sound insane. And people were like, this is fucking sweet. So I kind of just rolled with it with this one, uh, with the two that we're going to combine into this one video. So if you think it's kind of intense, no big deal. I don't really care. It's all good. You're probably right. <laughs> and uh, if you think it's sweet and uh, you get something out of it, maybe this will be something that will make a really big difference in your life. All right? So uh, I'd say enjoy it. Take the value from it. You know, if you don't resonate with something, that's fine too. I'm going to go throw this little pre-tag clip onto the clip. It's a long one. A lot of value in here. So enjoy it. And I'll see you soon. Let's think of success with women as one area among many in your life and think that there's many areas that you will need to learn throughout the course of your life as, as part of being a man, right? So are most, guys, are most guys in this room in their 20s and 30s mostly? Most guys? Eddie, who's, who here's in their 40s? A couple of you guys? All right, sorry guys. Um, and uh, <laughs> dude, it'll be me soon. <laughs> it'll be me soon. I'll be right there with you, bro. My hairline is already with you, so. Um, uh, yeah, you know, when you're in your 20s and 30s, I mean, it's kind of a, kind of a crass way of saying it, but your 20, 20s and 30s, I mean, it's a lot like a rap video. It's like, get bitches, get money. You guys agree? I mean, really, right? Kind of like a rap video, but, you know, it's kind of true. Little 50 Cent, that's right, you know? Well, and, and he would kill people. So if you're 50 Cent, you get bitches, get money, and, and you kill people. I like 50 Cent's new album. It's like, I still kill people. Way to go, 50. <laughs> Way to evolve. <laughs> so uh, that's, actually the, that's actually the name of, of, of like the song in like his fourth album. It's like, I still kill people. In case you forgot. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, anyway, um... Yeah, so, you know, in your 20s and 30s, that's generally your mode, right? Your general mode is like, you, ju you just want to, you want to get some kind of career established. You want to learn how to get girls. Because ideally, you'd like a situation that by the time you're, you know, in your mid-30s, you know what the hell you're doing with your life, and you've got a sweet girlfriend. That kind of makes sense? But also, like, a lot of cool stories of girls you banged. Yeah, sure. Right? Now you guys are like, yeah, 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 right? But, of course, some of you guys are like, no, just the one girl. I take it now. Okay, so I'm kind of painting some broad strokes here, but you know, I think that's the case. So usually when you want to start out, you want to see examples of guys that had success. And the reason why, I think, is because when you're starting out, most of your friends are failures. Mo you yourself are, well, <laughs> you're a failure. Uh, and, uh, you know, you're... Your, uh, your friends probably aren't getting the results that you want. You yourself may not be getting the results that you want. And so you want to be, uh, you know, you want to look up to somebody. 
You want to say, oh, that guy has results, so I want to get results like that guy. And, uh, you know, in, in the case of real social dynamics, I can, I can say, no one is cut from a different cloth. What one man can do, another man can do. Anything I'm doing, you can do. And I can say this a gazillion and one times, but, you know, a lot of people are saying, Tyler, whoa, Tyler. I'm like, dude, I really just do the shit anyone could do. It's, <laughs> it's based on the processes. It's not based on being cut from a different cloth. And if you hung out with me, you'd see that really quickly. Well, I think it's great to learn from success and to see what's possible because if you just see a bunch more failure, you're really not going to be incentivized to learn from that. So you definitely want to look at examples of success. I think that uh, I'm, a, I'm a pretty you know, dynamic pickup teacher because I don't have the stereotype of the traditional good looks. Uh, I don't have some deep, booming voice. You know, I don't really, you know, I don't have some cool tan or anything like that. <laughs> I don't really know what I have. But, uh, you know, you could watch infield footage of me. Who, who here's ever seen infield footage of me in the field? A lot of you guys. Okay, so, you know, sometimes you see girls saying I'm cute or I have a cool beard or something. That's like my new ones. I love you. Yeah, yeah, okay, you said he was at a recent hot seat. I think it's kind of cool, like, it, it also kind of pisses people off, right? Like, people can look at me and it, it almost pisses them off. <laughs> that uh, it's like, that guy gets results? I'm pissed, right? And it kind of pisses them off and then they got to, like, deny it to themselves and yeah, stuff. You know, yeah, they can even see videos of it. I'm like, that's an actress. It can't be. He's uglier than me and he's got a girl. Actress, right? No, dude, you just didn't go out. I did and you didn't. I've actually thought sometimes of creating a video called What I Did While You Didn't Do It or What I Was Doing While You Were... No, no, I was thinking of calling it What I Was Doing While You Were Doing What You Were Doing and I was going to like enact the whole thing. So I'd show like what you were doing, like watching TV, like this, what I was doing, like me just kind of hustling through my life, going through my boring little menial repetitive tasks that I do every fucking day that improve me 0.000001% and that add up over time. I, I really think I should make a video of myself just going through my day and just show me doing it every fucking day so people can see the menial, slow, boring nature of progress. Because for every public victory you have, you have a private victory. You know, for every kick-ass video I put up online, there's those hundreds of hours that I spend at home looking at my video footage, looking at other speakers, comparing it, contrasting it, and learning how to be a better speaker. For every hot seat video that you see of me where I do some epic shit that blows your mind, there's all that time that I spent going out and doing menial little bullshit approaches again and again and again, and then going home and looking at what I did and how I could improve it, and on and on. For every kick-ass, freaking out boot camp student that I have that love the program, there's those fucking 50 weekends a year that I went out and taught and learned every little nuance of the fucking thing again and again and again for a decade. So, you know, that's kind of like what success is like. I hope that I, that, you know, I provide an example of a guy who is uh, untalented, funny looking, and shouldn't be able to do it, and is stunting on all your fucking faces. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, you know, and that you can see that and say, oh shit, if that little dweeb can do it, I can do it. So I hope that I can provide that, and you know, and if I don't, that's cool too, but I hope that people like me can provide it, and if I don't, if I don't resonate with you, somebody else does, great, and you see examples of success, and that you look at what causes success, and I talk about what causes success, and you can see me rant for hours about what causes success. So today, again, like I said, I thought we'd talk a little bit about what causes failure, because something I don't talk about a lot is that I actually study failure just as much as I study success. So how do I study success? 
I hang around with other successful people. You guys saw Julian up here, and I have a lot of very successful people. I went to a lot of trouble to surround myself with successful people. You guys want to know a funny example of what I did to surround myself with successful people? Have you guys ever noticed a lot of pickup companies go out of business? You guys ever notice that? I don't know if you ever took note of that. Do you want to know a major reason why that happens? I'm going I'm to bend your brain here a little bit. RSD, we were the first company that ever created instructors. Well, people saw that we were successful, so they thought we should create instructors. Actually, what do you guys think is a more profitable business model? Me doing one program a month, charging two and a half times more from it because I'm the main star, and loading it with 12 students, or having a whole team of people that not only you have to pay, but also that you have to have a team of salespeople and infrastructure to fill their programs, and a lot of expensive infrastructure to fill their programs, to run three-on-one boot camps. What would, what would allow you to pocket more money? Okay, so how dumb am I then? Pretty dumb, right? Okay, it's interesting, right? Why do you guys think I hired instructors? To always have events going on. To learn from them. Just to learn from them. That was it. I hired people like Jeff because, let's be honest, I think I put, out, you know, put on a good show here, but you want to know something? My homies is what makes me who I am. Do you guys follow that? The fact that I, that, like the only way, because yeah, you can hang out with some guys here and there, but the only way that I could put myself around hardcore, equally passionate gamer guys regularly was to have a team that I could mastermind with and, and focus with. So I, put my, I specifically put myself around that. So of course, other people that are just like greedy, they're like, I'm going to make a team. Then they do, they're like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> How did they make that work? We didn't. I was just a fucking game addict that wanted to pimp. If you wanted to learn how to pimp well, copy what I did. If you want to learn how to pocket cash, copy David D'Angelo. You know what I'm saying? Seriously. And uh, props to him for being a great businessman. So I really did it because I wanted to become a fucking pimp motherfucker. I just like to pimp. So that's why I did what I did. Kind of cool. Okay. So that's an example of uh, you know, me going to any length to learn off of success. I also would surround myself with other business owners. I would do whatever it took to meet people like this. Whatever it took. Whatever it took. When I was new, I would go to uh, people that were ahead of me and offer to do gopher work or go fucking hit, stand there with a bottle of Sprite while they stand there to just do whatever the fuck it took to get myself around success. I would do whatever it took to model success, to learn from success. I, I read a lot of books. I think it's insane that most people don't read books. It's insane. You want to know the real reason I think most people don't read books? Because they're cheap. People don't believe that millions of dollars in wisdom could be contained in a $12 softcover book. And you're wrong. You're fucking wrong. People who have been through a lifetime of struggle and lessons offer the, the very best pearls of what they learned and will sit down for a year or two with other writers to help them to jot that down so that in a week, you can learn what they learned. Maybe not internalize it as deeply as they did, because they had to, had to fight for it harder and have deeper emotional anchors for it. But you can learn the gist of what they learned. And if you're on your own path, and you are seeing how that's applying to what you're doing, you can learn what they learn. You want to know what's crazy? When someone's writing something, that person oscillates between frequencies of higher consciousness and lower consciousness. Everybody's human. Everyone wakes up cranky some days. Everyone gets a little road rage here and there. But when someone's writing a book, 
They're coming from a position of higher consciousness. And they're sharing with you them at their best. I mean, unless it's a pretty shitty book. Like a book like that. I was driving down the road. This motherfucking grandma, this Asian grandmother was driving so slow. I can't take it. Asian grandmothers, you know what I mean, right? You'd be like, what the fuck is this shit? What's, the, what's wrong with this guy? You know what I'm saying, right? But assuming that, assuming that the dude's got a brain and he knows how to write a good book, he's going to be putting out, you know, high-level thinking shit. And uh, you, can, you can glean all that, you know? So I, I, in my spare time, while most people are looking at some bullshit like Facebook, which no offense because I've actually hung out with the founders of Facebook, but probably they're never going to watch this, so fuck Facebook. Uh... <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, no, they accomplish a lot. They accomplish a lot. Uh, but I ain't spending my time on there. Um, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm reading good shit, you know? And instead of sitting at home watching the fucking boob tube, I'm going out and pimping it. You know what I'm saying? I, was, I got in here the other night. I was dead tired out of my mind. I was with my buddy Connell. I said, why don't we go out? You know, just fuck it. Why don't we take a little shoot out? We went walk down the street. I made out with some girl on the street. It was totally hilarious. Going to some fucking little club. It was called Tange Junes or something. Not really the best club, but it was okay. You know, you guys are laughing at it, right? Whatever, right? You know, there was a couple little fucking uh, 18-year-olds down there that snuck in. Real hot. Real, real hot. One of them looked like one of my favorite porn stars, Brian Benson. Anyone ever jerk off to Brian Benson? Okay. There you go. Be jealous. So actually, I was about to pull them. I was like, yo, let's go. And she's like, yeah, let's go. And she went to grab her friend, but I saw like a 7.5, and I looked into the light. You know what I mean? Yeah, the lights went on. I fucking sat there making out with the fucking 7.5 in the corner while the girls got bored and bounced. <laughs> so I lost Brienne. Bye, Brienne. <laughs> but I made out for an hour and a half with a 7.5. Okay. Whoops. Okay. So uh, did that. But you want to know something? I'm a 32-year-old man. And getting to sit there and fucking maul down some cute little tight-bodied Spanish girl for an hour and a half? Yeah. I don't have to tell you, man. I thought it was kind of sweet. <laughs> you know? And uh, I definitely, and, and I could have pulled those fucking two chicks, and my homies got them on text, so maybe we'll see what happens with them. I don't know. They're kind of young, kind of flaky. I think it's funny that, like, me and him are combined ages. Uh, he's 40, I'm 32, so we have a combined age of 72. And uh, their ages are 18 and 19, so they have a combined age of uh, 37, Mighty right? Bad. I thought it was funny, too, because one of them was 18. I look at the other, I'm like, you 18 like your friend? She's like, I am not 18. I'm like, how old are you? She's like, last week, I turned 19. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Makes me feel a lot better. Isn't it amazing, though? A lot of those 18 and 19-year-olds are actually more intelligent than the, than the girls that are 21, 22, because they haven't been exposed to club culture. I almost feel like girls fucking 18 to 20 are, like, are like pretty smart, and then fucking 21 to 26 are retarded, and then 27 up are, like, really smart, you know, because they haven't been fucking, you know, turned out yet by the fucking club lifestyle. Anyway, uh, okay. So, look at that. You know, I went out. I took a few little lessons. I got my fucking emotional state pumped and shit. Sweet. Now, on the flip side, uh, how about most people? You know, they're not out learning shit. They're not out fucking banging the guns. They're not out being successful. And they don't have the motivation to do it. And they're kind of what I, we call like a dur state, right? Like, duh, like that. And, you know, they're not learning from success. I don't really know why, but I guess they're just, they just don't see a bigger picture. They don't really have that larger vision for themselves. I always have a larger vision for myself. But see, 
I learned from success, but like I said, you know, I've learned so much from success and also from taking action and implementing it, but I have also learned so much from watching failure. Um, do you guys ever read, uh, anyone here read Jim Collins, the uh, business writer? Okay, well, he has some very famous books. Some of them are called Good to Great or Built to Last. And recently he had a book that came out uh, that talked about businesses that thrive during recessionary environments, and that one was called Great by Choice. One of the really uh, fascinating points that, he's, that he noticed in businesses that succeeded was that they have a rational paranoia about failure. And this is something that I have always carried with me since my youth. I have always believed that success is a challenge to attain and it is fleeting once you have attained it. Success is challenging to get, fleeting once you've attained it. Uh, I think you should never take it for granted. Never should you take success for granted. Mediocrity is the norm. I really, really believe that. And if you guys look at how I run RSD, I mean, don't listen to my words, look at my behavior. Every fucking week, I've got my new content up. Every week, I've got the new stuff I'm focused on. I've got new projects on the go. I'm, put, I'm banging it out. I view it like a privilege that I get to teach pickup as a career. That's a fucking privilege. Now, most of you guys probably think my life is like a joke because you guys think that I'm like, picking up fucking hoes, teaching it, bragging about it online. That's probably what it looks like, right? I get it. I would think that too. And that's a small element of it. That's the best part. But uh, no, I work my fucking ass off at this shit. A lot of people say, why do you still go out for to, you know, usually seven nights a week after 11 years? Why do you guys think I go out seven nights a week after 11 years? To be good at what you do. Because I appreciate that I'm in the position I'm in. You know, I say it's a privilege. It's a fucking privilege. This is not some entitled shit. That's a privilege to be in that position. I've got a big audience here to listen to what I have to say about life, success with women, success. That's a fucking privilege. So I, t I take that very seriously. And I think that, that success is something that is earned and re-earned. I think that in life, you're climbing up that mountain and you want to take breaks strategically, but people think that you can climb up a mountain and just kind of stay there. Not really. I view it like it's like a muddy mountain. You climb up and you stay there, you start to slide down. And there's a number of reasons why that happens. I'll talk about them today. Uh, does that mean you should never take a break? Fuck no. I'm going to take a little time off when I do my Miami events this year. I'm going to sit there eating fucking sushi in South Beach and fucking stare at my belly button. <laughs> and I'm just going to be great. Okay? And uh, I've got a, I'm looking forward to going out to the islands in Hawaii this summer, and that's a long ways off. And when I'm suffering hard with a workload, that's something I can look forward to. And I'm going to sit beside a fucking waterfall, and I'm going to sit there convulsing while my body flushes the year's worth of cortisol out of it. That's basically what I do. Um, cool, you know? Of course I believe in taking a break. I think you should spend time with friends and take breaks. But I also believe that success is something that has to be earned and re-earned. The world is a dynamic place. The world is changing. If you're not changing along with it, you're probably being left behind. So I always studied failure. And uh, one of the big things when I became a pickup teacher was I studied the failure of other pickup teachers. And I'm not going to run around here blabbing names or anything like that. You know, if you know the backstories of you follow it, it should be pretty obvious. But, you know, a lot of the things that I saw were guys that uh, stopped innovating. 
They stopped putting out new material. They stopped going out. A lot of them would say that they didn't like the game. That's a very trendy thing for pickup teachers, to brag about how the game is boring to them. I don't know. I think the game is amazing, and I think it's a privilege to teach it. So I keep going out and keep banging the guns. And it's amazing because I could have stopped after five years, and you want to know something? If I had stopped after five years, I think that a lot of my principles would be a lot looser and less focused than they are. So I kept going out and focusing them. Um, likewise, uh, I learned from having a big ego and a big sense of entitlement. No, you know, if you're a pickup teacher, you might think you're cool. You're not cool. Dude, you're not cool for being a pickup teacher. You know what I'm saying? You're just another fucking dweeb, and you, you should fucking work, man. You should fucking hustle and work. Just because some guys give you props for, t for teaching them how to get some pussy, that's great and everything, but you want to know something? Nah, dude. You got to work like anybody else. You know what I'm saying? I got a blue-collar work ethic straight to the fucking bone. And uh, I got that because I saw other people that thought that they were entitled to shit and stuff like that. And it was just a joke to me. It was really, really pathetic. A guy that I learned a lot from, you know who it was, to be honest? David D'Angelo. You guys ever see him? Yeah. You guys like his stuff? Yeah. You know, I really admired him. Now, I don't really think he probably goes out and pimps so much. <laughs> You know, I don't think you're going to see him with like a, like, you know, a fucking hipster beard to get in the club more easily. Yeah, what a hub, you know what I'm saying, right? I don't think you're going to see that. But the dude who's always an executor and always very humble. You know, you meet the guy who's like a humble guy that just goes out and executes. And that's how I always viewed pickup and progress in pickup, was just stay humble about it. You know, on one level, you want that, like, that self-love, narcissism type stuff and just total self-belief. But on another level, you got to realize that it is about the process and is about staying humble. So I would see people that got uh, caught up in that kind of thing and, you know, more focused on their self-image or more focused on, uh, you know, trying to minimize work. And I, I, I was, to be honest, and, you know, I'm not trying to criticize, but I was always very disgusted by that. People who don't want to work, uh, they don't want to contribute value. Uh, I, you know, I'm just going to speak bluntly here, and uh, I'm not trying to offend anybody, uh, but I'm disgusted by it. I'm really disgusted by uh, people that are that are uh, giving into that biological inclination to minimize time and effort. Do you guys get it that our biology tells us to maximize value and minimize time and effort? You guys understand that? Do you guys understand that's why most pickup advertisements would say, "I'll show you how to fuck every girl you approach," or you know how to get the easy lay or things like that? Because people that's appealing because people want to minimize time and effort. Why do people say like the seven minute abs? You know what I'm saying, right? Seven minute abs. You know, because again, uh, that appeals to the masses, their desire to minimize time and effort. So I looked at a lot of people that I viewed as failures. And big, big signs of failures to me were people who did not have a rational paranoia about failure and people who believe that everything will be okay. Now, isn't that a fascinating thing to think about? That on one level, you want to have faith, okay? You want to have faith and you want to believe that everything happens for a reason and that everything will turn out to be okay. Now, I'm going to go a little bit deep with you guys here, and I hope this isn't... How, how are you guys resonating? Can I get a vibe from the audience? How are you guys resonating with this so far? Is it resonating? Okay, thanks. I don't know if anyone wasn't resonating, if they wouldn't tell me, but, you know, give me a little validation. So let's keep going. Give me the courage to keep going with this. Anyone who has ever undertaken a big goal that has, like, you know, like, you know, just requires a, a concerted effort and focus to make a little bit of progress every day, they, ha you, you, they really had to have a lot of faith. And you have to have faith that the things that seem bad are happening for a reason and that everything's going to turn out okay. So, you know when you're kind of new and maybe you start doing a little cold approach pickup and you meet that girl who you really like and, and you really want it to work out and maybe she doesn't call you back 
Or maybe you have sex with her and she doesn't call you back. Or maybe you date her and, and she flakes you out. And at the time, you may feel very identified with that. You feel very, like, like, like you, just, you start you keep thinking about her and you want it to work out. And you, you, you just feel very resistant to the fact that, that things are not going the way that you were wanting them to go. Make sense here? You know, and you kind of focus on it. And, you know, some people might create a victim complex around it or, or a lot of negative energy around it. But I think that if you have a lot of faith and you realize that, um, that everything's working out for the best and that this is really meant to help you to unattach from a need for a certain outcome. Maybe it's teaching you to learn to draw happiness from within and, and to, to stop that mental habit of needing for the world to, be a, to look a certain way to feel happy. And it's teaching you to draw it from within because paradoxically when you draw it from within, other people will keep coming into your life anyway. It's kind of this funny thing how that works. Uh, it might be teaching you that. It might be teaching you that you're not competitive enough. You're too much of a pussy. Uh, I mean, that, I mean, the game will teach you that a lot. The game will teach you you're too much of a pussy or too outcome dependent every night. I mean, that's basically the game. It's like you're a pussy and you're outcome dependent. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> you know, that's really, a lot of the game is like that. So, uh, you know, it'll teach you a lot of that. But if you have faith that that as long as you stick to the process and you really trust the process. Everything will turn out okay. Everything will turn out for the best. It's really, really powerful. You know what I'm saying? It really is powerful. And it's almost like your mind, when it's encountering frustrations, will, can, will kind of veer off into these frustrated places. And if you can keep bringing it back to that place of faith, and again, I'm not saying like uh, faith in any, like some religious denomination, but if that's your thing, that's your thing. I, that's not really what I'm referring to. If that's your thing, that's your thing. But just faith in general that the universe just kind of works in a certain way. There's certain laws of cause and effect. And that if you kind of roll with that, that it's going to take you to a good place. If you hold that belief, it's amazing what can happen. Likewise, you want to know another kind of off-the-wall belief that I had in terms of faith that things will work out? Whenever things kind of pop up for me, I'm, I'm always willing to explore them. Do you guys know what I mean by that? Like may, maybe, I always find that when there's some kind of challenge, if I'm an avid reader, these little books will kind of pop out at me. Anyone ever had experience like that? Maybe RSD did that for you guys, right? I, I hope so. Maybe you guys are just here to laugh at me. I don't know, but I, I hope that's why I did it. Um, you know, these little books come out. So maybe like, you know, with RSD as an easy example, you know, some girl dumped you and you're fucked up over it. And then you go online and, you know, you see some little guy like, if any of you were surprised that I can get girls, check this shit out, yeah. You know, and you're like, what the fuck, right? And then you listen to it. And, and then you look at it and you almost feel like you dodged a bullet. Because you're like, shit, I could have stayed with that girl who I didn't even like that much. I was just stuck on her. Or I could listen to this little dude fucking like school me on some pimp shit, go get a better girl, and this is fucking sweet, and I know all the pimp shit. This is fucking tight, you know? So it's kind of like if you have faith that it'll work out for the best, uh, it, it really can work out that way. I mean, it really, really can. Uh, if you look at your life, I would bet that most of the character traits that you're most proud of probably came through adversity. I think that people take that too far sometimes. In fact, many people I know who are very well versed in self-development are the worst little parroters of this bullshit that everything will work out for the best and they have forgotten the component of taking action. They have forgotten the component of rational paranoia that you will fucking fail if you do not take action. You guys see what I'm saying here? You will fucking fail. Let me explain this to you. Failure is the default. If you don't have a little rational paranoia, failure is the fucking <coughs> default.
Most of your friends are probably failures that you grew up with. They have bullshit little lives that they rationalize. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm speaking to a certain audience here. A lot of them might find dignity in their lives. Cool. But, you know, if you're, if you're this audience, and this is a very skewed audience to people that want more, you'd probably view that as a failure. Make sense? Okay. Real quick, yeah? Well, we're going to talk about that right now. Yeah, we'll talk about that long-term vision right now. Um, so you have to have that rational paranoia for failure. I want you guys to think about it like success is about focusing on what you want, not on what you don't want. Do you guys notice how most of your friends or, or people you know who are failures perpetually focus on what they don't want? You guys ever seen that? Do you guys ever read comments online, maybe in my videos or say RC Nation, where people are always focused on their looks? And no matter how many videos they see of me and Jeff pimping it, they can't, they don't get it that their looks are not an excuse. You guys ever seen that? Because they're focused on what they don't want, right? They're focused on what they don't want. When they go to approach a girl, they're not thinking of having hot sex with her or how it'd be fun even. They're just thinking about not getting rejected and how much it hurts and how much they can't take it. They can't take the pain. They can't take the embarrassment. They can't take the discipline it takes to actually put themselves out there. They can't take it. And so, you know, they focus on what they don't want. Well, success is about focusing on what you want and not focusing on what you don't want. Success is about punching through the fucking wall, not punching at the wall. You want to think of your, of your, of your journey like, it's almost like you're, you see that light at the end of the tunnel, but you also want to think of it like a narrow road. You want to think of success as a narrow road. So you are walking that line of success, but you have a more focused set of behaviors than most people, and you are constantly course correcting. So you're learning from where you fucked up and you're taking the lesson and then course correcting again and again and again and again. This is what blew my game up, to be honest. This is what blew up my results with girls. And uh, you know who I actually kind of learned it from? It was interesting. I learned it from watching uh, Kobe Bryant win a championship against Boston two years ago. Because every game that the Lakers would play, whenever they would lose, they would always talk about the little lessons that they got from the loss and about how they had the ultimate vision of the championship and how they needed it to come together for the championship. So I always saw that. I thought that was very fascinating. I actually wound up applying that to game. I would go out every day and I would look not at my results. I never beat myself up for my results. But I would always look at the processes that I knew were what got results and I would really be introspective and consider how well I stuck to those processes. And, uh, you know, I feel maybe a little negative emotion because I always say never get hard on yourself or beat yourself up for the results, but beat yourself up for your failure to learn the processes, refine the processes, and stick to the fucking processes that you know produce results. So a lot of my journey over the last few years was really honing in what worked and what didn't and then whenever I felt frustration, I said, what is my mind telling me with these negative emotions? Why is my mind telling me this? And then I would take the failure on board, learn the lesson, internalize it, and try to carry it out with me the next night. <clears throat> when I was really getting back into it, I would have nights that I would go out and not even want to approach anybody for like 20, 30 minutes and then finally get the nerve to do it and then kind of walk around fucking up like kind of a lame -o. And I'd go home and I'd say, 
well, what the, you know, what did I do earlier in the night that made me fail? What did I even do maybe yesterday that made me fail? What did I do a year ago that contributed to me failing? And, you know, little things that I would look at. And, you know, if you're a newbie, this is probably a lot more to take on board than you need to take on board. But maybe if you've been doing it for a while and you think this shit's cool, you could look at it. I would look at things like, well, at the start of the night, when I got into the venue, I didn't talk to anybody. And so a part of my unconscious mind said to me, this is not a place where you talk to anyone. Because my unconscious mind said, in this environment, you're an introvert. As opposed to, if on the walk to the venue, I start opening and saying hi to people, and then as soon as I get in the venue, I say hi to a few people, and then my brain says, oh, in this environment, you do talk to people, and no one's going to do shit. No one's going to get mad at you. That's kind of sweet, right? So I look at it like that. But maybe I even look at it like, you know, say there was like some dime piece girl that I really wanted to meet. I would say to my, and, and I fucked it up. I'd say to myself, well, shit, what else fucked it up? Maybe if I had been going out regularly the pre, you know, throughout the previous week, instead of taking time off from it, I would have had a lot more just socialness going on with me. And then when I approached it, it wouldn't have been as awkward. And even if I was a little nervous, because that's like my ideal girl or something, it wouldn't have been so bad. Uh, you know, the, the, you know, I'd say uh, any time that I've successfully met a girl that you know, was really my ideal and someone I kept around in my life, probably it was a little nerve-wracking because I was like, oh shit, I really like this girl. And a lot of those girls uh, really test you, you know? The girl I, I liked the most pulled a stun gun out and put it in my face and blasted flames in my face. What the fuck? She's like, who the fuck do you think you are? You think you're so tough? Put a fucking stun gun in my face. I'm like, yeah, girl. Yeah, in my mind, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> you know? So, but again, I was like motherfucking ice. Because I'd been going out a lot, and I just had so much bullshit thrown at me, I didn't give a fuck. Dude, you have this look on your face, you're like, oh my god, this pickup shit is so cool. He resisted the stun gun, this guy back here, right? This is sweet. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, you know, the newbie's like, stun gun, you know, he like gets his friend, he's like, put this in my face, Tyler said. <laughs> a year later, he's like, this shit is fucking weird, I got involved in this weird shit, right? He had me pulling out a stun gun. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you know, it's like little things like that. Then, I mean, if you want to get real weird, you know, I'm not saying everyone needs to do this or that naturals do this or anything, but this is just something that helps me. I might even look at it and say, uh, have I been, dr I mean, again, this is getting really out there and it's just my thing, it doesn't have to be yours. Uh, you know, did I drink green vegetable juice this week? Now, you guys are probably going to give me some blank looks like, what the fuck does this have? What seminar am I at? It's the green vegetable seminar. <laughs> Uh, and it's not that, but, um, you know, something I learned from a really cool book called The Ultra Mind Solution by Mark Hyman, and, you know, you guys may want to jot that down, is that when you, when you eliminate bullshit little processed foods from your diet and you take in a lot of greens, uh, you know, and he also kind of recommends like omega-3s and just like, you know, really healthy, natural, clean meats and stuff like that. But especially I find when I crank that like broccoli, kale, Swiss chard, spinach juice stuff, it's kind of like being kicked in the face by a horse when you drink it. Uh, your thinking is really fucking clear. Does anyone here do that kind of stuff here? Am I the only, only green man here? Okay, so you guys that do that, and by the way, I noticed a lot of pretty fucking handsome dudes just raised their hands with some good complexions. No homo. Uh, uh, do you guys notice that your thinking is really fucking clear when you do that? It's amazing, right? So isn't it funny to think that even something as simple as that, where someone's thinking is unfocused, I mean, again, you're taking, a, you're taking almost like an extreme level of self-responsibility here, where you're saying like, yes, even my choice to drink this bizarre green juice four days ago maybe contributed me to having a shitty night tonight. And uh, why? 
Because when your mind is even keeled and nice and focused, and that girl who you're nervous by, or say the stun gun chick, pulls a uh, you know pulls some shit on you, and your mind is being dragged around like a leaf in the wind with all these stupid little thoughts like, what does this mean? What does it say about me? Blah, blah, blah. I feel approach anxiety. I'm just not in the mood. Blah, 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 blah. Like that, because your brain doesn't work, because you ate Cheetos, and when you eat Cheetos, you're like, duh, trying to follow the shit you learn here. Right, like some guy at home eating Cheetos as he eats, duh, duh, going out and applying it, duh, duh, approach anxiety, duh, like that. <laughs> and uh, you know, instead, you chose to drink the motherfucking green juice, and you're going out, and you're like, I'm the fucking man. What up, girl? You know, and you got that shit going on. I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I uh, get fucking sit there with my little juicer for like seven minutes while jamming juice into it. <laughs> and then now uh, you have to throw out the fiber right after because uh, it start, it's like raw fibrous material and starts to stink. <laughs> do you guys know this? Yeah. So you have to throw it in the garbage quickly or it starts to rot and like a raccoon species will jump out of it and kill you. <laughs> Just get rid of it quick. Uh, this is a guy named Mark Hyman. He wrote a book called The Ultramind Solution. Again, you know, there's some stuff in it I really resonated with and some I didn't. That's part of being a reader is knowing what to follow, what not to follow. So, uh, yeah, you know, even little things like that uh, could have an impact. You guys probably look at that, you know, it seems a little off the wall. I, I get it, you know, it's a little off the wall. That's cool. But I, I always kind of love success. So I always, I always believed in a philosophy of extreme self-responsibility. What if I told you that getting free... Dinners from guys is one of the dumbest things girls can do. Why? Okay. So first of all, let's say why it would sound smart. Yeah. It sounds smart because he's willing to pay. He's just some, you know, he wants to take her out. He wants a woman's company. Why wouldn't you take the free dinner? Okay, here's why. First of all, nothing good in life ever comes by cheating or by misrepresenting yourself. Now, that could sound like a, a uh, feel-good thing to say, like, nothing good ever comes from cheating the system. <laughs> uh, but it's actually quite accurate. Uh, typically, people who, who swindle things and, and get little freebies and shit, it never really works out. I'll, I'll tell you, I, I was, let me just check my mic here. I, w I, I, was, I was out of my house at 15, okay? I was out at 15 years old. So, when I was a kid... We used, to, we used to love to scam little shit and fucking uh, get little free things and stuff. I remember like on a New Year's Eve once I like snuck into some like party and I got all this like free food. Um, you know, I snuck all sorts of shit and like scammed all sorts of little shit. Uh, but actually, the reason why it's fucked up is because when you, when you shirk on your work and you scam little shit and you, you, know, you get little dudes to like pay for stuff if you're a girl, it completely stops the, the, the process of becoming a mature adult. And if you actually became a mature adult, the rewards are so much more profound and hardcore. Stop and consider that like, we, we live in a, in a society, in, in really one of the most affluent societies ever. You know, people call this a recession. And still, it's you know, so much better than it's, it's almost ever been. So if you can't succeed in this situation, you fucking suck. You're a fucking loser. And yet, 
the majority of people actually don't have the ability to, to climb up. And it's because they're fucking lazy and they want to take the easy way out. Most people, it's very interesting, are, are handicapped so severely by laziness and wanting free handouts. It's crazy. Um, I have never played the lottery. I don't gamble. What if I told you that I don't even want to win the lottery? Would you guys believe me or would you think I'm just trying to sound tough or something? I don't want to win the lottery. I mean, I would. I mean, I, I guess I would take it in the sense that I already have a good work ethic. So I think at this point, you know, I could win the lottery, put it away for my kid's college fund or something, and do something with it. But generally speaking, I don't want to win the lottery. You know, my parents sent me their wills at different points. I don't open it. I don't want my parents' money. I don't want free money. I never wanted a dollar I didn't earn. I never wanted to date a girl that I thought was too good for me. I never wanted to trick a girl into dating me that I didn't think I was on her level. All that I ever thought was, all I ever really wanted in life was to work hard and to get what I deserve from that work. That's it. So when a girl takes those meals from the dudes, what's happening is they have a trap door, they have this, this constant easy out, like this, like this like little escape door from doing work. And uh, what it allows them to do is it allows them to coast so they can coast along they, they're, they're, they're taking, they know they're not going to fuck that guy. And they know that they're misleading him to a certain degree. So because they know that they're misleading him, that's, that's eroding off of their integrity. They're, they're feeling that they're misleading this person. Uh, and look, I'm not saying that anyone here is in 100% integrity. I'm sure I do little dipshit things and we all do little dipshit things. But the more you can minimize it, really, the better off you are. So the girl's doing that. She's taking these like free dinners and shit or free apartment and things like that. And... That girl, genetically, may have a perfectly proper working brain that could actually accomplish a lot. Actually could accomplish a lot if she focused herself. But because she takes the freebies, it's too difficult, because she's chosen to kind of like go to the dark side, so to speak, which most women do, it's too difficult to focus herself to make a living by just doing their fucking, by doing her work. Well, then what happens to the woman, here's what commonly happens, and, and I live in big cities, so I see this a lot. They will take the freebies from the, from the guys who are like the stable guys or whatever, and then they, uh, they fuck the fun guys, a.k.a. Douchebags. Right? Douches. So they fuck the fun guy. And then what happens is they hit what age? Maybe 32, maybe 36, maybe 38. Who here is in their 30s? How fast did your 20s blast by? Now, when you're in your 20s, did it feel like you'd be in your 20s forever? Yes. Couldn't picture being 30, right? No. Then you hit 30 and you're like, I'm still here. What the fuck happened? Well, the same thing happens to a girl, yeah. right? So she, so she takes those things. She's like, I'm going to be 20 forever. And you know what a lot of them say? It's kind of crazy. You talk to them about it, about aging, because a lot of them also drink a lot of booze, take drugs, and smoke cigarettes. Ask them about it. They're like, I'm going to get surgery. That's their answer. They go... I'm going to get surgery. Yeah, then you're just going to look like an old, nasty whore with surgery. You're not going to look like... <laughs> bitch, you're not going to look like a fucking 21-year-old by getting surgery. You know what I'm saying? Like, have you ever met a girl who's like, she's 36, and you ask her, and she, but you think she's 21, and you're like, how old are you? She's like, I'm 36. And you're like, what the fuck? I thought you are tw <laughs> 21. That is pretty fucking rare that that happens. More commonly, you just see a girl with surgery. And she's just a girl with surgery. She's just a 36-year-old girl who's like, 
So you can't, you can't beat that. Now, what's funny is that the girls do that, but actually there is a way that you can take years off your appearance if you do it properly. You want to know what that is? Yeah, diet and exercise. There, there's a book called Younger You by Eric Braverman and uh, talks, he, his basic premise, he calls it internal plastic surgery. And what he basically says is plastic surgery is fucking stupid unless it's for like a, you know, an, an accident or something like that. That's different. But other than that, why would you do that? You can take all the years off your appearance through, through proper nutrition and these different things. He also talks about like bioidentical hormones in it, which I don't, I'm not really that into. But uh, the general principle, the idea of internal plastic surgery is very powerful. And I know that you can have a woman who takes proper care of herself and will look young for her whole life. But what happens is that these girls are already in that lazy mode of minimized time and effort and they're fucking lazy and they want to chill. And so what happens to them is they, uh, they, 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 they get fucked by the fun guy, they hit like 35, 36, and now the fun guys don't even want to fuck them that much anymore, or they will a little bit, and then now they're forced to resort to fucking like little like 21-year-old up-and-coming fun guys kind of thing, and they're like, you know, I fucked a 21-year-old last week, and he said that I was better than any girls his age, and in your mind you're like, yeah, right, but... Yeah, I agree with you too, because I'll take the easy, warm hole. Okay. And so now she's just getting fucked left and right by different guys as trash. She's just this piece of trash being passed around. And, uh, sorry, I mean, I'm from LA. I'm being really honest here. Um, and then basically, she goes to marry the fucking, the, the stable guy who will have her. And then she's still compelled by the fun guys, because she has that haunting memory of the fun guy. And that guy's so fucking lame. And she's like, I want to fucking, why can't I be married to the fun guy? Why can't I have like the guy that's like the super pimp, but also wants to marry me, even though I smoke cigarettes and do drugs, and I look all like an old whore. But why can't he just, why can't the fun guy just be only with me? I got plastic surgery. Look at me. Why didn't it work? Where's my super pimp fun guy that will support me? So, uh, so it doesn't work. So now, right. what do you think of free dinners now? Yeah. Now, 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 let me go even deeper with that. Let me go even deeper with that. Okay. Okay. So, um, I believe that laziness in general uh, is a, really ruins people's lives. It, it really does. The uh, desire to be lazy. Uh, now, this is a very fascinating thing because human beings have within them the desire to minimize time and energy and to maximize the value that they get in return. And, uh, you know, I think, I think that's cool. I mean, uh, th that's why, uh, you know, if we don't lift weights, our, our muscles go away. Or, um, you know, uh, we, uh, you know, certain animals evolve eyesight that can see hundreds of yards off and other animals don't have that good eyesight. Or, you know, some animals will evolve like a big brain and others don't or whatever. Well, I guess humans do, and no, actually, dolphins, dolphins. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I mean, we just evolve different things. So we basically try to minimize time and energy and maximize the value that we get back. That's the way that we're wired. We're, we're actually wired to do that. Um, but the problem with it is that uh, when people get into a lazy mode, um, you have to realize that once you do start working regularly and you enjoy what you're doing, you find the joy in what you're doing, it's really not that hard to work hard. It's actually pretty easy. The hardest part about beating laziness is just the initial shift in gears. Do you guys know what I mean by that? It's like a diet. The, the only hard part of a diet is just that first month. Really, once you're past the first month or two, you're just eating the healthy food. You, you just get in a routine with it. It's, it's really fine. But it's that first little bit that is kind of tough. It's, it's a little bit of a shell shock when, you, you know, when you're not used to it. I have watched a lot of people in, in my life 
Uh, friends, business competitors, like competitors, because actually if you are industry, like everyone's on the same team, because only like 1% of people know about the industry, so the more people touting the message, the better. But what you'd call competitors, like other pickup companies, I've seen it in friends, I've seen it in enemies, I've seen it in people that I just know about. I have watched laziness really ruin people's lives. And um, the reason why is, is kind of like this. Once the laziness kicks in, people will do whatever it takes and make whatever lies to themselves that they need to make in order to stay lazy. So um, I'll, I'll give a ton of examples, and I'll, I'm just going to kind of put them in my brain right now. I've never really talked about this before. Uh, let, let's start off with pickup. Okay, so guys want to learn the secret system to get laid but not have to go out a lot. Well, of course, that's not going to ever happen. So then what happens is they go out a little bit, and they don't internalize it, and then they bitch. And uh, they, they may be one of those people that whines and complains on internet forums, uh, or people that... Um, they, uh, they're like, you know, I just can't learn this game stuff, so I'm just going to focus on my career. And hey, I'm all about focusing on career. I'm a very career-focused person too. But dude, that ain't going to get you a girl that likes you for you <laughs> by focusing on your career. I'm sorry to tell you. That, that, that's not the way you want to go. You want to focus on your career and learn how to relate to women in an attractive way. Not focus on your career as a way to escape the process of having to learn how to relate to women. Sorry to tell you. You also see it. Here, here's a huge one. Uh, let's look at like the diet industry. Um, there used to be a pill called, uh, e I believe it's called ECA stack. Anyone know what that is? That was an ephedrine, caffeine, aspirin stack. At one point, those, those were legal. They probably caused heart palpitations of some kind, but they worked. And so it created an industry of diet pills. Uh, so companies like HydroxyCut and others, uh, you know, they were spawned, and uh, the popularity of diet pills took off. Well, eventually the ECA stack became illegal. From th this is based on my understanding of it, which you know, someone who knows more about fitness could be could uh, tighten up the details for me here. But it basically became illegal, and so other diet pills came on the market that were really not that effective. The the existing diet pills that are on the market right now, they they're proven to make you lose about maybe seven percent more weight, which is almost nothing. Is it really worth being all jittery and antsy for seven percent more weight? Well, here's what's funny about that: the way that it makes you lose the weight is a combination of like unnatural appetite suppression from being on the stimulant and it makes you just jittery to the point where you kind of pace around a bit more and then just from like the little bit of extra pacing around a bit more you lose the 7%. Um, but people are fucking lazy and so when faced between a decision of learn about nutrition, do a proper diet or pop a pill, they pop the pill. It makes them antsy and weird, probably fucks their heads up who knows if it might even be permanent? I don't even really know, you know, to a degree. I mean, it's nothing too insane. I mean, it's not like they took, like, uh, you know, a month's worth of peyote or something. It's just a diet pill. But, but I'm sure it's not good on the adrenal system and, and whatnot. Um, and, uh, and, and they're fucking lazy. They're just fucking lazy. And what do you think is going to happen when they go off the diet pill? They haven't cultivated the habits to maintain the weight loss. It's just going to come right back on. Well, why is, it, why is something like hydroxycut a great business model? What can you charge for a bottle of hydroxycut? Eighty bucks. Quite a bit, right? I don't know if it's eighty. Is it eighty? Wow. Wow. Is it really? What do you think it costs to manufacture it? Three bucks. God. I mean, if that. Probably more for the fucking label than what's in it. I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing. So you know, great little business model there. Probably the most expensive part is is, get, is hiring a marketer to write the sales copy and to get Jay Cutler like, hydroxycut. That's probably the most expensive part of, of selling it. Or, or maybe the distribution. So again, people being fucking lazy. 
Well, I've even seen it, you know, this, I actually very rarely talk about other pickup teachers, and I'm not really going to, like, get too specifically into it here. But, I mean, if, if I were to ask you guys, um, have you ever seen pickup teachers that bash each other? Has anyone here ever seen that if you look online? Have you guys ever seen me bash uh, a pickup teacher? Like, that guy, I saw his shit. I just want to let you know that he is misrepresenting the truth. You got to know that I'm just trying to get that, get that out there. Like, that'd be kind of weird, right? Like, like you log on to like your new free tour video, and I'm like, I have a message about so-and-so PUA. I need to get this out, let them know the truth. Because <laughs> like, what happened to this guy? <laughs> right? All you, all you would really ever see from me is me just saying what I think about pickup, and where I get my lessons about pickup is I go out four to seven nights a week. Is that convenient? It's not convenient, but I, you know, but I do it, right? Now, uh, I have a theory that the reason why sometimes pickup teachers do that is because they're lazy. Let me say why. The reason why they, they would do it, my, my philosophy is they just don't want to go out. Because what I do is actually kind of tough. I like it, but, it, but it's inconvenient. Because see, the way that I, the way that I built RSD was I, was I said, I'm going to go out as much as I can. And so you had a question earlier, like what, what motivates me to go out? Well, I find that when I go out a lot, I have cool new insights. One of the reasons why I can give away every seminar I ever do is because I go out so much that I know that I can throw out anything, any idea I have, I can throw it online for free, and within a week, I'm going to have another hour's worth of ideas, which I get from going out and teaching most weekends. So I think what happens is that a lot of those dudes, they just don't want to go out. They want to be a pickup teacher, but they don't want to have to go out, and they don't want to have to teach a lot. Why would you want to teach 20 or 50 boot camps a year and have to go out all the time when you can just kind of remember vaguely what you used to do back when you used to be into pickup, teach that, and then if there's some other popular guy, and you know that people are doing Google searches for that guy, you write your little opinion, I just want to let you, I just want to let you know, so-and-so PUA, that's not cool, that is not cool, right, you just go like that, and then, <laughs> then you put that online, and then someone does a Google search for the guy that's highly searched for, and then it's like, and you know, and then they see something come up like, like, the truth about so-and-so PUA exposed, right? Who could resist fucking clicking on that shit? So then, you go, so then you go fucking click on it, and then it's like, ah, speak the truth, right? And then you might have like, out of, out of one, maybe three out of every hundred guys is some like weird negative guy that resonates with negativity. And he's like, I knew that shit was bullshit. Thank you, right? Cause like, and then he can like attract those people. Well, again, look at, look at how much the laziness has ruined that guy's life, though, if he does that. Being a pickup teacher is pretty cool. Instead of doing that, why not just go out every day, create new insights, and then you don't even need to look at what anybody else is doing. You don't even need to know. I don't know what anyone else is doing. I don't give a fuck, dude. I don't give a fuck. I just go out and, and create new shit, right? Now, here's what's funny. So, by me going out seven nights a week to get the insights... And to do seminars like this all the time, you know, in big markets, small markets, anywhere, yeah, it's a lot more work than, uh, you know, doing some silly shit like what I just talked about. But if I kept doing this, let's say I keep doing what I'm doing now. Let's say that I challenge myself to create one hour of new content per week. And I do that for, two, for 20 years. And I practice my public speaking for 20 years. And I go out and keep working on my pickup shit for 20 years. What's going to be the end benefit to me, selfishly? What's going to happen? 
longevity. You're going to be in business for a long time. Yeah. And how successful will I become? Very successful. Right? It's inevitable. But that's what laziness does. Laziness. And you want to know what I think is the big thing of laziness that, that has become very popular? Does, can anyone guess? Passive income streams. Like, I love Tim Ferriss. I think he's super smart. But like that Tim Ferriss shit, like the dream of just doing less. Um, it really feeds into it. Now, I believe that any smart person should, if they run a business, should scale what they're doing and should, you know, you could create passive income streams. But don't do that as, as like, I have a dream that I just don't do shit and get paid. I have a dream that I take a pill and am super ripped. I have a dream that I can get free dinner from men who believe they can fuck me and then get plastic surgery and continue to get many free dinners from men that think I'm 21 by tricking them like a little decoy. I'll be a 38-year-old decoy of a 21-year-old and continue to get many free dinners and fuck the fun guy. It's like the, the laziness. It just, and, what's cra and you know what? It goes even deeper. The people who do the dumb shit that I'm talking about really believe that what they're doing is right. Think about that. They actually think the shit they're doing is cool. The girl getting the free dinners, she thinks she's a fucking genius. The guy taking the pill to, to lose the weight, he's like, yeah, I got this pill. This is fucking cool. You know, right? The guy's like, yeah, I bashed this guy, told the truth. He believes that. So they have to lie to themselves. I've seen, I have seen so much of this shit. I've seen people lie to themselves to the point where like, if they don't want to travel, they, their body creates fake physical ailments. Literally, to believe why they shouldn't travel if, they, if traveling would help them to be successful. I've seen guys that, that, uh, that, that won't put the work in to be successful that create bizarre stories in their head about how people are holding them back. Like bizarre, intricate stories that to them, like you could put them on a lie detector test and they're like, I'm being held back. I held me back. That motherfucker hold me back. Like that. Have you, out of all the time you guys have ever known me, have you ever heard of that someone was holding me back? Ever. Like, I'm being held back. Like, I just, RC Nation, I have to give you a message. Help me. I'm being held back. Someone is holding me back, fucking up my shit. Never. I have never said this shit. Never. When have you ever heard me ask for anything? Like, RSD Nation, I need something from you now. <laughs> have you ever heard this? Help me. Give me some shit. I just want something, please. Never. Never, dude. Never. When I see panhandlers on the street, it's like a cartoon universe. Like, change. Give me the change. Well, I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing, sir? Why? Why are you like, like, and like, and that's just crazy. And when you give that guy the money, he's like, yeah, fuck yeah, I could get my drink, get my drink. These dumb motherfuckers got to go to work. I get my drink. What the fuck, dude? What the fuck? Here, here's the bottom line, okay? In life, there's generally a right way to do things and a, and a wrong way to do things. It's, it's generally how it is, right? And, and a lot of this shit goes back to old school values. So it's like, if you're gonna try to get jacked in the gym, you could take steroids and mess up your, your body hormones and that kind of thing, or you can do it the slow way and actually build a body that actually responds and does what you want it to do and is healthy. If you wanna learn how to get girls, you can do it by making a lot of cash and flashing money at them, 
or by trying to get really, really jacked in the gym or something like that. And it's not that these things hurt, but again, if you don't know how to relate to a woman in a way that naturally attracts her, you, you didn't go about it the right way. There's way, like, if you want to look young when you're older, there's like a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. The wrong way to do it is like go under the knife and get plastic surgery and shit. The right way to do it is proper diet intake, stress management, taking care of yourself, and, do, and eating substances that, that help you with, with anti-aging. Right? So there's, there's always a right way to do things, a wrong way to do things. A right way to get ahead is work really smart, really, really smart and strategically, but be willing to work hard. Again, the, the price of the, the, the penalty of laziness, the reason why they don't win, the reason why lazy people don't win is because they have to lie to themselves to preserve the behavior. They have to literally lie to themselves to preserve that behavior because laziness is fundamentally an addiction. It's an addiction to this chilled out state where, where you don't have to think too hard. And it's an addiction to that. And I have, I have watched brilliant people succumb to laziness and really ruin themselves over it. Because what happens, like I've seen guys who worked really hard for a number of years and they get to a certain point and they're just done with it. They just, they can't take it anymore. They can't take the grind. They can't take the hustle. And so they start to go, you know, I just think that I'm just at a certain point where I'm just not down for this anymore. And they start to look for ways to, to become like a leeching slug. And to like, so basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to find some energy source that they can kind of just leech onto. And notice that this is very fascinating because human beings, we have the ability to take on the characteristics of almost any creature in like the animal kingdom. Do you guys know what I mean by that? It's like a human being can take on the characteristics of like the noble wolf or you know, some shit like that. Or a human being can take on the characteristics of a parasite. And what's amazing is that, is that our RAS, this is some pretty deep shit, okay? Reticular activation system and our ability to rationalize our behavior is so pervasive and so powerful that our brains will rationalize almost anything that it thinks is in its best interest. So if, if, a, if a person gets to a point where they have become addicted to the laziness, what typically is going to happen is their reticular activation system is going to activate in such a way where they're going to justify the laziness. And what's really fucking psycho about this and su super fucking scary, this is scary shit to me because I've, I've seen this happen to friends of mine, is that they have to, they rationalize laziness with a set of lies to themselves or like half-truths. But then remember that any time that you lie to yourself, what happens, what happens as you build further beliefs on that foundation? More lies, more lies, more lies, more lies, and it becomes a web. This is why oftentimes, like if you try to teach your friends like the pickup stuff, they can't get it because you tell them something, they're like, but I think this. And then you prove to them that that's wrong, and then it kind of fucks their head up. And then they're like, but I also think this. And then you have to unwire that. And they're like, but I also think this. And then you have to unwire that. And then, I also think this. And then you have to unwire that. And it's, like, it's just too much. You can't get them to do it. So they have to be like, no, it's just like this. This is how pickup is. You're like, you realize the whole pickup community is based on going out and getting experience. It's not just theory. They're like, no, no, no. And they just, they just can't deal with it. It's just too much. So again, once the person has got addicted to that emotion of laziness, the, uh, the emotion has entered into their body and it wants to self-perpetuate. Do, do you guys understand that emotions are addictive? So uh, like a pain body is an example of an addictive emotion. So once that person gets in that emotion that they want to sustain it, they desperately want to sustain it, 
they will typically not come out of it. And actually, they become lost. They're lost now. Because what happens is that they, uh, they fall too far off the path. And so there's been too much rationalization, too much lying to themselves about why they're doing it, that the only way, oh, and by the way, and this is further sustaining that addiction to the, to, the, to the lazy emotions, the only way that they can come back is if they're forced out of it, something forces them out of it, where it's just too painful to preserve the laziness and to preserve the lies that they would have to come out of it. But people will give up, they will give up their families. Like I've seen dudes that have like, a, like fucking kids that like they lose their kids because the wife doesn't want to be with them anymore. They'll lose their job. They'll, 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 they'll burn relationships with coworkers. Uh, they will, uh, they'll just quit. Like, like, like pick up teachers that just literally quit because they don't want to go out anymore and have their reality confronted if they're still good at pickup is what they've said. Things like that. Um, they, uh, they, they, they lose their dreams. They rationalize their hopes and dreams away. Fucking gone. It's crazy. And, and, and they have to like hate people. Like in order to preserve this, they have to like make people into enemies and shit. Cause anyone that's like telling them what they should do proper, they have to make into like an enemy in certain cases. It's fucking, it's fucking nuts. So the, the reason why I, I was really turned off laziness, actually, it wasn't even because I'm, it's not even because I'm like, get money, get bitches or, or anything like that. You'd think that, right? Like you'd think a guy that goes hard like me, I'm just like, get money, get bitches. Cause I'm like, fucking pimp every night, work every day. You basically think that that's my operating, get money, get bitches. That's what I look like. Cause I mean, I work, I work a 10 out of 10 and I pimp a 10 out of 10. You think that's what it is. Actually, it's not even it. The, th- the biggest thing that scares me about being lazy is that motherfuckers go crazy. That's a good rhyme, huh? <laughs> For real. I see dudes go fucking crazy. Like, and so, what, you know what's cool about hard work? It brings you back to reality again and again and again and again. Because when you take on projects and you have a purpose and you have passion about it, what happens is that you, you have these little lies and bullshits about how the world should be that you tell yourself and then it doesn't work out and you're confronted with reality. When you're actually trying to do shit, you're continually confronted with reality. You're out of this white ivory tower bullshit mind state and you're brought back to reality. I'm gonna give you guys an example from Tuesday night. So here's, an, here's a simple example, okay? But th- this is actually a really, to you guys probably won't sound like a big deal. To me, this is like a really big deal. Okay, so we're, we're doing the first night of program at the Delano, it was on Tuesday. Love the Delano. How much you guys love the Delano? Awesome. That's it? You guys don't love the Delano? I love the Delano. No? I love the Delano. Okay, I, I love the fucking Delano. Del- Delano is on Collins. Okay? So sick. Love Delano. Okay. Tuesday at Delano. For the longest time, how good was that shit? Do you guys even go out? Okay? No, it's closed now. But before it closed, how good was it? Fucking sick. Love Tuesday fucking Delano. So we're doing the boot camp there. So we get in a group of guys. We go there you know, we uh, go to eat early. Now, I'm seeing hot women coming in, but I can also see that the Florida room is closed. The Florida room is the club within the Delano. And I'm kind of starting to realize that, yes, even though for two years I've been doing programs here on the Tuesday, and, I, and it's always like my big favorite thing that I'm excited about on Tuesdays to do program at the Delano, I'm kind of realizing, oh shit, Delano's probably not gonna pop off. But I'm eating my meal, right? And I'm enjoying my meal, and, and the students are enjoying their meal. So I'm kind of like, no, it'll fill, it'll fill. I mean, because I've got all these memories of how good the Delano was. It was so cool. It was so good. It was like the best Tuesday. It was so good. So, so like, like, I want to just keep eating, right? And I'm seeing hot girls coming in, 
But it's not enough. It's not enough to sustain a whole night of program. Now, you guys know in Miami, you gotta get in early. Or, because if you don't get in early, you're kinda fucked. So, I'm sitting there eating and I'm going, shit, is this gonna pop off or not? And I'm like, no, it'll pop off, and I stay. But later I realize it's not gonna pop off. But here's what's fucking crazy, I knew. I knew. I knew. I'm 32 years old. I've been teaching boot camps 11 fucking years. I knew. But why didn't I go? Because I just didn't want to fucking do it. I just, I couldn't admit it. I just wanted reality to stay the same. I wanted reality to look how it used to look. Like the fun nights of Delano. I, that's what I wanted. So I start shooting over next door and like looking at the other clubs. I'm going, you know, I start running. You guys on program saw me do this. I start running over the other clubs. I'm like, I think these are better. Oh, fuck. Right, I'm trying to decide what to do. So finally, we ran the program on Tuesday, and we had a great night. I mean, we ran from club to club to club, uh, just sort of like hitting up girls here, hitting up girls there. It was actually really fun. Taught some pretty cool lessons about uh, how to work environments that are not packed. But I didn't get, you know, we could have got into Wall, because Wall is good on Tuesdays. Yeah, and it was too fucking late, right? So isn't that funny, right? It's funny how that works. Well, again, that's because it brings you back to reality. Little things like that in, it happen to me all the time. Because I'm always taking on projects and shit, little things like that are constantly happening to me. These little fuck-ups. And so, you guys know how like an old person, they're, they're, they're typically very stuck in their head. They're like, I just like it when it was like this. It was like this. I liked it like this. Right? That's kind of like where I was. Like, I liked the Tuesday Delano. It was really cool, you know, and my brain couldn't accept it. So what happens though is then you get negative emotions. You get these little negative emotional anchors. You're like, shit, that's not, that's not how reality is. So when you, when you take action, you're forced to see how reality is. I, I'm not, it's very hard for me to tell rationalizations and lies to myself. Why do you guys think it's hard for me to, to tell rationalizations and lies to myself relative to most people? What happens to me when I do it? What happened in the case of Delno? Negative, negative emotions, right? You're like, uh, like this. So you can't go all further and further into your head. So you, so like a lazy person has the ability. They're given the luxury of creating lies upon lies upon lies upon lies in their head, and then they lose their way. Whereas a person who's not lazy is continually being brought back to reality again and again. And by being continually brought back to reality again and again, they're more clear thinking. They're clear thinking individuals. They're humbled by reality. So what's interesting, what I've noticed in people that are really successful is there's people that get it fast and there's people that get it slow. People that get success fast typically are very arrogant about it and they think that they could repeat that success again and again. People who gain success slowly are very confident. Like, do you guys feel like I'm pretty confident in my ability to gain success? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like massively confident. Like confidence is the point some people would think it's arrogance. It's not. My confidence in my ability to gain success is based on years of hustle and just watching myself slowly improve. But guys that are really successful that had to work for it, they, ha they also have a humble appreciation for the challenge of getting success. There's a humble appreciation there where you're like, you know what? Success is hard, man. And I'm 100% confident that I could get it, but it ain't no joke. It's no fucking joke. And especially these days, when you see these people that got success easily overnight, you want to think that you're going to be like that. I think a reality TV show really damaged a lot of people like that because they think that diva behavior gets them success. Because your unconscious mind is seeing a show like Jersey Shore or something, and you're, I've actually never seen it, but I've seen ads for it. Um, 
where you're seeing people acting up and acting in immature, unfocused ways, and they're getting success for that. So in your mind, you're like, I could be like that. I could be like that. Like, no, you can't, dude. You're not gonna be like that. It's just not gonna happen. And you think those people are gonna probably, keep, you think most of them are probably gonna keep their money when it's gone? I mean, maybe. I don't wanna make judgments, but usually they don't, right? This is why child movie actors are perpetually on drugs and shit. Funny how that works. So, people who gain success slowly, they do it the right way. There's the right way and the wrong way. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean it has to be slow, like, like, oh no, I'm getting success too fast, I need to slow this down. I'm not saying that. You should, all, you should always feel entitled to whatever success that you're getting and take it on board and enjoy it, you know? Uh, not turn it away or have a limiting belief about it. But rather, um, realizing that there's a right way to do things and a wrong way. Like, take a diet. I lost 70 pounds over about a year and a half. There's a right way to do it and a wrong way. I lost about a pound a week over around a year and a half, sometimes two pounds a week. To most people, that wouldn't be very successful. If you, if you wrote a book and you put it in bookstores called The One Pound a Week Diet Solution, would that sell? People don't want to hear that shit. They're like, fuck that. My buddy Seth, he was, he was going to be coming to South, this was uh, uh, six months ago, he was going to be coming to South Beach over the summer, and he wanted to lose weight. So he just piles on the Atkinsall diet. You guys know the Atkinsall diet? That's where you just eat like any like sloppy piece of protein or fat that you want, like, you know, like a McDonald's uh, patty with like processed cheese or something, and, but as long as there's no like carbs in it, and you just drop weight. He's like, dude, I want to drop like 12 pounds before South Beach. He dropped a little bit of weight by cutting, out, by cutting water down quickly, but then as soon as he left South Beach, he gained all back plus more. Very typical. People that want to get the easy money, like gambling and things like that, again, they're, they're going about it the wrong way. So I believe in, again, it's like gradual progress. Well, how does that relate with uh, success with women? Success with women, where does it come from? I'll tell you how I did it. It took me around two years, and I never complained. You never heard me saying, I don't like it, it's taking too long. I was never negative about it. I don't think a single time, to be honest, was I ever negative about it. I took my time. I just said, I know it's going to take time. And I was always excited with whatever progress I had. If a girl talked to me that I was prettier than a girl that had never talked to me, I wasn't mad that I didn't fuck her, like you see a lot of guys in the pickup community, bitching about it and moaning. I was excited that she talked to me. I was never hard on myself. I was always happy. It's the same thing with RC Nation. Like, I remember when we first had RC Nation, we used to get around 2,000 to 3,000 views per article. Now I get usually around 15,000 or sometimes 20,000. It took me like two years of consistently posting on there to develop that audience. But it's real. You guys know what I mean by that? It's real. <laughs> you know? The way that I built RSD, we have ongoing live programs that take place. It's not like I just do some quick product launch and I'm like, get this DVD set before the gate closes. Do it now. You know, big influx of cash and then what's left? I built like real instructors. You guys just learned from Julian right now, right? You like him? How, much tra how, how long was he trained by me before he got to teach? Two years. Two years. You don't think we could have used his assistance teaching programs before that? Of course. Could have made more money by just hiring him on earlier. But we wait. Wait till you've, de you've developed something that's proper. Do it the proper way. Take your time. And the reason why is because I'm not in a rush to get anywhere. Do you want to know something? Getting more girls or more money or anything like that is not necessarily going to make you happy. You know what makes you happy? Finding something that you like to do and then having a good work, a good balance between hard work, friends and family, hobbies, time off, learning, and work. And when you're in your 20s and 30s, quite a lot of work.
because you're young. And then you can do bounce a little bit more out when you're older. And if you do that, I'll tell you what I've experienced. Uh, most guys I know that are really successful, I've been really blessed. I've gotten to meet some really, really successful people. Hung out with really successful people. They're typically really fucking switched on. They're typically a combination of really fucking confident and really humble. They get it that success is hard and fleeting once you have achieved it. They get it that success needs to be earned and re-earned every day. But isn't it funny that guys that want to learn pickup, they want to just learn a little game, get the one girl, and get out. Who here has ever felt like that when you first started? You just want to learn a little game, get in, and get out. Guys do that with work too. They just want to do a little work, get in, and get out. Think of the rich kids that you went to school with. Are they happy? Think of the rich kids. Who are the most likely kids to do way too much drugs? The rich kids. And paradoxically, they bitch about their own parents. You guys ever see little rich kids spending their parents' money on drugs while simultaneously complaining about their parents? What the fuck is that? Were you really? Look, you're fat. Yeah. <laughs> right? Just like my yeah. Was... Yeah, right? So, I mean, so... It's so beyond genetics. It's also, it's also choices you make, too. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I mean, I mean, I went through a phase of my life where I just made all the wrong choices. Any, anything like a choice between right and wrong, I made the wrong one. Yeah. And you, yeah, want, to, you want to know why it happens? Yeah. Here, here's why, okay? You ever, you ever look at homeless people and just like at a certain point in your life just wonder how that exists? Yeah. Well, some of it's mental illness. But here's, what, well, here's another element of it, okay? Have you ever noticed that there's some people that are just really fucking switched on and well put together? And there's other people that just aren't? You notice how there's certain people that if you just say, go get something done, it'll get done? And there's other people where you just know that something will stop them from getting it done? And probably very real to them. You know? To them it's very real. I'm in between. Okay. Okay. So, take Julian, okay? He's been trained by me for fucking two years on work ethic. Nick came to him and said, I'd like you to do the European hot seat events instead of me. Julian says, okay. I'd love to do the European hot seat events. That sounds like a great opportunity. You know what? Not only am I going to do the European hot seat events, I'm going to spend the next month recording a hot seat. My own hot seat. And... I'm gonna, even though the fastest that anyone has ever finished a hot seat was me in three months, I'm gonna learn from Owen's mistakes and I'm gonna do it in one month. We switching the battery there? Is it dead? Okay. So, it's not dead? Okay, sweet. Okay. So, he, he, he goes and does that. And then he says, I'm not only gonna record a hot seat in a month, but I'm also gonna teach a free day. For no reason other than to just teach it. He's not even get paid. Just teach you free day. Do you, you got, some of you guys are at the hot seat, right? Yeah. Okay, some of you guys are. Notice how it's two days? Yeah. Why? Just because Julian took it upon himself. I'm going to go teach a free day. Now, how would that compare to, say, the girl that gets the free dinner? On one, on one end of the spectrum, you have the girl, the hot chick, that's going to get the free dinner from the guy who thinks he's going to fuck her. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have a guy who runs around like a maniac for a month... Collect, creating a program that's almost impossible to create in a month and then teaches it for free, for no pay. Let's look at the two ends of the spectrum here. Now, when Julian recorded that, he would have situations that happened to him, like, for example, he's outside of a Hollywood club and he's got Dave filming him. 
and the bouncer is not going to let him in. And he knows that, he, that that's the one club that's open tonight, and he needs to get in there and fucking record. Now, what would most people say when a, when a big, scary Hollywood bouncer, same types of bouncers you guys have here in South Beach, won't let you in? They go, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. I went. I couldn't get in. What does Julian do? Goes around back. He goes, yeah, I mean, basically, he goes, we're getting in. We have to, we have, to have the hot seat. I, we're getting in. Dave's like, how? I can't, we can't. He's like, just, we are. How? I don't know yet. We'll figure it out. And then, for two seconds, the dude turns his back, and Julian, Julian's like, let's go! Dave's like, what the fuck? And they just jump through. <laughs> they just jump through the fucking thing. And then they, Julian goes in there, finger bangs some girl and pulls her to the bathroom, records it all, and then pulls another girl and records it all. Therefore, allowing him more progress to get his hot seat done on time. So that he can go teach it for free. Okay, cool. Again, opposite of the girl that gets the, the free dinner. If Julian persists with that type of behavior for 20 or 30 years, where will he be? Lord. Yeah, he'll be the motherfucking Lord. Like, I mean, is he going to get a free dinner? Maybe he'll get a free dinner. Maybe he can get plastic surgery. No, dude. It's called being a fucking executor. No excuses. There's no fucking excuse. Execute. Just do it. Do it, bitch. You don't think I get tired? You don't think I... Like, seriously. You know what I'm saying? I get fucking tired. I go tired. I don't give a fuck, son. I go on there on no sleep sometimes. Yay! Yay! Fucking yay! Yay! Students are like, are you okay, Tyler? I'm like... Of course, yay! Like that, in order to amp myself, go fucking produce a result. Student doesn't give a shit if I taught 99 good programs. He wants the good program. He doesn't want the one bad one. He doesn't care that I had an off weekend. He wants the shit he read about. He doesn't want the fucking off weekend. He wants the cool weekend that he read about. He doesn't fucking care. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't care about screaming kids at home. He wants what he wants. You can give it to him or not give it to him. There's not an excuse. It's 100% execution, straight up. It's, I have the same attitude when I go to nightclubs. That's why I'm successful. You know, the number one thing I think that makes me successful in, in pickup, it's not my skill in pickup. It's actually that I'm just, I just don't make excuses. I get out there, I'm like, here I am. I don't feel good today. Oh well, too bad for me, I guess. Too fucking bad. And then I'm just like, hi, hi, hi. And then a booby rums against me, I'm like, booby? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> right, and I start to wake up and pull. I've pulled on like an hour sleep before. I've pulled chicks home where I'm so tired, I'm like three days, like, like almost no sleep, I'm in the middle of a work project, but I'm still gonna maintain my 20 minutes a night. Go do some 20 minute pull. I've got the girl in my bed and like my eyes are in pain. I'm like lying beside her, I'm like, my eyes, my eyes, no. Like this, and like snot starts to run out and the girl's like, are you okay? I'm like, we can do this. Come on, buddy, buddy. Let's do this shit. Gotta get back to work. <laughs> Meanwhile, the guy's like, I just can't figure out how to get laid. I'm not good looking enough. I'm looking at this shit. I'm like, you're a fucking bitch. I'm like, look at me. I'm balding. I'm pale. I did that shit on three days, no sleep. What are you, you little bitch? But in my mind, I'm like, it's okay. I'm here to help you. I'm Tyler. <laughs> but in my mind, that's what I think. <laughs> mm. I think we'll need that too, that, that process of not executing and mm -hmm. just need to learn to appreciate that. Yes. I know that's the biggest thing for me. Yeah. It's like loving 
the painful side of this. That's, yeah. That's, that's pretty fucking insightful for a 16-year-old. That's kind of weird. <laughs> that's really cool. That's amazing that you know that. Yeah, um, because that's the thing is that, is that by walking the journey, you, you keep falling off and then you come back and then you fall off and you come back and you fall off and you come back. So you're brought, again, having that purpose, it brings you back to reality. This is why I like going out seven nights a week. And this is why I like going out in difficult venues. I like going to difficult venues seven nights a week if I can, even if it's just for 20 minutes. Because if I'm getting sloppy, it re-reminds me. I go, oh yeah, I'm getting fucking sloppy. And then it, and then it tightens you up. Quick question, yeah? Loud though. Yeah, you talked mm. about state transfer. Mm-hmm. And Let's keep on topic. Authentic. Okay. Authenticity. Yeah. yeah. So if you're feeling blase yeah. uh, and you continue to open, like yeah. you're talking about, is there a way while you're feeling blase to get, uh, let's say you're not in a nightclub, you're in daytime yeah. or something, is there a way for you to use that blaseness and the authenticity behind it to transfer a state that's acceptable yeah. instead of transferring blase? Yeah, because, what, because when you're that, I mean, first of all, that's a, that's a weird thing for me because I balance a family, keeping my skill set sharp, and running a company, and teaching. So if I'm going to go out and I'm going to teach, or I'm going to go out and manage my, and keep my skill set sharp, and I'm under those pressures, then, uh, which ideally I've managed my life such as that I don't have to do that. Okay, that's the ideal. But in the cases where I have fallen off and then I have not managed my life to that point, then I'm going to have to do that. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to accept that I'm in a fucking weird ass zone, and just get blown out a lot, a lot, okay? Maybe for several hours if I've just made that decision to. Now again, sometimes you just go, this guy's in the game 11 fucking years, get blown out for seven hours, what the fuck is this? He must be doing something wrong. No, dude, it's called, when you're that fucked up, you've got cortisol running through your body, you're like, like this, and you're like, I'm gonna try to fuck a girl while I'm like this, let's see if it can be done, okay? So, uh, you know, and then you go up and you're, and you're just like, hey, what's up, cool. Okay, it was so cool. Okay, what's going to happen is that some girls are going to give you indicators of interest. There's always some girls can be attracted to you, no matter what, because she, because someone in there is going to be nice, somebody. So she's going to give you a bit of attraction, and then your brain goes, "You could fuck her." Once your brain says you could fuck her, you wake up, hundred percent of the time. I never worry about doing like on that hot seat day when I'm usually go to bed at seven after debrief, wake up at ten a.m., go do hot seat all day. I'm in hot seat from ten a.m. until eleven p.m. I never worry I'm on three hours sleep and still gonna pimp because I know that once my brain thinks I'm gonna have sex with somebody, I'm gonna be wide awake. It's like a caffeine jolt. Your brain will always wake up for sex. Your brain's like your brain's like reproduce with new girl, genetic diversity, spread the seed now. <laughs> And it will wake up. Yeah. So, okay, so going back to it again. So when you look at it, the way that I think about the, the variation in life is I think of it like some people, uh, I, I think of it a lot like in like geological terms. So uh, you know how there's like some rocks that are like really hard and then there's some rocks that are soft and can be destroyed easily? Like little gravels that you can break apart. Um, so a lot of that comes from pressure. So something like a diamond, for example, has had a lot of pressure put on it. And so it's, it's hard because it's had pressure put on it. And other, other situations, like a, a little chunk of a sand dollar has had no pressure put on it. So when I see those girls that are in that lifestyle where they're getting high, they're getting the free dinners and shit, or I see dudes that are fucking lazy, in my mind, I don't judge it as bad or good necessarily. Rather, what I'm judging it as, I, I mean, there's obviously a side of me, I'm only human, that's going to judge it as bad or good relative to what I'm looking to do. But I, actually, I can, I can be introspective and pull myself off of it and say, look, that person probably 
didn't have influences that I was lucky to have, very lucky to have. That person also may have not had bad experiences that I was lucky to have. So it's kind of like, you know when you're walking through nature, say that you see a really hard stone and then you see like a really soft stone. Do you like hate the soft stone and like the hard stone? Or do you just accept this natural variation? It's just natural variation. Well, that's basically what humans are. Humans have, they just have natural variation in what they've been put through uh, and as far as what they're able, as what they're capable of. So if you, on one end of the spectrum, you would have like say a newbie who has massive approach anxiety. Now if you really stop and think about that, if you stop and think about what a newbie is who's going to go out to a venue to go talk to people and he's terrified to go talk to people and when they reject him he gets super upset or maybe even a newbie who's so, who's so in a hard case that not only is he scared to talk to people, gets upset when they reject him, but even feels the need to take that toxic energy and vent it online. Think about that. Right? Like, not only was I scared and did I hate it when they were mean, but I'm going to vent it out for others to hear, just so they know. Just so they know. <laughs> That's pretty fucked up. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up, right? And yet, well, where's that coming from? Because mentally and emotionally, they're like the loose sand. They're just like, you know, like, do you like me? Will you have sex with me? No. That's my imitation of a guy that does that. So, you know, uh, this cannot work. Lies, lies, lies. So what's up? And it's like a toxic. I and mean, actually, when you read their shit, you can even feel the toxic off it. You're like, it's like you want to vomit. So, okay. So what's going on there? It's like they haven't, been, they haven't been built up to it, right? They haven't been, they can't take it. So when you stop and think about weightlifting, what is weightlifting? You have a little muscle that isn't strong, and then, you know, you go lift some weights. So like, for example, I, I like to lift weights. So not a big, huge guy or anything, because I travel, so I don't want to maintain that lifestyle to say big, but I like to say fit. So I could take like uh, 50 pound dumbbells, no problem, go like this and lift it like that, because I have enough strength in my arms to do that. Cool. Well, when I first started, I could probably do like 15s. It was like really lame. Well, what happened? Well, I continually put my arm under pressure, it ripped the muscle down, and then my body said, you better grow back bigger and create the, the mind-muscle connection to lift the additional weight. Well, this is what we do in pickup or in any form of success. There's only so much that someone can take. If I take someone who's not adjusted to my day-to-day lifestyle and I put them in it, they're going to break. They're going to literally break. No amount of willpower is going to push them through it. They will break. Because that shit has been built up over time. So in the same way, if someone were to, if someone were to take a 100-pound dumbbell and put it on me, I'm just going to break. I'm going to fucking break. My, my, my fucking motherfucking forearm probably snap in half. You know, or break out, pull out a ligament or something. It's just not going to happen. So you work your way up to it. The newbie that wants to get laid the easy way, he wants the rewards of the dude that went out and did it the proper way. But he doesn't want to have to do it the motherfucking proper way. He wants to do it the easy way. He wants to know the secret trick to get it. Now, this is really a fascinating thing, too, because actually in the pickup industry, a lot of the ads that you see on uh, porn sites and shit like that, they really feed into this. And these guys are friends of mine. Like, I'm actually friends with most other uh, pickup companies. So, you know, I see the ads that they do, and these guys are friends of mine, and they have to test it out. They, they have to test which ads are going to work and which ones won't. Now, some guy that, that if they want to bring in new uh, leads into the funnel from a porn site, so you got a guy that's fucking whacking it, 
and uh, you, you're like, say that you put this speech. Now you do internet marketing, right? If I had a speech like this as like a lead source from a porn site, like you can put yourself through the fire, sir. Yeah, then people would be like, and back to our regular programming. <laughs> so, so you know, on, on those sites, they'll put things like, are you sick of rejection? Are you sick of feeling afraid? You'll never have to be rejected or feel afraid again. Hey, do you have a neighbor that you would like to have sex with? Well, if you'd like to have sex with your neighbor without feeling any fear or any rejection, check this shit out, motherfucker. <laughs> you can just be a little slug and crawl over to your neighbor and fucking fuck her like you know I just fuck your little neighbor and then get back back in time not to miss the next video that popped up in the little video thing <laughs> guys are like this sounds fucking sweet they fucking buy it why is it not necessarily a bad thing well in the same way have you guys ever heard of acai barrier resveratrol okay so have you ever marketed that did you make tens of thousands of dollars yes you did you're one of those guys okay so <laughs> okay so why is acai berry, for example, very popular with uh, multi-level marketers or uh, it, little internet funnels? Acai berry is about as healthy as, say, a blueberry. But see, you've heard of a blueberry. <laughs> acai, on the other hand, that shit comes from Brazil. And that's the secret of beauty in Brazil. That's why all those Brazilian people are beautiful. Of course, you're too lazy to ever go to Brazil, but so you've heard. So, uh, so you're like, the secret, the secret thing that's going to make me beautiful, acai berry. Yeah, right? So they sign up for that. Or like resveratrol. I actually take resveratrol. But the thing is, I'm not thinking that if I just take fucking resveratrol that like, I'm going to be young. I can eat fucking McDonald's. I'm protected by the resveratrol. So they'll put that on there and they're like, instant youth, instant easy shit, blah, 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 like that. And, and you know, and, and people will click on it. Now, why am I not against that? Let me tell you why. Because I was one of those guys that got suckered in by the acai berry. I went to this fucking health food place and they had these acai bowls. And they're like, try this out, it's loaded with antioxidants. So I tried this shit out, it tasted so good. And I was like, I'm eating healthy now, I'm eating an acai bowl. I'm healthy, it tastes amazing. Well, of course, how much sugar does an acai bowl have in it? It's probably like 70 grams of sugar or something between all the stuff they put in it, right? But you think that you're eating healthy because you're like, it's acai, at least it's not Haagen-Dazs. What was funny was the pride that I got actually from eating the acai berry actually led me to look into nutrition. So it's kind of cool, right? So in the same way, when I first found the pickup community and I would reach it like, learn how to get your neighbor. And I was like, I'm going to fuck little Jenny. You know, I would fucking read that shit. I, got a, it didn't, I didn't get to fuck little Jenny, just like I didn't lose any weight on the acai bowl. But at least it, at least it got me, uh, th you know, at least I got an IOI from Jenny, an indicator of interest from Jenny of some type, even though I never fuck her. And then, uh, I actually, it kind of baited me to like look at more. Well, what happened to me then was I saw that by breaking myself down and putting myself into more difficult situations, I could make progress. And once I saw that little bit of progress that I was making, I could see the longer term reality of that and I became addicted to it. And it became highly addictive of what could be accomplished. It's really cool. And what's really cool is that when you actually see what you can accomplish with long-term progress, if you can just be fucking patient, it's fucking exciting. You realize you can accomplish damn near anything. Damn near fucking anything you want. If you're just patient and you put the fucking time in for it. A lot of people have sacrificed to create a world where that could be the case. So, um, 
again, uh, the, the way that I think about it is that some people are just soft. Some people are just soft fucking pussies. They, they, they just are. Their, their emotions are all over the place. Their thoughts go like this. They're easily manipulated by advertising media, politicians, because their brains just don't work. They've, they've never had to focus. And it doesn't mean it's a genetic problem in their brain. But rather, it's no different than the person who has never worked out and has ingested a lot of bad food. Someone who has never challenged themselves and never ingested good information it's the same thing. That's the way that their brain is. So what I think is really cool is say, look, I'm like this fucking loose sand dollar now. I'm like this pathetic piece of shit. And uh, I hate it. And I'm, and I'm over it. I'm over being like that. So I'm going to start challenging myself. I'm going to start stepping up in life. And find something that you like. Find something that you like to step up in. And, and a great one is pickup. I mean, this is a really cool one. I got, I got to say, the game is one of the coolest ones I've ever encountered, which is one of the reasons I love it. But, you know, whatever it is is whatever it is. You know, I've met guys that have climbed... Uh, I met a guy that climbed uh, Everest. That guy is fucking cool. You know, I mean, it's just how it is. Whatever it is you want to do. But pickup is a really cool one. And, I mean, if you're looking for real social dynamics, probably you think pickup is cool, so you'll resonate with it. So you start focusing on it. And you keep learning from your mistakes. And then you keep ingesting good information. Because in the same way, if you're gonna go to the gym and you're gonna pound the fucking weights, and then you start ingesting like some bullshit food, you're like, ugh, and you can't take it and you, you can't handle it at the gym. Well, in the same way, when you're trying to progress in something, you're gonna wanna have good influences, you're gonna wanna be around good people, you're gonna wanna have good info going into your head so that when fucked up shit is happening, you're learning the lesson and, and you can step up. That, that's really what I did. Did you guys know I'm an avid reader? Anyone ever notice that? Why do you think I'm such an avid reader, just out of curiosity? I'm an avid reader because I keep getting fucked over in my endeavors. So when I get fucked over, I look for solutions. I'm motivated. And I soak up books like a sponge. I'm motivated as fuck because I'm getting fucked over all the time and screwing up and I'm, and I'm getting unfocused. So I keep looking at good shit. You want to know what's amazing when you read a good book? How does it make you feel when you read good shit after? You're nice and calm. You have like this state of mind. I feel fucking good. You know, on the other hand, when you look at some bullshit after, you just, you just saw your time waste. You feel like an idiot. I actually hadn't watched reality TV in many years. And uh, I went to Santa Cruz with my girlfriend. And uh, she went to bed really early. So I wound up watching five hours of reality TV. I watched like Daisy of Love, Rock of Love, and some other shit. I felt like I want to fucking kill myself after. I was like, ah, toxic. You know, like, I had to like, get it out. So you want to saturate yourself with good information. I think a lot of people, when they say that they love the, the RC Nation videos, it's because they've actually started to get addicted to uplifting shit, and they want more of it. So you want to you almost like re-addict yourself on uplifting shit that is coming from a, a better place of mental focus. When you see guys like, my looks, my looks hold me back, my looks, like that, that's because that person's brain is going like this, right? I have the same thoughts as those my looks matter guys. But what happens is that my brain has that thought and I go, wait a minute, look at all this counter evidence when looks didn't matter. Oh yeah. And then I calm the fuck down and then I go out, hook up with some gorgeous girl and I remember. But the guy, again, the guys that are unfocused, they can't do that. They're just like, Ugh, my looks, my looks. And then they can never get out there to do shit and then they're fucked. So what you want to do is you want to keep building yourself. Take greater and greater challenges. Don't try to be like me. Don't try to be like Jeff. Don't try to be like Julian. You can't right away because we did this for a number of years. You can't do the shit that we did right away. But you can build up to it over time. 
just keep on building up to it. And the thing is too is like stay humble. At my level now, I still think I'm a fucking clown in all sorts of areas. Areas where I'm fucking up, areas where I could be doing better. I'm not like, look at this fucking shit, I'm the perfect man. There's nothing like that going on. 100% stay a student of the game. Do you guys notice after 11 years, I'm still learning fucking pickup shit all the time? I'm still a student of the game after 11 years. I'm not like, oh, give me the solution, give me the solution. I'm still learning. I'm still going out of my ways to hang out and learn from guys that are good at pickup. I'm still going out of my ways to go learn from the greats of public speaking or writers or people that are inspired or motivated. So keep that humbleness. Now, if you take this approach, here's what I could tell you, okay? If you take to heart what I talked about here today, this is the shit that most people won't tell you. They don't want to tell you this. Okay? The reason they don't want to tell you this is because they're afraid it's either too intimidating or if it's a self-development company, it doesn't sound very appealing. Whatever the fuck it is, people don't want to say it. If you actually take what I said to heart here, okay, and you apply it, the things that you can create in your life will be amazing. I can promise you, anything you want to do, you could do it. But you got to be patient and you got to like the small victories. You can't be like one of these little pussies whose brain does it all over the place, un- to one folks like, I didn't get this right away, I want that shit right away, I want it, I want it, I want it, why don't I have it, I'm sad. Okay? You can't be fucking like that. You gotta actually, like, you, gotta, you gotta have like a realistic perspective. Build it up. And a lot of guys are like, well, I'm just too tired for that. It's just not appealing to me. I don't want to do this. Like, yeah, dude, you're gonna turn stupid, though. You're gonna turn fucking dumb. Because you may not like, you may not like pushing into your edge, but by the time you're like 45, you're gonna be one of those idiots you can't talk to. And they're gonna have gone off, off the edge. And believe me, once you go off like that, once you have gone, once you have, again, rationalization upon rationalization to rationalize the laziness, and you become addicted to that, you're gone. You're literally gone. Like there's people that I've worked with, again, to emphasize here, there's people that I've worked with, great workers, amazing. Once they're gone, I don't try to save them anymore. I try a couple times and then I realize they're gone now. They're never coming back. They will never come back. They're gone. You have to put the pressure on yourself. You have to put the evolutionary pressure on yourself. You guys know that one of the things that makes humans great is we've been through a lot of evolutionary pressure throughout history. Well, now that we've created a life where we cannot have evolutionary pressure, we have to put the evolutionary pressure on ourselves. We have to put that on ourselves. And when you do that, you may not have the little slug fucking relaxation shot all the time, but guess what? You can actually relax as much as you want. You want to go be successful? You want to take two weeks off? You can go take two weeks off. You want to take an evening off with your friends? You could take an evening off with your friends. But guess what? You'll actually appreciate it. Because see, when I take time off, I have a look on my face of a guy that earned it. And I'm like, yes, I'm nice and relaxed right now. This is really good. I really appreciate this. But you know those lazy dudes? They don't have that look. They have the look of an addict. It's an addict that has to stay like that and they can't give it up and they've got to keep lying to themselves and keep bullshitting themselves to stay in that emotional state of mind. I don't want anybody to be like that. You know? Because again, they're not coming from, they're not coming from reality. They're rationalizing, I just like to chill. It's a self-lie that they're creating to themselves that they have to perpetuate to stay in that emotion. Okay? Addiction is a powerful thing. I had a buddy who's a drug dealer. You know what he told me? He said, people will not only sell out their entire lives to sustain an addiction, they will even do it to maintain a behavior that no longer even gives them the positive emotions that it used to. He said that people will try drugs, get really high off it the first few times, and then it doesn't even work for them anymore. They can't even get high off it anymore. But because at one point it worked, they're just so addicted to that behavior in and of itself 
They just keep sustaining that behavior. They, they literally can't stop. They can't stop the behavior. Because just from the memory of getting high, and they just snort more and more coke up their nose or whatever, taking e-pills or something, just for the memory of getting high. You know what's kind of crazy, though? You know what's kind of fucking... This is kind of fucking scares me, and this is why I don't even look down on people. You guys ever been sick before, and you're just too tired to, to work or do anything, and your brain just isn't working? You ever had that feeling? People that have gone too far off the path are like that, basically, permanently. It's fucking crazy. Because I felt it before where I'm just sick, and I'm sitting there, and my brain just doesn't work, and I'm like, I'm just too tired to do the shit I gotta do. I'm just too fucking tired. I just can't handle this right now. Imagine a guy that's homeless who is in that state all the time, and then he can learn to just go panhandle off something, get a couple dollars, and then he can go take, get higher drunk and get rid of that bad feeling. But when they do that, they're even more in that sick feeling after that. Think about that. We can sit here and judge it. Could you pull yourself out of that? I don't think I could. It's a cycle. It's, literally, it's, it's, it's impossible to pull themselves out of. It's fucking crazy. So you can actually see that a downward spiral, it's a self-perpetuating fucking cycle that guys get in of patheticness. Right? It's super pathetic. They become fuck-ups, right? Uh, upward spiral, what's happening? Here's what's crazy about it. In an upward spiral, what happens is that you start to get a little more focused, and then you're like, you know what? There's certain things that help me to get what I want. Oh, shit. I want to do that. Right? So say that I, you know, I love to eat like La Sandwicherie. I go eat there a lot, right? I can get the salad with all the fucking veggies and shit and you know, some good meats and shit in there. Or I can get like the fucking uh, the, the white bread sandwich, right? Well, if in my mind, if I know that if I eat the white bread, I'm going to rob myself of a little bit of mental focus the next day. But if I skip the white bread, I'm going to have the extra focus the next day. Well, I have that pattern of success already going for me. And then I'm like, fuck yeah. If I, I, I might skip the white bread, but I'm going to have all this other success and fucking hot ass chicks fucking me and all this fucking awesomeness and glory. Yeah. I'm cool, I'm cool to skip the white bread. It's all good, right? And so what happens then, I start eating better, right? Now I start eating better. Then as I'm eating better, my brain works. Well, think of someone whose brain's not working. If you give them a choice between reading Nelson Mandela, The Long Walk to Freedom, or watch Daisy of Love, a person whose brain is too unfocused, they can't read that. They can't. They fucking can't. They can't. Tell them to read it. They'll read three pages. You know what they're going to say? They're going to go, I'm getting sleepy. You're like, dude, it's the middle of the day. How are you getting sleepy? They're like, I don't know. I need a nap. Or they're just like, this shit sucks. You're like, you're like, you realize this is one of the most amazing men that ever lived. Spent years writing his memoirs so you could get the knowledge from it. You don't want to read this? I'll read it later. Daisy of love. I want to see what happens to Daisy. She's kind of hot. And then they go jerk off to her or something. <laughs> it's kind of funny, huh? Human behavior. Fucking crazy. So the thing is, is that once that person, it's like a cycle, right? Because once your brain is, is not focused enough that it can't do the things it's supposed to do, it just goes down and down and down. But if your brain is actually focused enough, now suddenly you're reading good books. Well, what happens when you read good books to your brain, guys? You evolve. What's that? You evolve. You evolve, right? You become calm. You have a great, bigger picture perspective on things. You get knowledge. You see how great successes in the world handle different scenarios and shit like that. You see that bigger picture. You have a bigger vision. So now if I can, if I can read, that, read that book, that's really good. And then you stay calm. Now when your mom bitches at you, you're not like, Mom, fuck you, Mom. And then your mom's like, blah, 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 you know, like all this shit. And then it distracts you. You're just like, your mom bitches at you. You're like, oh, well, she's pissed off. Whatever, cool. 
you stay nice and calm, then you go eat good food, maybe you go work out, you go out, work on your pimp shit, work on your career, whatever it is, start, now you're a cooler person, well, what happens to your peer group when you're that kind of person? They don't accept off too. What's that? Well, your peer group may evolve too, but also, what kind of people are you more likely to be able to befriend now? Oh, better people. Better people. So now, when you're around people of higher standards, what happens? You don't even get attracted to the same amount of Yeah, anymore. different standards, and now you're around different types of people, and it becomes self-sustaining. So see, success is like the self-sustaining thing, and failure is like a self-sustaining thing, and it's very hard to pull out of it. So if I had advice for someone who's a fuck-up and a loser and a failure, I would say, dude, claw your way out like a motherfucker. That's how I did it. I was a complete fuck up. I clawed my way out. Clawed out. Like viciously clawed my way out. And someone who's a fuck up to get out of that pattern is gonna have to like be fully committed like to the death. And basically just be like, I'm a fucking fuck up. I try to read my three pages. Oh, I can't. Right? Like I wanna eat this Big Mac. No, no, give me the weed. The weed, no weed. And, and you know, and, and like, like, my friends are a loser. They argue with me, I wanna argue back. No, I'm going to the library. Like do that shit, right? And they literally have to claw their way out of it until like 1.1% of the time they can come out of it. And uh, it's funny though, isn't it amazing that the people that do this become successful? What do the fuck up say about the successful people? No. They're holding me back. They're fucking my shit, it's a conspiracy, government conspiracy, hold me back and shit, fucking motherfucking rich people, motherfucking rich, meh, 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 right? Like fucking get all conspiratorial and shit. Dude, I know, dude, I hang out with like half the fucking successful entrepreneurs in LA. Probably not totally true, but a lot of them, okay? I was on the board of EO, Entrepreneurs Organization. These guys are fucking humble, hard workers. They wish that everyone was successful. They're not holding anyone back. They're not holding back the dummy. The problem is the dummy, if you give him anything, he's going to lose it. Because you if you give a freebie to a dummy, what's he going to do? It's like a bucket of water, right? If the bucket of water's got leaks all through the bottom of it and you pour water in it, what's going to happen to the bucket of water? It's going to leak out. You keep fucking dumping shit in it and it's just going to keep leaking and leaking. <laughs> you know, people, but you should. You should. Don't you care? Well, what's dumping, a, what's dumping water in a leaky bucket going to do? Someone's got to plug the leak. Now, if you want to be real caring, you pour in a bit of water and then you, and you say, I'll pour in the water, but you got to plug one hole, okay? Okay, little buddy? You know, pour in a little water for you. You're going to plug a hole, okay? Okay, get out of the water. I'll give you the water, plug the hole. Here the water. Plug the hole. Okay. Then you pour in a bit of water, right? And they're like, eh. okay. And then can I have more water? Like, plug the next hole. They're like, no. Why are you treating me like this? I'm an adult. Look, just plug the fucking hole. <laughs> okay. That <laughs> yeah, right? It's like a fucking homeless person. You tell a homeless person, look, I'm not gonna get. You say they go, can I have a dollar? You go, look, I'll give you a choice. I'll give you the dollar, or I'll teach you how to make a million dollars. Okay. Look, I want to make the million. But for now, can I have the dollar? And then you could also teach me how to make the million? Yeah, don't work that way. Or like, guys like, I want to get Janice. I just love Janice. Look, maybe you should learn how to get women in general, and then you could also get Janice. Kind of like the guy with the dollar, right? If I teach you how to get a million dollars, you have all the dollars you need. You're not going to need the dollar anymore. Hey, get Janice. Can I get Janice? How about I teach you how to get women in general? Okay. Teach me how to get Janice, and I promise after I'll learn how to get women in general. <laughs> That's what guys that get like one-itis have, right? Like they want, 
You know, they want to get taught that shit. They don't want to do it the proper way because they're in pain. They just want your knees because their brain's like, like this, like, like that. Just give me this. Just give me this. Just give me this. So I'm, I'm very blessed. Okay, I was very blessed because I was just like that. I know exactly, like, I can talk, you know, I can talk this shit. I was that. So I can talk any shit I want. That's me. That's my, I'm white trash. Do you guys know that about me? I'm a white trash motherfucker. I come from all that shit. I used to get beaten as a kid and all that shit. All that fucking bullshit. I was around all sorts of shit. All sorts of shit growing up. I've fucking lived in fucking little banded buildings and shit and slept out in the fucking snow. All dumb shit. I've done all that stuff. All that. I've been starving for food, dumping out couches and shit, trying to get a little change out of it and stuff. So I'm cool to talk about it. And uh, I love like vagrants come up to me. They're like, they're like, you, you. I'm like, dude, I was you. Get the fuck out of here. Get a job. You know, right? Like, I was that. I don't, tr- I don't talk to him quite like that. I'm just like, we need to work. But, uh, you know, yeah, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, so that's, a, so that's the thing. So it's like, there's, again, there's a right way to go about things and a wrong way to go about things. If you want to learn to be good with women, start going out regularly and put your time in. And when it doesn't go good and you didn't make any girls like you tonight, you just soak it up. You soak that shit. You go, okay, it's cool. Because I went out. That's cool. Like that. And when the girl fucks you, I really like her. I just wanted to work out. Go, dude, just suck it that shit up. Just suck it up. Let your brain, because again, it's, that shit is putting evolutionary pressure on you. It's putting pressure on you to tighten up. And when the bad things happen, by the way, you know the, you know the difference between a guy who's like on his path in life versus someone that's not? A guy who's on his path in life, when something bad happens, how does he interpret it? He says, everything happens for a reason. This taught me some fucking cool shit. Any bad thing that ever happened to me, I'm like, this taught me some cool shit. This is cool. Even in the pain, I'm like, oh, I'm in pain. I'm in pain. This is kind of cool. It taught me some cool shit. Guys that don't have a larger purpose, when they get in pain, what's their interpretation of the pain? Sucks. I'm a victim. I've been victimized. Nye, nye, nye. That thing victimized me. I've been victimized. Victimized me. I want to complain. I'm a complain. What's the complain going to do, homie? I speak the truth. <laughs> I speak the truth. Okay, so what? What's it going to do? I'm just saying the truth. Like, dude, what, are, what the fuck are you saying, dude? You, every second out of your mouth of this shit is, lo- is a loss of your life. This is the peak of your life. What, what are you talking about this shit for? You don't need to blame anything for anybody. Dude, if I get robbed, you know what I say to myself? I go, oh, I guess I shouldn't have put myself in a position to get robbed. If I get fucked over, I go, oh, I guess I shouldn't have put myself in a position to get fucked over. Sometimes I even get fucked over in very unfair ways. And then you know what I say to myself? I say, oh, well, a lot of my situation is good. And maybe I wouldn't have the situation if these other fucked up things weren't happening. And I'm trying to remove those fucked up things out of my life. But in the meantime, they're there. And that's part of the life I'm in. So I accept it. I work my way out. Full self-responsibility. And certain th- and dude, I do get sometimes victimized. I, like, I actually do. But again, I'm not like, victimize me. Okay, I'm just, like, I'm just like, well, sometimes in life, life isn't fair. Sometimes my situation is not totally fair. And if I keep working on improving my situation, I'll have less of that in the future. But then again, my kid could get killed in a car accident. And then all that little fucking victimize me won't mean shit anyway. So life is going to have an inherent level of pain and unfairness in it. You try to minimize it for what you can. The rest you accept. <laughs> Part of life is like, you know, improving your, your execution, competence, and ability to control your situation. Another part of it is just learning to accept that it's going to be fucked up either way. Life's going to be fucked up either way. I mean, you can do all the shit I'm saying. You're still going to die. 
you know, you're still dead, right? So, you know, go ahead, little motivated man. I'm still going to be, you know, I'll still be the same as everyone else. But uh, you do it to do it. You know, you do the shit to do it. You do it to be a man. You do it because you are here. You do it because you were born into this reality. And you can ignore this reality if you want to, but this is where you are. So do it. And for people that are into the spiritual side of it, I would say that, if, that this type of shit makes you very present. This type of shit brings... I would say that people that are passive, not aggressive as, as young men, are not present to the moment. I'd say that they're in a lot of delusion. They lie to themselves to sustain that state. And I think that um, you know, if you combine things like meditation and learning to let go of certain things while paradoxically learning to bring your intent into the world, yeah, it's a very powerful spiritual component to it. Uh, really humbles you. Really fucking humbles you. It's a powerful thing. And ultimately, it gives you the contentness, um, aside from the fact that you, know, you can have a rapper lifestyle, you know, hot women. I mean, literally before coming here, I had sex with a 10. Only a couple hours ago. My nuts are empty, dude. And it was like a porn. <laughs> Full on, dude. Like, this, like to, to drive the point home, to, to, bait, to give you guys a little bait, uh, I just, you know, busted into this. Okay? That's where my semen is now. It's in a condom, but it thinks it's there. Okay? So, you know, that's cool. Great, right? But, uh, you know, and uh, I could do whatever the fuck I want at this point. I can, tr I can hang out with whoever I want and do whatever the fuck I want. That's cool. But is that really what, what, what's my deepest happiness? No, definitely not. I like it. Like, oh, mm, cool. But then it's done. That's, the, that, that's not like, that's, that's, that's a, a fleeting thing. That's no different than when I'm all tired and fucking blah, sick. Then that goes away too. The real happiness is who you become as a person. All right? It's who you become as a person. It's the values that you embody and the pride that comes from that and the rational ability to think and have a clear state of mind and to experience real happiness, not delusional happiness of sustaining an addiction. You see the difference? Okay. So I would encourage you guys to step up. Can you guys probably tell I'm pretty passionate about this? A little bit, yeah. Okay. And can you also tell that when I see people fucking up, it makes me sad? You know what I'm saying? It really does. And that I've been that guy and I know what they're going through. So I try, so when I talk harshly, I'm trying to, you know, show, you know, sh show where a barrier is. I want you to think of it like there's a light at the end of the tunnel and to be successful, you have to have a more focused set of behaviors, walk a narrower road than most people. If you do that, you can have a lot of fun and you can experience real happiness, not some fucking bullshit. It's the real happiness that comes from something that's legit. Return to the camera, he wants to shoot a little bit of his seminar portion. In we go. <laughs> That'll be the, the poster that's gonna be like, Julian <laughs> Yeah, opening. I study success and failure pretty much equally, actually. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of studying failure. Um, so why do you want to study both success and failure? It's kind of it's fascinating. Well, 
The reason why you study success, that's usually the first thing that you want to study, right? Because when you're coming from somewhere down low, you probably had enough study of failure at that point. Your parents, your friends, your peers, everyone in your community, probably failure. You know, so like you don't really need like, let's study failure. You know, you say you're 22 and you're coming from like, you know, uh, as they would call it in the Game of Thrones, you are lowborn. Anybody here watch the Game of Thrones? You're a lowborn plebeian, right? So the last thing that like I wanted to do growing up was like let's study failure more, right? I know I I know what like a man who grows up into a career that he doesn't like and has inner demons and then decides to beat his child looks like. I get that one, okay? So you know I've been exposed to enough of that. I know what like a weed dealer looks like who goes to jail. I, I know what all that looks like. That's what I grew up around, okay? I know what domestic, you know, domestic abuse, anger, what Eckhart Tolle would call a pain body, uh, mediocrity, people not living their dreams, people angry, people sitting around smoking weed and drinking all day, not like as a party or for fun, but because they're trying to drown out their inner voices telling them to succeed because they hate life and all that kind of shit. I, I get all that. I, I have many decades of like seeing that shit and I, that could have been me. So that's totally fine. Um, so first you want to study success because when you study success, you're seeing examples of people who are like you who rose up. So you say, oh cool, like maybe I could do that. And then what's kind of cool about studying success, um, and, and I emphasize this a lot actually, I, I talk about this almost all the time because this is like a big breakthrough for me and uh, I really, really emphasize this, but um, most people who are lowborn, as they call in Game of Thrones, they think that the people at the top want them to be down low. They're completely convinced of this. They're like, the, the business is doing this because they don't, you know, they don't really want anyone to be healed or they don't want anybody to learn or you know, the government doesn't want people to start their own businesses because then they couldn't be controlled and like shit like this. And this is like a very common thing in the unthinking masses that they think that like the higher up people are trying to like control them proactively, like proactively manipulate and control them. And yes, there is a degree of that going on. I get that. But I can tell you like since I became quote unquote successful, um, I've had the opportunity to hang out with a lot of successful people. I've met, frankly, in Los Angeles, the majority of the fucking successful people there probably at this point, just through different business networks I've been involved in. Probably not the majority of successful people, but you know what I'm saying, like shit tons of business owners and all that type of stuff. Most of them feel very, very bad about poverty. And here's, and I emphasize this all the time, most of them, if you told them, you can alleviate poverty, even 2% in the city, if you just gave away everything you owned, would say yes. But why is it that most business owners would do that? Why do you think? There's a reason that the low down people don't understand. Why is the reason? Because they know how to do it again. That's like me if you said, you've got a girl with you. Would you give up the girl who you're gonna take home tonight so that all you guys could get laid tonight? Why would I say yes? Why would I say no? Fuck all of you, okay? Why would I, okay? Why, why would I say, why theoretically would I say yes to that? Because I know the six steps to pick up and I would just, I'd say, here you go. And then all you guys would get laid. And then whatever was left, I would just fucking go. And then I would just do my little thing again of the same way that I got the first one. And I would do it again. So, but see, people who are low down, they don't understand. Like they don't, not, I mean, massive sweeping generalization here. But it can be common that they don't understand that success is replicable and achievable. So they think that success is either through luck uh, connections or cheating the system. So it's like, how many heads did you step on to get to the top? And um, they, they, and typically also people that are low down uh, fail to understand what passion is. That's another really big thing. Like they see somebody who's like, like they look at like say like someone like Kobe Bryant, and they're like, why the fuck does like 
Kobe just keep working on his basketball skills after all this time? It's like, how many more hundreds of millions of dollars does Kobe Ryan need, right? It's like, he's just another selfish prick that needs another hundred mil to lord it over me and make me feel bad. It's like, no, dude, Kobe's doing that because he thinks it's amazing. He's playing basketball because no amount of money can, can beat the flow state that he's going to have when he's fucking dunking on Kevin Garnett and like flies over this fucking monster Garnett and actually succeeds. I mean, maybe Garnett's going to do it back to him too. But you know what I'm saying? Nothing can beat that. There's, nothing can beat the flow state. Like, like, could you guys imagine being in my position right now, like have crowds of people coming out to see you and hear you talk? Do you know how amazing this is? It's like the craziest fucking shit. No, there's no amount of money that can pay for this. You know what I'm saying? There's not a single thing that I can buy that would give me this much satisfaction as being able to do what I'm doing right now. But again, people low down, they can't understand that because they don't know what passion is and then they don't know what passion is. So if they see somebody working hard, it's like, he's just trying to step on heads. He's trying to step on my head. And that's the reality that they're in. And you can study this and I'd recommend you study it. Uh, You can read books like Tribal Leadership or Spiral Dynamics. And I have a lot of my own ideas about different paradigms I'm gonna put out soon. But uh, if you look at one like say Tribal Leadership, He'll talk about five stages of a tribe. Try to follow me here. It's pretty powerful shit. So I don't remember this exactly. This is paraphrase. I might get it wrong. But the gist of it was like the lowest level tribe would, be, would have the beliefs of, he calls it level one, has the belief of my life sucks and the whole world sucks. So uh, I think the example he used in the book is like gang culture. So it's like the world fucking sucks. I'm just going to be in this fucking gang. People fucking suck. The world sucks. Everything fucking sucks. Then you have things like, say, a level two level tribe where it's like, my, like, the world is cool and there's these lucky people that have it good, but my life sucks. Um, so that would be someone who, say, works at, like, the DMV, where they're just like, yes, there's a lot of, like, people who have great lives that come in here, but my life fucking sucks. I work at the fucking DMV. How may I help you and suck my dick? It's like, you know, that's kind of like level two. So you see that in the pickup community where you can even see groups of people like that kind of tribe where it's like they believe, yeah, it's, like, it's like there's some people in the pickup community that believe nobody gets laid. Like they, they literally just like, they look at a video of mine like that can't happen. Like that must be an actress because nobody can be getting laid. Like there's nobody on the earth that can be getting laid because I'm not getting laid. So therefore nobody on the earth can be fucking getting laid, right? Like make, thinking that sex is like the most impossible thing. It could just never happen. Um, so that's, you know, they can't believe what they're seeing. But then there's people that are like, no, no, I can believe that some people are getting laid, but it's the very tall, good-looking ones only. And if you are not six foot four with a chisel-cut jaw, no girl will have sex with you. And I've even seen, like, to the point where people are like, even the ugly girls these days just wait around for the six foot four guy with the chisel jaw. So nobody is having sex except for them. And, like, literally, like, they literally can't believe that, like, unless you have a chisel jaw and, like, six foot four and jack, no girl is having sex with you because even the ugly girls just wait for that guy. And um, they have that belief. It's like, my life sucks. I admitted that there's people getting laid, but it's not me or anybody like me. So again, my, my existence is offensive because I'm sitting here and I'm like, look, here's another video of me getting laid. It's like, you know, right? And it's like, here's another video. You know, right? and, it's, and it makes them furious because it's, 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 it's like taking this pie and just putting it in their face like, that's right, I am lording over you. While you sat at home going, ee, 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 ee. I, you know, I felt it too. I'm the lowborn guy too. But, you know, I was like, ee, ee. And I was like, maybe I'll just give it a shot. You know, and I went out and gave it a shot. And I was like, I didn't get laid, but I saw some attraction. And I didn't think that was possible. No, ee, ee, ee. And I'm like, no, let me try it again. You know, like, because I, I had to pull, I had, I, I relate to that mindset because I had to pull myself out of it. So then I just kept doing it. I started getting success. And then I realized, oh, cool. Um, well, let's look at level three tribe. That's called I'm awesome, but everybody else sucks. So have you guys ever seen like in a business where maybe you felt this way or people you know felt this way where they're like, yeah, my fucking whole team sucks and I'm the only good one in it. You guys ever seen that? You'll see that sometimes in pickup groups. Um, for example, you guys are starting the, are going to start a free group out here. 
One thing I'd recommend to you is don't get in this frame of, I'm awesome and my group sucks. Don't do that, because that means you're stuck in level three. Uh, basically, it's like you think that you're the lone person who's good. So you see that in some pickup companies where there's one guy in the company that thinks he's carrying the whole load. You guys might notice like in, my, in uh, RSD, I'm always pumping up everybody else. I'm always trying to put the shine on everybody else. I'm like, look at these guys, look at these guys. The team is, the team is a shit. And that's actually level four. It's like, it's like we are the shit. We're the shit. So say that in RSD, I was like, RSD's the shit, but every other fucking pickup company in the world sucks, but we're the shit. That's like level four. That's still pretty good. That's still pretty good. But what's even above that? Well, what he says in tribal leadership, he says it's like we are the shit and the world is the shit. So in other words, we're the shit. And if there's other, some other company out there, they're probably the shit too. We don't even care what they're doing. It's like we're not even looking at what they're doing. We're probably not even aware of what they're doing. You might check it out, and, uh, but you don't, you're not really focused on it. And instead, what, what are you focused on? What's possible. So that's what it comes down to. And what he says in that book is that's where like the most amazing inventions get created, or that's where like a basketball team wins multiple championships. For example, the uh, what was that Bulls team that was like a lot of people thought was like the best Chicago Bulls team ever? Yeah, it's like the, it was 90, 1996 Bulls. They won like 72 games or something like that. Something crazy like that, right? And it's not like and like they're not playing like if you remember the first season that uh, LeBron James went to the Heat, he's playing for anger, like fuck the media, I'm going to prove him wrong, and he couldn't win, right? But then when he just started to find the joy in the game itself, that's when he did well. Well, that's like a lot of guys in pickup, right? Like when you're trying to pick up girls to prove something, you're not going to do as well. But when you find joy in picking up girls, that's where you're going to kill it. So like from a business perspective, I always just want to be in a mode of like what's possible. Like literally just what's possible. So every time I create a new video, I'm trying to like, you know, if I have time, I mean my time can be limited. I can't, I can't always make them better, but I'm usually saying... How could I make this better? How could I make my next speech more interesting? How could I make it more crazy? How could I get deeper concepts? Uh, how could I evolve the content? With my hidden camera filming, um, I'm always like, how could I film it even crazier? Like you guys might have seen if you've been to my past events, videos of me pulling girls all the way back to the apartment. First time I ever did that, like you know, I'm like about to like pull this girl back in the apartment. I'm like, maybe we could film up the elevator. Interesting, right? And I'm like, oh god, that'll be so horrible. I'm like, we're doing it, you know, right? And I'm just like, come on in. And my cameraman's like, you know, like that, right? I'm like, come on, come on, right? And uh, I, was, I was like, Aaron, his name was Aaron, I was like, get in here. So he like came in, it's like super awkward, and I'm like sitting there in the elevator, this girl trying to kind of like block the cameraman like a little bit, right, as we're like going upstairs, and I was like shitting my pants. But then as soon as we did that once, we realized, you can, as long as you, you're not supposed to go in the apartment, you can't like go in the, in the apartment, that's, that's bad. But uh, you can do like, you can just do like the, uh, the uh, apartment like, like lobby area and stuff. So we started doing that, right? And we just built on it and built on it, built on it. Things like threesomes, you were talking about that before. Again, it's like the world, like I'm awesome, we're awesome, the world is awesome. So many of you guys are so stuck in like scarcity. If you actually get an attractive girl into you, the last thing that you're thinking is maybe she'll want to hook up with her friend too. You're not thinking that. You're just, how can I get her? How can I get her? Why not have sex with her and then say, her, I'm going to call her a play thing for you. And then call one of the other girls that you're sleeping with over, say things, same thing to her, and then you can introduce them to each other and never know what could happen. And believe me, you will think the world's an amazing place when that happens. <laughs> so that's like, you know, that's the shit. So it's like, it's, you know, it's like what's possible. I remember Jeff at one point, I mean, to me this is bizarre, but he was like, you know, he thought like you could only have, you could only be dating like five girls at a time. He actually started dating, I think it was 50 girls at the same time. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, but he was, like that's what he was doing, right? So, I mean, I, well, I mean, I don't think he was like, you know, seeing them super regularly, but there was about 50 different girls, like, you know, probably in the Excel spreadsheet or something. And, uh, you know, and he was, is that funny? I don't know. I mean, that's what he was doing, I think. So, and, and basically what it was was like he had them like scheduled in and he would like figure out ways to see all of them and like schedule them in and shit like that. And, uh, 
it's just like, why not? You know? So that's like, the, it's like, I'm awesome, we're awesome, the world is awesome. So that's like the whole idea to me of like studying success. And a really big thing that I did as well with studying success, and I, and I really want to emphasize this, was, was a couple things actually. One was realizing that successful people want you to be successful. Successful people don't like walking down the street and seeing people that are pissed off. You know what I'm saying? It's like when you go to a third world country, and I, I took special note to do this, when you go to a third world country and you see like poor people that are like looking really mad, uh, that's, you, you don't want them to be like that. You want them to be like you and to succeed. So most successful people realize towards the end of their career, especially once they're established, will just give away the fucking store. They will give you everything. Like they will show you whatever they know. I think RSD is like that. Like people are always like, are you really holding back the thing that really works? Dude, dude do, I, do I appear at this point if you follow myself like I'm holding something back? Like, yes, I'm holding something back. No, it's like, I want to give it away. I can't do like, you know, I can't give everything like say my whole hot seat event or a boot camp, but I give as much as I can uh, because I love it. Um, Likewise, so, okay, so the point of that is that you can study success from that. Like, you can look at most, like, most people that you see who are really successful, you can read their books, and they're going to talk about their challenges, what they went through. Some of them will try to make their book favorable just to sell their product more. That's absolutely true. But many of them will be viciously honest uh, with the struggles that they've been through, what they've had to learn, and you can learn from that. Particularly if you're pushing yourself, your selective focus, they call that RAS, Reticular Activation System, uh, your selective focus will be so clued into what they're talking about, it's almost like Neo in the Matrix. You're just taking those lessons, plugging in the back of your head, and, and getting the fucking lessons. So that's why I'm always reading. I'm always looking at successful people. So that was a huge, huge thing that I did. Um, another thing that I did, and this is very, very critical, I believe, that really, really helped me, and you guys are all actually doing it right now, so good for you, was um, dissipating what I call 150 icon consciousness in my head. And that's kind of like a, coin, uh, a term that I coined. I call that 150 person icon consciousness. Now try to follow me here. This is a really powerful concept. You've probably never heard this before. So different uh, evolutionary theorists, uh, theorists speculate about this. But basically what they say is that human beings were probably adjusted to being in a tribe of around 150 people. I don't know if that's really 300 or if it's 50 or whatever it is. It's called 150 just to make it simple. So people are adjusted to being in a tribe of about 150 people. What often happens is that after around 150 people, you start to forget the names, you forget the essential facts, you kind of can't keep track of more of it, you start to forget. Um, so that's sort of how our brains are adjusted. Now, what happens in mainstream consciousness is that celebrities actually get put into our brains as like a part of our tribe. So we start to believe in the collective consciousness that you have like, you know, um, like think of it like as if you're living in a village where you had like the local chef, the local blacksmith, the local dog keeper, the local mayor, like, you know, like all these different characters, right? But in our, in our mainstream 150 icon collective consciousness, we think that like the town chef is like Wolfgang Puck. Like, who's the chef? Wolfgang Puck. You know, like, doesn't matter he doesn't live in your city, you think that. Like, who is the dog guy? It's Caesar Milan. Like, who takes care of dogs? Caesar. You know, right? Caesar's up the street, right? And, uh, you, you know, it's like, um, you know, who's the, who's the basketball player? Like, back in the day, like, Kobe. Who's announced? Like, LeBron. LeBron's the basketball guy. Um, who's the pickup guy? Maybe me, or, you know, Mystery, or something like that. Show. Uh, that's like the pickup guy. So, it's funny, like, say that I were to go onto a TV show, as the pickup guy, if, it's, it's almost like when they're interviewing me, they're not, a mainstream show at that level of consciousness probably wouldn't be interviewing me to see like, what I know and to try to get like, all this knowledge that I spent over a decade accumulating. They're, they're, they don't care about that. 
basically the interview is like a shit test to see if I get to become the pickup guy. That's pretty much what it is. So it's like, so Owen, uh, you can just get any girl and sleep with her, right? And I'm like, no. You know, and they're like, but you're the pickup guy. You know, and it's like, no, I can't. Well, at least every night you go out, you could get laid, right? At least somebody would sleep with you. What's like your average? Like, is it like 80%? Like 80% of women you approach, you could have sex with? You, after all, you're the pickup guy. It's like, no, it's not close to 80%, right? And what's funny is like different pickup teachers are trying to establish themselves as the pickup guy because they figure it's good for business. So they're like, oh yeah, it's like uh, 80%. These are guys that probably don't even go out and they'll just say that because they, they, like, they look at me and they're like, if, you, if you're just like, what's Owen's like success rate from open to close? They're like, I don't know, like 90% or something. I'll just say 80 because that would sound realistic. No, that's not realistic. That's not realistic at all. But again, they're going you know, to think like that, right? Reality is, but again, I can't explain this on a TV show, is that when I go out, I'm talking to everybody. So what even is an approach at that point? What even counts as an approach? But see, again, somebody in lower consciousness, they're not imagining just a night of pure fun and joy, awesomeness and socializing. They're not, they can't imagine that because they've never done that maybe. So the way they imagine it is like, <laughs> here's the girl. Let's do this, you know, right? And it's like, hey, right? And then if it went bad, they're like, pick up artist batting average just went down by another couple percent. Okay, let's deal with this shit, you know, right? And um, their ego just got broken apart, you know? Whereas for me, it's about the process. It's about the joy. It's about being the kind of guy who can get laid when you want to, uh, not the kind of guy that can just walk up to any girl manipulator. But again, you'd never see a movie about that. If they were going to make a movie about pickup teachers, what would it be like? Maybe like there's this one guy and he wants this one girl and he's just a little fat, mediocre little fat man and he wants the beautiful girl and without having to go to the gym, without having to become a man, without having to find his masculinity, without having to develop his humor, just staying the same little mediocre piece of shit that he is. He calls in Will fucking Smith. And Will Smith comes in and he's going to show you how to get it done. And he, you don't have to change. Just sit there, little fat man. You don't change at all. Will Smith's going to whisper in your ear. And then at the end, they're gonna, he's going to get the girl. Because what's the end of any mainstream consciousness movie with a little mediocre man that could never get a girl like that? He gets the fucking girl. And what's the message of the movie? That's right, little mediocre man. There is glory in your existence. You're not seeing it now with the shitty little existence you have, but keep watching this movie, keep being mediocre, and you're going to get the weird representation of Paris Hilton from Hitch. That'll be you. Okay? Okay? Just sit on the fucking hamster wheel. Don't be, don't be curious what is beyond the hamster wheel. Paris Hilton is coming. <laughs> okay? You know, that's, but that's mainstream level consciousness, right? It's like, it's like, the, it's like the restaurant Hooters, right? You're like, there's a fat, mediocre man, and then you go to Hooters, and like fucking hot-ass bitches with tits come up to you, and they're like, hey, welcome to Hooters. Want some wings and beer? Right, the shit that makes you, it just pumps you with more estrogen and fat and like ill health, cancer, and you're like, fuck yeah, Hooters, right? And it's like, yeah, fuck yeah, there's Hooters there, there's titties. 19-year-old girls with titties. We're fucking 45 and gross. We could never get a girl like that. But of course, the reality is, can a 45-year-old man score 19-year-old girls? Fuck yes, he can. That's probably the most likely time that he can because he's in his prime. But most guys will never even see their prime because they think this is the fucking reality <laughs> of the world. They will never see their prime. They don't even know what a prime is. They think a man's prime is like 23. 
Do you know what a 23-year-old man looks like to, some, uh, to a proper older guy who's in his prime? It looks like, a, like, like, like just some dumb little kid. Like, like looks like a Bobo doll that you would kick up the street. <laughs> like a 23-year-old kid? What is a 23-year-old child? It's like to somebody who's like 38 or 43 who has a lifetime of conquering goals, hustle, living on the edge, taking risks, pushing himself. Like a 23-year-old kid, that's the guy that fucks all the young hot girls? A 23-year-old kid is what a guy who's 42 thinks what gets young girls. What? Ah! Wake me up from this! Okay, so, no, that is not, that is not who, who is in their prime, okay? When I, I live in Los Angeles, I know plenty of guys that are in their prime, and the girls that these guys are dating, you would not believe it. But you know what's funny? They'll never admit it. Do you know what these guys will tell you? If, here's what they'll do. You'll see a 43-year-old guy who's dating a bunch of 22, 23-year-olds, probably some older girls too, just whatever he wants to date, and then, and then they'll be like, so are you ever gonna, are you ever gonna get a real relationship and settle down, right? That guy's not gonna be like, look, you're ridiculous. The fact that you think that that's real is pathetic. You hate your fucking, you, you hate your husband. You hate your, you two hate each other. You two don't have sex with each other. So don't judge me for being in my prime and enjoying life. You two don't sleep with each other. Shut up. He's not gonna say that. You know why? Because there's too many of them. There's too many people like that. So he's not gonna, he doesn't wanna incite the mob. So instead what he's gonna say is he's gonna say, no, I take marriage very seriously and I don't want to rush in because I value marriage. And they're like, really, you value it? And he's like, yes, yes, yes. Like that, right? And that's why if you ask Puff Daddy, like, like they said to Puff Daddy, like, like Puff, why are you married, Puff? And like, let's see, two answers Puff Daddy can give. One, because I'm Puff Daddy and every fucking chick that ever liked Biggie Smalls, I've had sex with. I've even had sex with your fucking wife. Okay, he could, he could say that. He's like, my house is a sexual carnival of abundance with women being shuttled in in between every appointment, just sitting there. There's women up against the wall like this that I just rotate through an obstacle course and that's, and that's why I'm not married, okay? Well, if he says that, people are like, what the fuck is this? Get him, get him. He can't be that happy, fuck you, right? They're not gonna, they're not gonna say that. So Puff's gonna say, I'm in it to win it. He's like, I'm in it. I mean, I saw this shit, dude. He's, 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 like, he's like, I take marriage very seriously. I'm in it to win it, baby. He's like, I don't rush into that shit. It's important. And they're like, oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? He's not gonna tell the truth. He can't tell the truth. That'd be like a Barack Obama. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're like Barack, like, you know, what's the reason that, like, like, what's the reason why, like, you know, the country's having a hard time right now? He's not gonna be like, dude, because you're fucking lazy. All you fuckers are lazy and you're entitled. You know, and I don't have like, dude, I'm a public servant. I'm the I'm, I'm the I'm like a higher level version of the school principal, you know, like the school principal. He worked as he's a public servant. I'm a harder working version of that. I'm a public. I, I'm a I'm a career public servant. I do the damn best I fucking can. I'm working my ass off for you fuckers. But half the shit that I do to help you, you whine and bitch about. And I don't have that much control. If you want, you want America to be successful, you gotta work. Invent some shit, bitches. Invent some shit. Like, like, like that's, that's the real answer. Like, what would that, what's gonna help more? Bur, like the public servant guy mixes around a couple fucking, I mean, of course, if, you know, they can, they, they, can, they do have the power to tank the country. But given that most presidents are gonna do a relatively center-based thing so that no one freaks out too much most of the time, they can only do so much. But he's not gonna say, invent, like, you want the economy fixed? Invent some shit, bitches. Recent read, turn the TV off and fucking read. Invent some shit. He's, he, can't, he can't say that. He's like, what do you mean invent some shit? You're the president. You're the fucking president, right? I know, and I'm trying my fucking best, but could you please invent some shit? You know, right? You know, right? He can't, he can't say that because people's fucking brain melt. So, so it's like, I mean, that, you know, so it's like, um, 
it's like, <laughs> like, and to me, like, people are like, like, the president is just an evil man controlled by the Illuminati. Dude, the president is like, the, is the, my, like my school principal. That's like saying my school principal is in the fucking Illuminati. You know what I'm saying? My school principal is not in the Illuminati. He's a little public servant. Like, oh, hi. Right, like, you're the president. Okay. You know, I, that, that to me is what it is. So, that, I mean, that's my opinion. But anyway, um, like, I know, like, you know, I've, I've been getting pretty successful in life. And I haven't, had, I haven't been contacted by the Illuminati yet. Like, you know, like, like welcome. You made it. Good for you. <laughs> you know, maybe that shit will happen, right? Like, later, you guys, like, remind me, like, that. I was like, how about that old show, the Illuminati? I'm like, we don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> Let me ask you guys a couple questions, okay? It's a pop quiz. Okay, pop quiz. Who saved South Africa from apartheid? Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela did it. Good job. Okay. Who freed India from who? You don't even know who he freed them from, probably. Good job. Okay. So, um, this is the West Coast. They'd be like, huh? <laughs> Before they legalize weed, I do that, but I don't know the answer to that anymore. <laughs> So, okay, so, um, okay, Gandhi freed Britain. I mean, these are pretty powerful guys, you know? Who, who saved uh, Britain from Germany in World War II? Churchill. Winston Churchill saved them. That's pretty good for a fat guy. You know what I'm saying, right? Winston Churchill. He's a, uh, you know? Um, who, who freed uh, America from the British back in the day? Who made us free? George Washington. Oh, my God, George Washington. Yes. Okay, cool. Okay, now you guys probably wonder, like, is he going to shit talk these people? These people are awesome. Is it, that's going to be, how would I react to this? No, I'm not going to shit talk. These people are role models of mine, too. These are what's called leaders, but they're also called icons. So what does that mean? It's an icon. Nelson Mandela, is, it, to me, is, is a hero. Okay, I read his book. I traveled to South Africa just to get to meet uh, Ahmed Katrada. I met uh, F.W. de Klerk. But let me ask you this. Who here knows who F.W. de Klerk is? Not a single person in this fucking room knows who was the white president who worked with Nelson Mandela to end apartheid. But nobody knows who that guy is. Who's the other guy that helped to liberate India from uh, the British? Who's the other guy? Okay. Who knows? I don't even know. I don't know who the other guy is because I haven't read that book yet. Get back to me. <laughs> so, okay, you guys have no fucking idea. And the reason why is because you can't, your brain isn't built to remember that many people. So as far as you're concerned, Nelson Mandela just fucking came in and just said, bitches, enough is enough. Bang, 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 bang. Freedom, fuck it, you know, and that's, that's the gist of it. In reality, when an event like that happens, it, is come, it comes from a series of different happenings. There's many different people involved in the movement. There's many different people who make a massively significant contribution to that movement. Um, there are, there, there's, there's all sorts of different, uh, you know, do you grab that? Yeah, thank you. That's one of those moments, you know? It's one of those moments. So, yeah, there's all sorts of different people that make a, a contribution or impact to that movement. Uh, there's different events that happen. All sorts of different shit like that, right? There's tons of it. If you, George Washington did not personally free America. There's also all these other people you'll never hear about who charged the fucking field and made a difference. The problem with 150-person uh, icon-level conditioning is that you don't think you can make a change or you don't think that you can make a difference because you think if you want to have an impact, you have to be one of those guys. So what I did, I mentioned earlier, I studied success. I read books about success, studied success because I didn't want to see, I, I didn't want to just see all these counter examples of failure. I didn't want to see that anymore. Well, the other thing that I deliberately did was I put myself around a lot of celebrities or icons and I made a very specific concerted effort to go and meet these people in real life. So you guys might be wondering, why the fuck would Owen go to South Africa to meet the president? Why would I go do that? I do that because here's what I want to see. 
I want to see F.W. DeClerc eating his dinner and burping. Okay, I want to see him burp. I want to see him sneeze. I want to see him have to take a piss. I want to be taking a piss and look over and see FW taking a fucking piss, okay, and liking it. I want to like, ah, oh, okay. I want to see it, okay. I want to, I want to see him get asked a question where he doesn't quite know the answer. I want to see him going about his life. And why is that? Is it because I want to tear him down? See, no. A lot of people, what they do with Us Magazine is they want to tear down the celeb, right? They're like, like, look at Kanye. He's having a fit. He's going crazy again. It's crazy Kanye. There he goes again, right? Ha, 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 I'm better than him. I can make better music than him. Well, I can't, but I can feel good looking down on him. Fucking Kanye. Yay me. I'm winning. Kanye's losing. Fuck yeah, right? And that's like literally the level of that conscience. Pathetic. It's fucking pathetic. Um, I, I'm not trying to do that. Rather, what I'm looking to do is just see regular people who focus, who made an effort, who made that 0.0001% improvement every fucking day. Uh, I want to see those people who... Um, I, I want to see people that, that, that get like, who made a lot of lists and checked off the list and made little goals and checked them off and tried small goals and then built the, the confidence to get a bigger goal and then built the confidence and made a bigger goal and just kept building on it. I want to see them do that. They had a team. The team had fights inside the team. Maybe they lost some good people in the team. Learned the lessons from the people they followed. Made a better team. Uh, you know, had, had heartache, had problems and succeeded in spite of it. That's what I want to see. I want to see just I want to see people who I thought were icons just looking like regular folks. But the thing is, here's what's the thing: they're not just regular folks because you are cut from the same cloth, but you might behave differently, right? Every one of you guys here can do anything that any of the instructors that you guys saw up here doing as far as pickup. But if you're not doing the types of habits that I talked about earlier as far as going out, improving yourself, building a better lifestyle, hitting the gym, hitting the club, reading the books having fun, laughing, making a point of having a better sense of humor, making a point of learning about life, making a point about learning about women, being around women, building female social circle, having sex with women, having a harem, getting a girlfriend, all that kind of stuff. If you're not doing that, you're not being proactive, and you're just sitting there, what do you think is going to happen? You might be cut from the same cloth, but you ain't being woven into something different. You know what I'm saying? So everyone's cut from the same cloth, but you can weave yourself into this, or you can weave yourself into that. You can weave yourself in this beautiful tapestry, or you can pull yourself apart in this piece of shit, dirty rag on the ground that people piss on. And it's really up to you. <laughs> you know, that really is up to you. So you want to diffuse that level of consciousness. Like, you guys are here meeting me right now. Oh, he's a regular guy? Like, look at me today, right? I'm in my flow of my speaking right now. Was that my flow of speaking from the very start of, the, of today? No, I was kind of like, hey, what's up? I'm Owen, thank you for coming, this is cool, you know, like shit like that, right? So it takes me time. It's just called, it's called being fucking human. When I take someone out on a boot camp or when I teach a hot seat, I don't just show my successes, I show my failures. I show what failure looks like. I want people to see what failure looks like. I want people to realize it's not just some fucking icon who just gets it, like the, the pickup guy, and he's just this pickup guy. And he, and like, he just walks up and goes like, yo, I'm the pickup guy, and goes like, because it's the pickup guy came and it doesn't work like that. I still have to go out and get talking. I have to go out and become an extrovert. I fuck up. I still have to learn from my mistakes. That's how it works. The problem is with that icon level thinking as well, 150 person icon level thinking, you see it in businesses where a business will become successful and they become the icon in their field and they think that's how it always is. Blackberry was the fucking shit as far as smartphones back in the day. And they thought, we're Blackberry. We're the phone icon. It's a Blackberry. The fucking president has a Blackberry. He has his own fucking Blackberry. Slowly but surely, Blackberry falls behind. They fall behind. They're not aggressive. They lose their drive. They lose their focus. They, lose, they, they want to protect that image rather than take risks, which is massive. That's huge, by the way. Uh, they want to literally protect that image by blocking out 
the fucking hordes at the gate. The hordes at the gate are coming. Block it out. The party's going in here. Ignore the iceberg. The party on the Titanic's a shit. Ignore the fucking iceberg. Look at the nice fucking tiles. Don't flip it up and see the slugs under the tiles. Just look at the tiles. Don't look at the slugs. Look at the tiles. Okay? That's what they're doing. They don't want to see the rea- they don't want to see reality changing. The party continues. They just want to keep that going. They ignore it and they get fucked. Okay? They get fucked. So, that's the other problem with icon thinking. You think you're on top? No, you're not on top. That's not a given. That's something that has to be sustained. You have to sustain that for whatever duration that you wish to be on top. Uh, but that's the main thing, again. So like I said, as far as setting success, look at people who were success, you know, at a certain level, look at people who were successful, read their books, read their autobiographies, read the criticisms of them as well, um, learn all, just learn everything that you can about them, uh, copy them, meet them, be driven, keep pushing yourself and so on and so forth, very, very good. Uh, tr- realize that there's nobody who's doing anything that you can't do and other people want to help. Successful people want to help stars. But what is a star? It's not what you're thinking it is. It's not somebody with talent and it's definitely not somebody with fucking connections as all these girls in Hollywood think while they're snorting coke off the d- dicks of producers. Okay, like, isn't this how you get it? Isn't this how Julia Roberts got put in the movie industry? You just get down like this, you get the producer's <laughs> cock, you snort the coke off it, you suck it, he shoots you in the face, and now you're a star! Now I'm a star, now I'm a star! I don't have to go to acting class, I don't have to struggle, I just snort the coke! In my face! You know what I'm saying, right? As this like mist of coke and cummer on her face as the producer's like, okay? So, but they, they're like, it's all about connections in this industry, man. You just gotta know the right, bitch, you don't need to know the right people. You need to work. Shut up, put down the cock, put down the coke, and get your ass to fucking class. You know what I'm saying? But they don't want to see that there because it feels better. Who wants to sit in a fucking class where they're like, now you have to cry, cry, you have to make yourself cry to show emotion, do that, and you're like, I can't do it. Well, then you fucking suck, go home and work. Who wants that? No, you'd rather be at the fucking party with the producer. Like this, storming coke and sucking a cock. You guys get that, don't you? Okay, fine. So, <laughs> but that, you know, but that, that's what happens to the women in Hollywood. And, what, and so crazy because they're networking and they're networking and networking and networking and they think they're, they think they're rising to the top. They, li- they think because they took a Molly and danced with fucking, like some actor, like they danced with Corey Feldman or some shit and they think their movie career is taking off because they're being cheered on. Everyone's like, yay for you! Yay for you! You know, and they're just like, yay for me! And then nothing happens. And then they just get washed up and chewed up and spit out and that's what Hollywood does. <laughs> it's pretty cool. So, um, you know, with me, you know, I've done a lot of networking when I was learning, but once I got the networking done I need to get done, I didn't keep doing that shit. I just worked, you know? It's like, I could network with the highest level people in the world, but are they gonna, are they gonna show up and do my fucking free tour? Are they gonna do my video? Are they gonna learn the next pickup concept that I'm gonna teach? Are they gonna teach me how to public speak? Are they gonna teach, are they gonna do my accounting for me? They're gonna do nothing. They're just gonna be my friend, that's it. Networking can help, help you to meet other people and see that, other people are like you. They can share stories, they can share value, but they can't do it for you, and it's not who you know. It's about how hard you work, particularly the age of the internet. So, um, so that's, like, that's like a really big thing, but here's the flip side. So you've noticed that I've also said I study success, but I also study failure. I study failure very, very carefully. I want to learn from failure. So when I was learning in the pickup industry, I had great role models, but I also had great failure models. This is one of the biggest things that helped me. Great failure models. I love failure models. So many of the first pickup teachers, uh, they were great success models to me because they showed me how to pick up girls, they showed me how to be speakers, they showed me how to have charisma, how to create a movement. But a lot of them thought that because they were the first ever teachers, they should just be respected forever. It was like, I'm the first guy. I'm the first fucking guy. 
right? You shouldn't listen to these guys. You should listen to me because I'm the first. Nobody cares who's the first. They care who can teach them to get what they want. They might give a little clap to the first, like, yay, like that, but they don't care. It's like, who would you rather watch? Would you rather watch, like, the first basketball player from, like, the 40s who's, like, doing this shit? Like, like that? Or do you want to see fucking LeBron, like, fucking freight train through, like, nine guys and fucking blast it? You don't care who the first, like, but I'm the first guy. Turn off that and watch me. Like that, nobody fucking cares. People want to see Kobe. People want to see Kevin Durant. They want to see LeBron. They want to see, uh, I don't know who you guys got out here in Philly, but uh, whoever the fuck it is. is it Andrew Bynum? No, he's gone. So, yeah, it's like, but you know what I'm saying, right? So it's like, um, that, that's what I basically realized. So I saw failure models. And basically, here's what, here's what I basically learned, okay? Here, here's the basic principle of what I learned from, from studying success and failure. So I study failure very, very closely. Very, very, very closely. And every friend that I have, I could tell you all their successes and all their failings. Um, what I learned from failure is that basically you have these universal l- rules of life that have been handed down for like thousands of years, okay? Um, they go back to like old texts and shit like that. Some old texts are completely ridiculous just because the text is old doesn't mean it's good. But you start to see people beginning to realize these principles in old texts. You go far back to like the Tao Te Ching, uh, but just like there's so many of these, these principles, okay? And what you pretty much have to do, here's, here's what you do. You want to look at those principles. You want to learn them really, really closely. Like you want to really be at, like really fluent in these principles and study them. And then what you have to do is you have to, you have to surrender to them. So what do I mean by surrender to them? One example would be like myself. So guys are like, Wes, why do you always go out and pick up girls, man? Isn't it shallow and empty? And shit like that. Look, like here's my rationale. I teach pickup, okay? Well, you know, isn't there anything more to you than that? Yeah, there is. But... I also teach pickup, okay? Like, when I leave this room, I'm going to go do a boot camp. And I'm, I'm, I'm not teaching a guy, like, how to bake a cake. I'm going to teach him how to fuck a hot girl, okay? I might even pull with him. I do it all the time, actually. I pull with my students and shit. It's pretty fucking crazy. I've even taught students how to fucking finger girls and make them squirt right on boot camp. So, you know, so, yeah. So, it's like, um, you know, uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I go hard. You know, I go motherfucking hard. I teach fucking pickup. It's called play a role. They talk about that. Well, that's, that's a principle from the Bhagavad Gita. He basically says, like, it doesn't matter. You have all these other thoughts in your head, but the bottom line is, this is the role that you're playing. This, like, guy is about to go into a war. And, and uh, Krishna says to him, this is the role that you're playing, so fucking play it. If I'm a pickup teacher, right now, if that's what I'm doing, I'm going to fucking bust my ass and be the best pickup teacher I'm capable of being. So that means that if, I, if a day goes by, I'm going to try to go out. So that my game is good so that I teach it well. Now, at the time that I stopped teaching pickup, I can choose not to go out. But as long as I'm doing it, I'm going to get off my fucking ass and I'm going to go out and keep working on my pickup. And that's why I'm going to do it. And it's as simple as that. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be a lot more complicated than that. Um, but there's a lot of other things that you'll learn. Now, some of them that you might have heard of are like abundance versus scarcity, right? Now, let's look at that one as an example. So have you guys ever noticed that I have new material all the time? Did you guys ever like, do you ever look at like the fact that I always have new material and like have like an, a, this thought that might occur to you, like, where the fuck does this come from? Like, how the fuck can, this, can any one man talk this much? Where the fuck does this come from? Because that's what I think about shit when I look at myself. Sometimes I look at videos of myself, and I'm like, that dude talks a lot. How the fuck does that guy talk that much? Because that's not even me. That's like some guy that looks like me on a screen that's talking a lot. And like, I don't even know how I'm doing this right now. Like, even as right now, I'm like, I'm like, this is all you. And I'm, I don't even know how the fuck I'm doing it. I don't know where the jokes are coming from, where the sh- fucking shit's coming from. Like, I mean, I kind of know, but it's a little weird to me too. It's, it's more weird to me than it is to you. <laughs> so, um, well, how did I learn how to do this? 
basically what I realized, it's a universal principle, abundance versus scarcity. I believe in abundance. So when I come in here and I talk about principles that are on my mind, or I do a video and I talk about principles on my mind, I believe that when I share it out, I put it into the universe, as they would say, I put it out, that what I'm doing is I'm clearing the fucking board and then new ideas will come into my head. What happens every time that I put out a new idea is a better idea comes. But I have to believe in that because every time that I go to do it, when I'm walking over here, it's the weirdest shit you've ever seen. So I'm walking over here, okay? I eat at Fuel next door, awesome place to eat. I'm walking over here and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm gonna talk about tonight. I'm like, I always feel this way before every free tour. What the fuck am I gonna talk about? What the fuck is gonna come to my head? And I'm like, trust, as Julian would say to a girl who's trying to have sex with. Trust, and I just trust. And then I come in, I just start talking a bit, and just see what comes out. And the reason why I'm able to do this is because I believe in abundance. I believe in abundance of ideas, so I just start talking, and then the other idea will come. So when you see me cranking out video after video, I'm doing that because I believe that the better the video I put out, the next one's gonna be even better, and then the next one's gonna be even better, and the next one's gonna be even better, and if I do it for like 30 years, the shit I could do could be amazing. That is what is in my head when I'm doing that. Well, where did I learn that? That's called the principle of abundance. If you believe in, if you put it out, you're giving abundance, and then what happens is that you gain abundance. And this is the problem with like, say, bad tippers, as an example, right? We're all here like someone's a bad tipper. And I'll be like, I'll be like and I'm not saying you gotta like, be an over tipper, but just an appropriate tipper. You know? And I'll hear about guys like bad tippers, and I think, too bad for them, because what they're doing is they're, like, they're putting it in their, and you know, everybody's poor at a certain point and can't give a bad tip, I get that. But what a lot of people are doing is they're putting in their head, the world's a scarce place, the world's a scary place, the world's a bad place. And they're not getting new ideas, they're not seeing new things. So that's an example of a principle. Another one is like, and this is a very simple one, is that you have to surrender to hard work. I think that people will do anything to avoid hard work. They are always looking for ways to avoid fucking working. Here's what's so crazy about that. Let me talk a little bit about why that is so terrible. People, for example, want to learn the magic pill for pickup. They don't want to go out. They don't want to have to go out regularly and approach people to learn pickup. They want to find some easier way. It never works. I've never seen somebody figure out this way unless they're going to fuck a bunch of like, ugly girls on Craigslist. But I've never actually, which works, but I've never, actually, uh, I've never actually seen guys get successful without putting work in it. It's what you put into, and that's another universal principle. What you put into it is what you get back out of it. Okay, so these are like universal principles. So it's like, I see guys trying to avoid work all the time. Now, it doesn't mean to be some guy who does shitty work and just burns yourself into the ground out of some like, weird sense of pride. But you have to be ready to work. But see, here's what's, cra- here's what's so crazy about this. Work, when you like to work, isn't work. It's just like diet food. When you're eating, this is why people get freaked out with eating healthy. You're eating unhealthy food, right? You go eat like a salad, like a bunch of vegetables, right? And your buddy's like, hey, I love eating vegetables. You could do it too. And then you're like, you eat that one thing of salad and you're like, this is disgusting. This tastes like shit. I can't, I can't fucking eat this. And then they're like, no, if you want to adopt the lifestyle, you can eat this every day forever. And you're like, no, no, no. I'm like, I like to eat this bullshit I like to eat and that's what makes me happy. If I have to die younger but be happy, I'd rather do that because this food makes me unhappy. That's what people think about work as well. Here's what they don't realize. If you just eat healthy for two, three months, you like the taste of healthy food better. If you just work for two or three months, the first two or three months are tough, then after that, you like it. It feels good to work. But you guys see me up here, do I look like I feel bad? I feel fucking awesome. And that's the basic gist of it. It's like, it, and, and, and I had to fly in here from the fucking West Coast, I'm on three hours sleep right now. <laughs> and I love it, okay? And um, same thing with game, right? Like at first, like, well, I don't, I don't wanna have to go out and approach girls and talk to all these girls to meet, like, to meet girls. Duh, duh. Like, I wouldn't wanna have to go through all that. I just want the symbol, I was like, dude, when you, like, when you start going out regularly, you make it a habit, you're looking forward to going out. That end of the day comes, you're fucking twitching to get out. You're literally twitching. 
to get out there. So what I learned from failure was that people generally want to avoid work. They don't want to surrender to universal principles of life. They think they're above it. They think that they can look at universal principles of how the world fucking works and that God has some better plan for them or they're more special and they're not, okay? You are not more special. There's not some big master plan where it's all evolving for you to be lazy, okay? Like it's all coming together so I can be lazy and it's all working out. No, it's not. That's a coincidence. Or that might have happened because some other person did a bunch of work to facilitate a situation like that. And that person, when they, when they facilitated that situation, what they were hoping was that you'd work too. They weren't hoping that you'd just sit there fucking lazy and think that the universe will provide. Okay? And this is what I see. Like a lot of people, they fuck themselves over thinking the universe is going to provide. And no, the universe is not going to provide. Here's, the basic, here's my view of the universe. People ask me like, do you believe in God? What do you think of the universe? Here's basically what I think. Universe is pretty harsh. Uh, I can assure you of that. I watched a snake eat a frog the other day when I was out swimming in, a, in this like, little thing in Texas. A snake eating a frog. And it was harsh, man. I mean, seriously, the snake just comes. It just, the frog's just frogging along. And it, the snake just jumps out. This is like a garter, a garter snake. Like, the thing is like, like, it's like this fucking thick, and the frog is like maybe that thick, okay? The snake just jumps out, grabs it, and it gets it. And the frog almost gets away. Like, it almost gets away. But almost is not good enough. So it almost gets away. And then the snake, you just see the snake, like, widen its throat. And then it just kind of eats it. And the, and the frog, because it's not really, like, anatomically built to really fight back, it just kind of just gets sucked into the snake. And, you, and I'm looking at the frog. I'm, I was this close to it. I videotaped it. I'm going to put it in a V-blog. It's morbid. Um, okay? And, like, you, you see the frog. And it's, like, it's just like, Bye! And then the snake just eats it and it leaves. And you're like, holy shit. <laughs> holy fucking shit. You know? And that's like the least bad shit that happens. I mean, I've been, I've been in South Africa. I've, I've been on safari. I've watched like groups of lions eating um, those antelope things. I forget. Is Impala or some shit. Oh, yeah, dude. I've seen this shit. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, it's pretty gruesome, dude. Like, and like, and like, you were in South Africa. Okay, bang. Okay, well, let me fill you in. Here's what you missed. So basically what happens is like you start to smell death as you come near, okay? You can smell it from like pretty far away. And like, you know how you think like, it's all cool, like, you know, the lions are eating, it's like a family dinner, like some shit like that. No, it smells like death and gruesome death. It smells like death and gruesome death. So basically you see that you, you hear the, these lions, they're covered in red shit. It looks like you fucked a girl on her period. And uh, I know because I just did this a couple hours before I got here. So um, <laughs> I took a shower, don't worry. So, okay. but, um, but basically... Yeah, um, it pretty much looks like how my dick looked after I fuck a girl in her period, but it's your face. So, um, so the, the things eating the, these things are eating this fucking like impala, and you're hearing, I love your face, the look on your face, you're like, like, I just want to learn how to meet a new girlfriend. Why are you doing this? Okay? So it's eating, this is like the weird shit I'll talk to a girl about when I'm pulling her home. So it's eating the fucking, it's eating the fucking, uh, the impala, and like, you know how like when you break like a little chicken bone, it kind of goes pop? Imagine if that bone is this thick. It sends mini shockwaves to you, okay? So I'm in the fucking Jeep, and it's like, like that, and it's like, like that, like that, like everything. You're like, but right, and it's like, like eating this fucking thing. So the world is fucking harsh, okay? Do not doubt that, okay? Do you know how much death there is in the world? Do you know how many people die of senseless shit all the time? Like, like number one killer is like malaria. Guess what? You got a mosquito bite. Now you're dead from fucking malaria. And you're not gonna, it's not gonna be like a nice death. Like it's gonna be painful and it's gonna suck. Okay, and this happens to people all the time. The world's very harsh, man. It's random. Bad shit happens to people who don't deserve it. You're, there's no little plan for you. Nobody gives a shit, okay? <clears throat> Your mom barely gives a shit about you. Only person that cares about you is Tyler. Just kidding. So, 
Okay. So, so it's like, no, but seriously, like, I mean, you got to assume that, right? You're owed nothing. You're owed absolutely nothing. Um, so basically, it's like, pretty much the way I see it is like, there's universal principles. And like, your job as a person is to look at what those universal principles are and surrender to them as to the best you can. And basically, as you get older, you understand the universal principles more and more. You keep looking at them and you keep surrendering to them more and more. So, like, one example of a universal principle is like, become present to the moment. That doesn't mean you could never think or you walk around with a robe on or a red dot on your head, but it generally means to become present at the moment. Stop being so stuck in your head that you're thinking about your self-image and thinking about all the stupid shit. Just become present, right? Stop doing it for what you get. Do it for what you give. Like, you know, things like that. And when you actually surrender to these principles, all of a sudden, what does your life look like? Well, it looks fucking amazing. Now, all the people, the, as I said in the Game of Thrones, the lowborns, right? They're looking up at this as someone who did that and they don't know what that is. They don't know what a, they don't know what a universal principle is because again, 150 person icon consciousness, lower consciousness, successful people are evil consciousness. Uh, I talked about tribal leadership, level one, two, three, four, five. You know, they, they might be like, the world is a bad place, and I, I, world's bad for me, world's bad for everybody, or the world's bad for me, and there's those lucky people that have it, but it's bad for me. Like you know, they're like in those low level rungs. Um, they see what you're doing and they can't understand it. They don't understand that you spent your whole life working, studying, reading, hustling, making that 0.1% progress a day. It's too, it's too hard to understand because, it, and, and then, and they don't understand passion because it's like, well, because they've never, they've never, they've never surrendered to those principles. And by never surrendering, or I'm not saying never, and I'm making wild generalizations here, but just commonly, they haven't, they've never surrendered to those principles and they've never felt the, the, like the fucking like the bliss of that feeling of surrendering to those principles of literally just saying, fuck this shit. I'm going with the principles, like, like spending your life reading about them, learning about them, studying them, seeing why they work, seeing what they bring to your life, seeing what they bring uh, to the world and so on and so forth. And you'll see certain things like this, like even in like bizarre subcultures, like say Mormonism, right? Where, what do you guys think of when you think of a Mormon? Like polygamy, that's like the first thing, right? Or like what else do you think? Like Mitt Romney, or you think of like weird like cult, right? But actually, if you actually if you actually go look at it, or you think of Utah, but, but if you actually go look at it, and you know, I'm not a Mormon, but if you actually go look at what they're doing, they're teaching people shit like everybody should have a year of food stashed up. Everybody should have savings. You know, like they're getting people that probably would never do this, and they're getting people to go and do that, right? <clears throat> they're trying to stop chaos. People's lives becoming fucking chaos and their life being shit and trying to get people to do stuff. But the problem is, if they just told them, like, you should do this because it's good, they won't listen. But if they're like, granddaddy God says to do it and you're going to the big party in the sky if you do it, people are like, really? Listen to the story about where you'll go if you do it, right? But really, to me, those stories in my mind are stories about what you'll experience while you're alive. Heaven, to me, is where if you surrender to those principles, that surrender to those principles, that's your life while you're alive. I don't, nobody knows what happens after you're dead. Nobody. You know, there's a bunch of people that think they, like, I know. No, they don't. No human ever has known what's going to happen after you die. Nobody, okay? Nobody can say that. But what I can say, which you can study, is that there are these universal principles. And some of them, when you truly study them, are beautiful. Like, they're, they're like fucking magic, honestly. Like, when you really study this stuff, it is like fucking magic. And maybe you don't need some guy up in the sky who's looking out for you, buddy, and all that kind of shit to make your life happy because you can learn about them and when you understand it and you spent your life dedicated to that, studying both success and failure and trying to hone in on them, uh, your life can be fucking amazing. And the things that you can experience, 
um, emotionally, uh, as far as your self-concept, as far as the range of experiences that you can open yourself up to. And when I say range of experience, I don't just mean material experiences, like, okay, you had a threesome, which is cool, or you had success financially, which is cool, but the actual um, experiences that you can open yourself up to emotionally or experientially or a better knowledge of self or understanding who you are, understanding where you fit into the world or why you're here or things like that is beyond anything that somebody in a lower level mentality can even understand. They don't even know that could exist or why it would exist or what the point would be. It's like two different realities. Like we're both here, but there's two different people understanding it. And to me, that is what success is about. That to me is a successful life. Um... being a pickup instructor and picking, doing pickup, right? You're like pulling some girl and guys are coming up to you like, holy shit, man. All kind of stuff. It's like fucking crazy, so. Yeah, anyway, that's interesting. Yeah, it's like you don't get, you don't necessarily get recognized that much, but when you're in clubs where, where all the, the guys who do pickup are, you get, you get recognized a lot, so it's interesting. Um, the weirdest part, though, is like, since actually that happened, is like I'll be walking around and like, when, when guys just come up and say what's up, I think that's cool, but sometimes guys will just like say my name and like run away and I don't know where it is. So it's like I'm going crazy, you know? So it's like I'm walking down the street and you're just like, Tyler. No. Actually, <laughs> you have no idea where it came from. When you're working all the time and life is grinding you into the ground and then you hear guys like myself or the RC instructors like, you should do pickups seven nights a week and read and meditate and go to the gym and work hard to not just get stuck in the random grind. Do it all, right? And you're like, dude, my job fucking sucks. I basically just work all the time. I hate life and I go home and I watch television to numb myself, okay? I understand. Tyler understands. I get it, okay? Because I've been there. I know exactly what it's like. And literally what happens is like life is so bad that you, you, you basically have to hit a point where it's like this, okay? If you get into that situation. Here, here's basically the point that you have to get into. If your life is to the point where doing things proactively to try to get ahead is very, very difficult, here's pretty much what you have to do, okay? First thing to recognize. In life, there's an expression where they say the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, okay? In other words, most people, if you look at them when they're walking around the streets, they look like their fucking face is being shoved into the ground, okay? That's how most people walk around. Just walk down the street. Anytime you want, walk down the street. Do you see people like, like that? No, not that they should, but you know what I'm saying? In a perfect world, right? But no, they're walking around fucking pissed. They're just like, like this. They ha they're, they, they, they've lost their dreams, most people's dreams have been flushed down the toilet like a decade ago, okay? Like the little kid, like, I'm going to be a fireman and like all this fucking shit. It didn't happen. They got a shitty fucking job. They watch television and they sleep and then they drink on the weekend, okay? And that's most people's life, okay? I mean, not everybody's life. A lot of people find happiness in it, but that's just generally most people's lives. Now, most people are going to do that, okay? You're not going to talk your friends out of that, that's going to be most people's lives. Most people also are not going to learn pickup. What they're going to do is they're going to meet their girlfriend and future wife through their social circle. And they're going to probably get a divorce, just statistically. Or their marriage is going to suck shit. They're not going to have good sex. They're going to be limited to whatever girl they meet through their social circle. And their life is going to be basically fucking garbage. Okay? That is pretty much what the destiny of 95% of this room is. Okay? 
garbage. Okay, that's what most people's life is going to be. Now, now, and then people, <laughs> it's like, whatever, dude. Like, tell, show me different. You know, that's what my life was going to be for sure. So most people's lives is just shit. Now, what's cool is at least like with advancements in society, the version of shit that you live in is a lot better than it used to be. Like a lot of people talk about the good old days. No, 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 no. Like go like look at Britain in like 1850. Back then you'd be doing the same shit as now, except shit back then was like a coal mine or some shit. Okay, so at least you're not getting black lung, like hearing the fucking, like the rumbling, like, oh God, no, get the coal. Okay, so your version of shit has improved. And hopefully, if, if society holds together, the version of shit will continue to improve. Okay, but most people's life, your destiny is going to be shit. Now, at a certain point, what you have to do is you have to look at your life and you have to say, do I accept this or do I not accept it? Okay, you have to look at that. And you have to make a decision. Now, some of you guys in here, by the way, your life is not shit. And if that's the case, you are fucking lucky. So I'm not telling you, if your life is actually kind of good, I'm not telling you, I'm not here to tell you, no, you think it's good, but it's shit. Eh, listen to Tyler, okay? I'm not saying that. I am saying that. But um, what I'm saying, though, like, if, if you're in a position where your life's not shit, then you should be really fucking happy. And you should you just be incredibly happy. Uh, and if your life is shit, then just examine yourself. So basically, here's what you got to do. So look at your life. Now ask yourself... What direction is my life going in? Like, if I look at what I'm doing right now, what direction is this going to lead me in? Like, there, there's no future where it's going to get any easier. Do you guys get that? It's not going to get easier. In fact, generally speaking, there's no, there's no this, okay? It doesn't stay the same. You're either going a little bit up, you're going fast up, you're going a little bit down, or you're going fast down. Most people, in my personal just you know, pseudoscience-y, bro-science opinion are probably going slightly down. Why do I say that? Um, I travel every year. So say I go out to Seattle, right? And I'll see like the bouncer there. It's probably the same bouncer that I saw last year. He's got a little bit more crow's feet. He's a little bit more beaten down by life. And he's working the same job as if he's fucking furniture. Okay, the guy looks like furniture. He's just doing the same fucking autopilot shit, okay? Now, there's not going to be this big opportunity that's going to come in this guy's life that's going to make it better. It's going to keep being the exact same, and it's probably going to get a little bit worse, okay? That's generally how it is. So how do you get out of this, okay? I'm saying this because a lot of guys want to learn pickup, but they say, I don't have time to learn pickup like the way that the RSD instructors do. They're like, well, you know, I've got a job. I've got to go to school. How am I going to go learn pickup? Here's basically the deal, Okay. Um, the way that I built RSD and the way that I learned game was pretty much I killed myself, okay? That's pretty much the answer. Do you guys ever notice I look kind of tense sometimes? That's because of what I did to get to this point. What I did, let me, let me put this in perspective, okay? If I go to see a masseuse and they touch my upper back, they're like, first, like, first they're like this, and their face, their face kind of goes like, first confusion, they're like, they check like my neck. They're like, that's tight. Oh, that's tight. I've never seen anything like this. What have you been doing? I'm like, you don't want to know. I'm like, go look up RSD Free Tour YouTube channel. You can see what I've been doing. Okay. So now, see, here's what's interesting. I'm 34 now. Now I've reached a position in life at 34 where I can take time off. Okay. I can actually take time off. So now I'm old enough, I'm at a position in life where I don't have to work 18 hours a day anymore. I don't have to. I can if I want to, 
but I don't have to. I used to have to, okay? But basically the way that I learned game and the way that I got ahead was at a high level of personal sacrifice. That's pretty much what I did. So let me give you some examples. Um, basically, I just lived with complete and utter insecurity about how my life would be, how I, like, like pretty much here's what it looked like. I was going to school at Queens in Canada and I was, I was gonna try to go to law school. And then I was in my early 20s and I had a decision. I could either go to law school and I could be like sitting at the table with my girlfriend's parents and they're like, so what do you do, Owen? And I'm like, I'm a lawyer. Just what you always wanted. And they're like, oh, that's great, a lawyer. Everyone in society likes lawyers. Oh, the only thing better might have been a doctor, but a lawyer is just great. Instead, when I'm sitting at my girlfriend's parents' table, they're like, what do you do? I'm like, I teach guys how to fuck whores. And they're, okay? and they're like, hey, what do you really do? I'm like, no, that's, that's what I do. Okay? Yeah. I make your daughter have sex with other women with me. Is that cool? Okay. I, I set her sexuality free. Do you guys not like that? Is that not what you wanted for your daughter? Okay, so I'm, I chose to be that guy, okay? Now I had to make it, now I love the look on your face where you're like, holy shit, okay? Now, so I had to make a decision though, see, because I could have done the law thing and I could have stayed where I lived, not traveled too much, just kind of stayed where I was and done the secure thing, or I could take the risk, okay? So it was right before the uh, David D'Angelo Mastery Series. David D'Angelo said to me, um, he was a guy that used to sell like $20 million a year in DVDs, right? He said to me, um, and probably like 20 times more people than that on BitTorrent downloading them, right? So it's a huge exposure. So basically he said to me, uh, do you want to be on this DVD set? And at that time I was still planning to go to law school. And I'm like, if I do this shit, law school is cut off and this is it, this is what I'm doing. And I thought about it and I thought about it and I said, you know what, I'm gonna have the balls, I'm gonna do this. But see, here's the thing. A lot of people think that like, have you guys ever heard the expression burning the boats? You guys ever heard that? Burning the boats, just very quickly, if you've never heard of it, it's super, it's very shtick in self-development. It's like, when the Greeks went to Troy to sack the, the city, the first thing that they did was they burned the boats. So now they're, they're, they're fighting for their lives because there's no boat to go home, so they have to take the city. You guys ever heard that expression? That's basically what I did. When I chose to go on David D'Angelo's thing, pretty much I'm that guy forever. Because now, if I decide to go back to law school and I, you know, I'm working at a law firm and then someday like one of the lawyers is like, how do I get laid? And he looks it up online and like fucking Owen from like his law firm is like, you're gonna fuck a chick, man. You're gonna fuck some chicks. You know, and he's like, ho, 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 right? And I'm fucked. So the thing is the first step is like burning the boats. But the thing is, I think a lot of guys think that if you just burn the boats, like cut off all other options, sink or swim, you're basically fucked if you don't succeed. And then you just succeed. No, 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 no. Once I burn the boats, it was extremely clear. I am going to kill myself to do what I want to do. I did the same thing when I talked to Julian about whether or not he was going to do RSD. Julian was actually led into the best college in Switzerland. He could have gone to school. He could have done all that shit. I said, Julian, if you fuck, because I mean, look at the shit Julian has on his Twitter. <laughs> Think about this, okay? What happens if Julian decides to go back and, uh, you know, go into the corporate world? And they find like, like, like dogs, dude, like, you know, like his female coworkers, like slut, dog, horde, you know, all this fucking shit. He's fucked, right? So you burn the boats. But the thing is, I said, you have to have a sense of urgency. It's like, it's like you have a gun pointed at your head all the time. A gun is at your head. You either do this or you're fucked. But it's not just taking the leap so that you're fucked. You also then have to execute. So what does that mean? 
When I look at these guys that are like, oh, I can't find the time to do pickup, man. I, uh, I can't find the shit. I'm just looking at it, and I'm just like, what do they call that like online? It's called SMH, shaking my head. I'm just like, dude, you're a fucking pussy. When you say, I don't have time, here's what you should say. I don't have time for that, okay? I don't have time for that. Because are you telling me that you're not wasting an hour here and an hour there? The sheer volume of time wasting that most people have is out of fucking control, okay? Out of control. And the reason why is because human beings are the most rationalizing fucking creature ever invented, okay? There has never been a bigger rationalizing species in the history of the world than a human being. Here's how you can tell. If you run a business, put on one of those tracker things onto someone's web use where it tracks how much time they spend on Facebook versus actually working. In an eight hour day, they probably worked about two and a half hours, okay? Here's what you do if you wanna get ahead. Completely cut out everything, okay? Everything that doesn't support you. Any type of food that doesn't support you, don't eat it. Every type of influence like television or bullshit on the internet, don't look at it, okay? It's like Medusa, it will turn you to fucking stone. Don't look at it. When I see people looking at this shit, I'm just like, you're out of your fucking mind. You're crazy, okay? Don't look at it. That's basically for failures, okay? TV is like, TV, gossip, time-wasting is the consolation prize for being a failure. If you're a failure, you just get to sit there and go like, oh, American Idol, man, who's gonna fucking win? Uh, hey, Susie said this at the office today, no, no, okay? When I hear this shit, it's like I'm hearing Charlie Brown, I'm just like, what are you, like, I'm, it's like I'm looking at a crazy person. Like, what the fuck are you doing, okay? Pretty much then what you do is you limit your emotions down to only the ones that will help you, okay? So if you have an emotion that doesn't help you, you just get rid of it. It's gone, okay? Well, you, that's suppressing your emotions. Shouldn't you feel your emotions? No. What you do is you suppress it and you put it in your back and your neck like I did, okay? Just put it in your back and your neck for like a decade, okay? That's how you do it, okay? <laughs> okay? Just whenever you feel a fucking bad emotion, just put it in the neck, and then you're back. Yes, okay? That's what you do. Now the key is start doing that at like early 20s. Here's why. Once you hit 35, it's over, okay? Sorry for all you guys over 35. It's over. Now here's why. But there's tricks that I can tell you to come back. Here's why. <laughs> here's why. Once you start to hit around 35 or whatever it is, you can, you can delay it, basically your energy levels start to slowly dip. So a lot of you guys here, for example, in your 20s, you can fuck a girl like fucking four or five times, right? You start to hit your mid-30s, and it's like it's hard to fucking fuck a chick even three times, okay? Some of you guys probably can't even fuck a chick like twice. But, okay, so your energy levels start to dip. So what you do is when you're in your 20s, here's the deal. You're basically fucking dumb. Okay, in your 20s, you're incredibly dumb. You have no idea the shit that you don't know. Like most thoughts in your head are fucking dumb. And the main point is for the next 10 years to see all the horrible, horrible results of those dumb thoughts and then to sort out like a, like a mixed up thing of Christmas lights, which thoughts are dumb and which are smart. And then you get rid of all the dumb ones and you just get only the smart ones. Okay, that's basically what you do. <laughs> so you do that. Now, when I say, like, let me give an example. 
When I read the RC Nation forum, I'll see people like, I don't understand why I feel sad all the time, and I, I, I have approach anxiety, and I, and I just, I, I'm depressed, I mean, I'm short, and I found this website called We Hate Short Guys, where all these girls talk about short guys are disgusting, and I have no chance. Okay, again, put in your back. Put in your neck, okay? When you read the, when you're short and you read the website about how girls don't like short guys, just go, Ugh! put it in your back and then just keep going, okay? <laughs> okay? Because there's no time. You're, when you're in your early 20s, like, look, in my 20s, I could sleep fucking four hours a night and I didn't get sick that much. Do you know what would happen now if I only sleep four hours a night? I'll just get sick and get sick and get sick and get sick because I'm 34 now, okay? When you're in your 20s, you can do anything. Okay, anything and almost nothing bad will happen. So the key is in your 20s, you just run around like a fucking maniac doing crazy shit, learning how dumb you are. And then basically you get to a point where by the time you're in your mid 30s, you can actually chill a little bit because you're established. Okay, that's pretty much what you do. So one of the things that now, now, by the way, what do you do if you're 35? Okay. A lot of you guys probably don't realize this. When I took on Julian as an intern, he was not even allowed in the club yet, I don't think, or some shit like that, okay? Julian was like just about to turn 21 or some shit. I can't remember. He could correct me. He was young. Now, why does a guy like me, who, who was in my, uh, probably 32 at the time when I took on Julian, why do I go seek out some little kid to wing with and hang out with? Why do I do that? Because I have the knowledge, but I'm the old bald guy who's slowing down. Julian has, he's dumb as shit, like beyond fucking dumb, okay? But, smart now, right? But he dumb as shit at the time, but he has the energy. So Julian, when he's sitting there drinking four loco, and he's like, like this, I'm like, come to your senses. We have to fix this. Come on, Julian. He's like, like, stop it, okay? But then when we're at the club and I'm like, bro, you know, I don't need to approach. He's like, really, old man? Watch this. Double makeout. Oh, little bald old man. You can't keep up with the 21-year-old? I'm like, dude. <laughs> and then I fucking go, right? That's it. You have to do that. When Julian is my age, he'll have to find younger people that motivate him. Now, the dumbest thing that you could ever do is think that you're this independent island, okay? Human is an independent island. Okay, that's like, you know like the Beyonce Knowles shit where she's like, I'm an independent woman, I don't need a man, like all this shit. Again, just shaking my head here. Girl, what are you fucking thinking? No, okay, it's not that you need a man, it's that, it's that we're human, we're social, right? We feed off of our social group, okay? The way to get success is not to be needy, but you have to surround yourself with the following. You should have mentors, okay? Get fucking mentors. You should have peers on your level who keep you in check. And then you should have people who you are mentoring, which bring the youthful energy to help you. Don't, you're not this island, okay? Or like guys, I don't, look, Tyler taught himself how to do pick up on his own, so I'm going to do that. No, 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 no. Who was my mentor? Mystery, okay? From V8, you guys know VH1, the pickup artist. That was my first mentor, okay? Or David D'Angelo, okay? So I and, and many other people were mentoring me. I had shit tons of older mentors. Now, how do you get a mentor? Here's how you do it. Here's where guys fuck up. Guys, they think, what can I take? That's the default human mentality. What can I take? Ugh, okay? It never fucking works. If you want to understand human psychology, here's the best way I could put it to you. Spend the next week just running around, eavesdropping on people's conversations like a creep, okay? 
here's what you'll notice. Most people in their conversations are doing two things and two things only. One is they're waiting for their chance to give their opinion. They're waiting for their chance to talk. And two, while they're listening to the other person, they're thinking, how does this relate to me? How does this affect me? What does this mean about my life? Even as you guys are listening to this, you're probably like, how does this affect me? What does this mean about my life? Okay, that's human nature. So if you think that you're gonna take anything from anybody, you're out of your mind. Nobody's gonna let you take shit from them. So how do you get the best fucking mentors? One is you can pay and take their programs. That's one of the things that I did. Another thing that you can do is for ongoing mentoring, you can actually be the following things. Number one, smile and laugh all the time, okay? Like what I've done this whole speech, right? <laughs> so smile and laugh the whole fucking time. Never be negative, okay? What, what is one commodity, if you have nothing at all, you're a young guy in your early 20s, you're dumb, what is the one thing that you can generate with no time, no money, nothing? A smile, okay? Just put, try it out, try it out. Put on this smile, put it on. Okay, just a smile. Because most energy in the world is negative, right? Most energy in the world is just people fucking beaten down by life. So having vibrant, youthful energy around, everybody appreciates that, okay? Everybody appreciates vibrant, youthful energy. Another thing that you can do is never, ever complain. When I see people complaining, I'm just like, what are, you, what are you doing? Like, your life is so short. Are you really gonna sit here complaining? Let me put this in perspective, okay? I'm 34. Okay, I'm 34 now. Now, in my 20s, I didn't know that many people that died, okay? As you start to hit 30, people start to die, okay? I had a friend that died last week, okay? People are just gonna start dying, okay? I've also almost died myself a couple times. Who here in this room has almost died before? Put your hands up. Look at that, look at that fucking crowd. Now, if that many people have almost died, let me be a little morbid and freak you out here, how many people here weren't here to put their hands up? There's probably like little ghosts of people like, I actually did die, like right in this fucking crowd right now. That is going to be you, okay? You are gonna be dead soon enough. So don't waste your fucking time complaining, okay? Don't waste your time complaining. It is a terrible, terrible idea, all right? So basically what you wanna do is like never, never be negative, never complain. Now here's how you do that. The way that you do it is you have to organize your life in a way where you generally feel pretty fucking good. So what, you, what are some things that you can do right now to feel good? One of them is meditation. Here's what's cool about meditation. Almost nobody does it. Very few people do it. So if you just do meditation for 20 minutes a day, you're generating good emotions out of nothing. So now when you bring that great present energy to people around you, you have some kind of value. Even if you started with nothing, now you have value. Then when you bring that great energy around people, build up a fucking kick-ass social circle. Then when you go out with your buddies and you're laughing and having fun, you've got this great energy. And when you meet other people like prospective mentors or prospective peers, you say, hey, do you wanna come and hang out? And now when you walk up to the door of that exclusive club with the velvet robe that most people can't get into, you're like, yo, you're dressed fucking pimp. You've got your fucking chicks with you and they let you in. And now you're surrounded by other gorgeous women. And then you can meet more gorgeous women who treat you better and life is just better, okay? <laughs> life is just fucking better. But see, here's the bottom line. To get out of your rut that you're in, you have to be willing to manage your emotions. You have to be willing to manage your time very, very effectively. You have, to, you have to view your time like the most precious resource you have ever seen, okay? Constantly be managing your time. You also have to be evaluating your behavior all the fucking time. So in other words, like when I wake up, I look like, what am I gonna accomplish today? And then I go out and I try to accomplish it. And then what I do is I hope that I can carve out a couple hours at the end of the day 
to fucking have an awesome time. Maybe at the end of the day, I'm gonna go see a movie. I might go to a Lakers game. I might go to a bomb restaurant. I might go to a party. I'll go to the club and pick up girls. I'll go get laid. I'll call some girls over around fucking. I'm gonna spend time with my kids. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna use that time for something very valuable. I'm not gonna waste time. But see, at the end of the day, you look at your successes and you gotta ask yourself, what are all the events that led up to this success? What are all the different events that led up to this success? By the way, if there's anyone on boot camp, head, hit up the back, by the way. You guys see Jeff back there? Anyone on boot camp, hit up the, hit up the back. Okay, anyone on boot camp, go to the back. Um, conversely, you have to look at where you failed and you say, what are all the different events that led up to the failure? Now, let me explain why. Success and failure does not happen in the moment. Everything is bleeding into everything else. So the bad decisions that you make today have a ripple effect that can last for weeks or months, okay? Let me give an explanation. Let's say that you fail to manage your time and you go to bed late. You get a bad sleep. Right off the bat, maybe you can catch a cold from that or you can get sick. Then you can't get the things done that you wanted to get done because you had a cold or you're sick or maybe you fuck up a social relationship. Then what happens is maybe you fuck up something with your work that creates some kind of financial problem. Then maybe you go over to, your, to some girl's house that you're fucking and your dick is half limp because you're tired and then she doesn't like you. What's happening? Just from that one little decision, down, down, down. Even to just shove a Big Mac in your mouth, that can have a ripple effect that goes down and down, down. I don't mean to freak you out. I'm not saying like, you know, one night of low sleep and it's over, okay? But in a certain way, you almost want to take that mentality because unless you were born in a situation with a lot of opportunity, everything is going to be tough, okay? Again, unless you were born in a situation where you have a lot of opportunity because your parents had money and raised you well, everything is just going to be fucking tough. Everything is just going to be difficult. Everything, honestly, the best way I could describe it is just going to be a fucking bitch, okay? Everything is just going to be a fucking bitch. <laughs> But what choice do you have? Where's the other choice? What are, when you're at that point, what are your decisions? Let's stop and think about this. A, you're born into success. If you're born into success, lucky for you. Just follow the beaten path that your parents laid out for you and you could probably be successful. But what happens if you weren't born into success? Pretty much you're gonna have to fucking crawl through the shit for years and years and try to enjoy it as you do it and make something out of it. That's pretty much the, the decision, or you can just stay in the shit. That's basically your options, okay? So that's what you have to do. So let's take an example with pickup now. Let's look at pickup very closely. Okay, right off the bat, you wanna be going out and working on your pickup. Now let me clarify something. I've said this many times, but I wanna make this really, really, really fucking clear. Getting good at pickup is not just cold approaching. You should also be lifting weights and eating healthy food so that you're toned and trim, okay? And then you should also be building a social circle and having hobbies and shit like that and doing a lot of cold approach, okay? I think a lot of guys get confused with this. If you have a great, like if a guy like Julian who has crazy fucking game doesn't shower, is that gonna stop him from getting laid? Field proven many times, the answer is no, it will not stop him from getting laid. If Alex from RSD doesn't brush his teeth for three months, it's completely disgusting. Will that stop him from getting laid? Again, field proven probably over a hundred times that no, it did not stop him from getting laid. If my buddy Derek overeats and gets a big fat gut and he's just fucking fat, does that stop him from getting laid? Again, probably field tested over a hundred times did not stop him from getting laid, but let me make something clear. Are you Julian? Are you Alex? 
Are you Derek? Or are you a guy who's learning from the bottom? If you're learning from the bottom, you don't have to make things more difficult on yourself by failing to go gym, dress the part, look the part. There's no reason why you wouldn't be doing that, okay? So when we, get, when we explain that looks don't matter, what we just mean by that is that you can overcome it. We're not saying that if you're like, haven't showered in a month and you're fucking 900 pounds and you just slide out to the club in a fucking moo-moo in a fucking cart, like, hey, do you, do you, you guys best friends? You know, and like, and girls are gonna jump on your cock. But that's not what we're trying to get across to you. We're just making the point that you have no fucking excuse, okay? That's, okay, that's what we're saying. Now, uh, so that's the thing. Now, how do you make the time for all that? Like I said, manage your life more effectively. So let me give a couple examples. Let's say that you work, uh, let's look at it from a practical standpoint. Let's say that you work eight hours a day, okay? So let's say that you're working from eight in the morning until like 5 p.m. Okay, so you're tired. Plus you live in Los Angeles, which means your commute is a bitch, okay? Your commute is a fucking bitch if you live in the city, most likely. And if it's not, you should be very, feel very lucky. Now, right off the bat, what is the dumbest, dumbest fucking shit that almost everybody does on their commute? It's so fucking dumb. Oh my fucking God. Okay. I'm really letting out how I really feel today in case you guys haven't noticed. Okay. So what's the dumbest thing they're doing? Not listening to audiobooks. How fucking dumb are you? You are commuting two hours a day. You could be sucking down so much information and you are wasting your time looking at traffic lights or like chatting or listening to fucking commercials on the radio. Do you think you're gonna live to 900? Most of your energy will be gone by your mid thirties. Wake up, okay? Wake the fuck up, okay? Dumb as shit. If you are not doing that, you completely disrespect yourself and you're probably, I, I don't, I'm not even getting into it. Okay, so right off the bat, okay. Now, let me make another point. As soon as you hit your late 20s, lean up. Here's why. Do you know how hard it is to cut fat once you hit 40? Do you know how fucking hard that is? That shit ain't coming off. Let's make it clear. Once you, like, I've been fat before, okay? I got super fucking fat. Do you guys know how long it took to get rid of that? Two years of hiking Runyon Canyon and eating nothing but greens and protein for two fucking years to get that shit off. Most people will never get it off. So if you're not, like basically wherever you want your body to be by about age 35, just urgently get it to that point. Like what I did was I went from being super fat then I got really fucking skinny. This year I ate clean food, but a lot of it and smashed the fucking weights in the gym so I'm strong. I'm, I'm, I'm chubby, but I'm bulked uh, for me. And then basically what I'm gonna do is this year I'm gonna cut back again and probably wind up somewhere in the middle. And I'm just gonna keep that. Whatever is the body that you're gonna have, get it by like your mid thirties urgently. Another thing too is don't put shit in your body that hurts you, like alcohol or drugs, okay? Now I get it that there's these like hallucinogen drugs that make you like union with aliens and shit. I don't know about that stuff, okay? I never did it, but that, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the shit where your brain just fries and then you still think your life's gonna be good, okay? Just don't do those drugs, okay? So avoid all that kind of shit, okay? Now. Um, okay, so again, the car. Let's go back to the schedule, I'm ranting here. The car. In the car, listen to shit. Any spare time that you have, listen to valuable shit, okay? Why do you listen to valuable shit? You listen to valuable shit 
because what it does is it brainwashes you to think in that frequency. It brainwashes you to think like a successful person. You want to do autobiography. What is the purpose of autobiography? It's like inspiration, okay? You can read inspiration, okay? You probably should have read the autobiographies of most of the most inspiration, inspirational people. You should know their stories so that you know that you can overcome the shit that you have to overcome, which is not even as hard as what they had to overcome. Who just read Nelson Mandela's autobiography? Okay, that's horrible. Now, what you guys need to do is you need to read that shit. Why? Because then when you're like, how am I, how am I gonna get the time to learn pickup? And I'm kind of short. But then you read this book of this dude that conquered apartheid, and you're like, wait, 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 wait. He conquered apartheid? I just have to manage my time as a short guy who's busy to get laid. It's not that bad. <laughs> that's pretty much, that's, that's what you gotta do, okay? Go read inspirational books. Then what you wanna do, you read how-to books. Read books on how to do shit. What are your skills? What do you know how to do? Read shit like that. And then read self-development books. Now, I like, like a lot of people are like, oh, fucking self-help books. Self-development books are fucking awesome. Great self-development teachers, what do they do? They get you looking at your life. They get you thinking about what your goals are. They get you examining yourself, okay? I, like a lot of people be like, self-development is just a bunch of rah-rah. What, who's, what, what's the one that's just the rah-rah? The only one that, the only self-development I know that is rah-rah pretty much that I've personally seen is Anthony Robbins. But here's the thing, let me defend that guy. The reason why Anthony Robbins does rah-rah is because of who his audience is. Most of his audience are probably people like in their 40s, right? And those are the people that are grounded down by life. So what Tony does is for a full week, he's like, let's do a big fucking cheer. And what that does is he's physically waking them up. He's, it's, it's almost like he's basically just undoing years of fucking damage. That's why he's doing that. There's other reasons he does it too, but a major reason why he does it. When you look at somebody who did cheering with Anthony Robbins for a week, who previously was ground into the ground by life, they look a lot better, okay? It's like someone went to a fucking spa for a week. They just look a lot better. They're inspired, they're pumped up. Probably they're gonna have to go back in six months. It's not gonna stick. Who cares? Go back in six months then. Why do you need fucking permanence? What's the problem with going back in six months? Does that mean you're a failure? Does it mean that you're a loser that you went back in six months? No, it just means that you're pulling the weeds, baby. Pulling the weeds, pulling the weeds. That's all that it means. People are like, no, just instant solution, permanent solution. Like, look, maybe Tony markets it as a permanent solution because he wants to get people in the door, but it's not a bad thing if you're pulling the weeds, okay? So you gotta pull the weeds. So, okay, keep it on track of your day here. So, self-development, how-to, biography books, just keep pounding that in your head. We made RSD Nation, there are so many fucking videos. Why do we put out so many videos? We could have made RSD with a very basic, like, three-hour video that just explains how to do pickup and that's it. And we have that, it's called Foundations, most of you guys have illegally downloaded it. Good for you, okay? I don't care, I want you to download it. I don't care, I want you to watch my shit. Now. That was already done. So we did foundations. Foundations basically explained everything that you need to know. So why do we create videos in different cities and different topics? Because we're just giving you an excuse to keep watching shit that brings you back to where you want to be thinking. Because otherwise you'll just watch the one foundations thing and then you're like, okay, I get it now. And then you'll just fall off. So we do it to create a lot of resources. That's why I push my team at incredible difficulty to myself and incredible difficulty to them to release new videos all the time. And I don't know how long I can keep that train going. It's hard to keep that train going, but we push them to do that. So basically you want to always be taking in good information. So. Let's say now that you go to work. Okay, at work, here's what I would suggest to you. On your smartphone, keep like Audible, keep books around. When you go to take a shit, be soaking in information, okay? 
Now, like I said, cut off all fucking bullshit, okay? Just cut it all out. Now, on your drive home, let's say that it's, let's say it's 5 p.m., okay? So you're, you had to wake up around 7, which means that you had to go to bed around 11. On your drive home, quickly go get a workout in. Just quickly go get it in while you're listening to audiobooks and shit. Do that there. Go eat something healthy. Now, here's the, here's the problem with eating healthy. It is incredibly expensive to eat healthy. What, is, what do they call Whole Foods? What's the nickname of Whole Foods? Whole paycheck, okay? It is obnoxious, okay? It's basically like 90% the cost of a fucking fine restaurant for a thing of like organic Cheerios at fucking Whole Food. So, don't worry about that, okay? Just thank you guys for coming to my programs. All right, now, um, okay, so now here's what you do. Go, you live in LA, go find the farmer's market. Get, no, there, there's never an excuse. Let me make this clear. There's never an excuse. You have no excuse. I don't care if you've got no arms, no legs, and you're retarded. Go fucking drag yourself on a tricycle with a horn to the fucking farmer's market. I don't care about excuse, okay? Let me, let me make a little point about excuses. I couldn't understand social cues until age 22, okay? What is that? What is somebody called who can, who has no ability to understand social cues? What do they call that medically? Autistic. They call that autistic. Now, does that mean I'm autistic? I don't even know. But the point is, I could not read a social cue until I'm 22. I'm a ginger, okay? I'm not a white guy. I'm a ginger. I'm going bald. I have a high-pitched voice. I am just ridiculous, okay? I still went out and learned pickup. There is never a fucking excuse. There is no excuse. No excuse is good enough. I don't care what you think your excuse is. There is never, an excuse is just fucking noise that people like myself or like Julian will cut over and laugh in your fucking face and stunt in your fucking face. That's all an excuse is, okay? There's, there's somebody out there who's beat your excuse, so just, you just have to beat it. There's just, don't even allow other thoughts in your head. So, okay, so you go home, you get a workout in, you wanna eat some healthy food, how do you do it? Go find the farmer's markets. Now you can buy food directly off the farmers. Now, another thing is you should negotiate them down. Push them down on the price. Push them down. Get it for fucking cheap. Push them down. Go buy big, huge bags of kale, spinach, broccoli. Go get healthy proteins. Push them down on the price. Save up money and buy it in bulk so you can eat healthy. Now, if you can't take 9 million supplements like fucking Ray Kurzweil because it's too expensive, what do you do? What are cheap supplements that you can take? One of them would, for example, be spices, turmeric, oregano, basil, rosemary, shit like that. These are incredibly healthy. You can dump that shit onto everything, okay? So now you've got your food intake good. You've been listening to high quality shit. You got to work out in, you're eating good quality food. Now you've got a little bit of time to go out and learn pickup if that's what you want to do. I don't think everybody needs to learn pickup. I'm just saying if you want to learn pickup, I'm assuming if you're here you want to learn it, here's how you squeeze it in. Go to the club, or okay, first of all, when I say the club, what I really mean is somewhere with two qualities. Anonymity, because you suck when you're new, and you don't want to, be, you don't want to become that guy, okay, because you suck when you're new. So anonymity, until, until you get good, in which case you don't want anonymity, you actually want to go somewhere where you see the same people again and again, because you're good, and now it's good if you see them again. But when you're new, you want anonymity. The other is you want high volume. Okay, so if you live in New York City and it's nice out, you can just go walk down the fucking street and there's supermodels running around and you're like, oh, what's up? I'm in the middle of the fucking street, but I see you, you're a supermodel, what's up, okay? Um, in LA, we don't really have a lot of that. You could maybe do Grove, you could do Third Street Promenade or some shit like that, but there's not a lot of great daytime. So you find out places where there's 
tons of hot women and general anonymity, okay? And then you go out there. So what you do is you, uh, you know, maybe do like 20 minutes of meditation before you go out. So you're nice and relaxed. And then you go out and you have missions, okay? Now, when you learn pickup, you should have, men like I said, mentors, wings, people who you are mentoring, just different groups of people. Go out. Now, let's say that you go out around uh, 9.45. Quickly get out. Ideally, if, you want, if, if you're serious about learning pickup, you have moved somewhere that is near to where the girls are. Like these guys will come to me all the time. They're like, Tyler, I have a question. I live in Timbuk, Idaho to Arkansas thing. There's only 17 girls in my whole city. How do you learn game? You don't. Okay, you don't learn pickup. Like, you, like what? Like what? <laughs> I don't know. Like, text girls on Tinder and practice on them or some shit. Like with Julian, you know, I don't. I don't know. Just like, like you have to move where the girls are. It pick up a priority to you. Again, that's difficult, right? Because you have to get a job near near where where all that shit is. It's fucking tough. If you can't move where uh, near where the girls are, it's just not an option. Then just get your commute down perfectly fucking pat. Go out and work on your pickup. When you go out, actually work on your pickup. Don't just sit around, actually make missions for yourself. Try doing different things. Your first mission could just be approaching a lot of people. Your next mission could be approaching a lot of people and minimizing time in between the interaction. Your next mission could be walking up to girls and moving them right away. Your next mission could be walking up to girls and trying to get a kiss. As time goes on, you build up club connections and shit like that, right? Now, if you're busy on weekdays, you could probably only go out until about midnight. That's about it, right? Because then you gotta go home, you gotta go to sleep. Now this is tough because what if a girl wanna sleep with you? And you're like, I'm finally gonna get laid. Well at that point you have to make a choice. Am I gonna go without sleep tonight? Or am I gonna, you know, and try to get laid or am I gonna go home? For me, at this point in my game career, if I need sleep, I'm just gonna go home. If you're new and it's a rare opportunity, you might wanna take it. But you have to be very careful on how you manage your time uh, and you wanna manage your time extremely effectively. You should be aware of the time. You should take your time very seriously. You should be afraid to violate your time. Then what you do is you just shoot home and uh, get your ass to fucking sleep. I would advise you to darken your room. You should get a good quality of sleep. You should sleep in a pitch black room if you can. If you're traveling, you can even take painter's tape and big garbage bags and you can, you can black out the room that way. You don't wanna be sleeping in the bright light and having light hitting your face and getting a shitty sleep. Everything has to be managed. Now, let me, let me put us on pause here. This is only if you are unhappy with where you're at. Let me make another thing clear. If you are happy with where you're at, you don't have to do any of this shit. In fact, you can do none of it and it will all be cool. Let me make another point. Many of my friends are people who are perfectly happy to just smoke a blunt, have the odd girlfriend, have a crab job, just life goes on and they're perfectly fucking happy, okay? They like it. I'm not giving them a speech like what I'm giving to you guys. I'm assuming that if you're here, you wanna change some shit around. That's why I'm talking to you. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to give you a realistic perspective of what it's like. Pretty much the general um, sort of sense that I have of it is that you want to hustle your fucking ass off while you're young and you have the energy and you can abuse yourself like that basically. And then, as, but do whatever you can to support yourself so you don't go over the top. Like guys are saying shit to me like, why don't you drink? Why don't you get high? I'm like, dude, you know how fucking hard I worked the last 10 years? I can't be putting that shit in my body. I would break down. I'd be in the fucking hospital. I'd be dead if I was doing that shit. You can't afford to do that, okay? But basically, yeah, you just hustle your ass off while you're young and you try to put yourself in a position that by the time you hit your 30s or 40s, whatever it is, 
that you can actually chill off the gas a little bit and chill. So look at a guy like Anthony Robbins. Anthony Robbins, that dude, that dude was doing like probably like 300 events a year when he was younger. How often does Anthony Robbins do an event now? He barely, the dude compared to before barely teaches. He might teach like you know, once a month, once every two months. And the guy doesn't even teach the second day of his program. He puts a fucking movie thing up at the front. You guys ever been to that? Yeah, the dude's like, well, for day two, there's going to be a movie screen. And for some reason, the audience is like, yeah, like that to the movie screen. It's amazing. Why can he get away with it? Because he's fucking Tony Robbins. You don't like it? Don't come to the event. Fuck off. He's fu I'm fucking Tony Robbins. I can do whatever the fuck I want. If I want to put a movie screen at me, you don't like it? Fuck off. And he can get away with it. What if Tony had done that when he's young, though? Like, I'm 22-year-old Tony. Watch the movie screen. What would have happened? He's fucked. So what he did, that we <laughs> people just walk out. So what he did was smart. He built up a brand, he built up a reputation so that when he's older and he's tired, he can actually not do as much and he can be more balanced. So what you do is you hustle through. Now what do you do if you're like, you know, 50 and you've decided to turn your life around? What do you do if you're 40 and you decide to turn your life around? It doesn't mean that it's over, but here's what it means. At that point, if you've waited that long, you're coming late to the party, it's gonna be tough, it's gonna be harder, but you can still do it. What you'd have to do at that point is, be very careful with how you manage your energy levels. Be very careful with how you manage your life and try to surround yourself with younger driven people. And then you've got a shot, okay? But make no mistake, like first of all, in life, generally speaking, success is gonna come from people that work very hard and are able to figure out where their kind of like unfair advantages are. Let's put it to you that way, okay? So you can't be whatever you want. Do you guys get that? Like, I don't get to be an NBA player. Is that a limiting belief? Like, is that a limiting belief that I'm not gonna join the Lakers? You know what I'm saying? Like is, like, is that a limiting belief? Like, Steve Nash is an amazing basketball player. He's 39 or 40 right now, and he's too injured to play no matter how hard he tries to play. Is that a limiting belief? No, he's just, he's too old now. He can't, his body can't take the fucking impact of this crazy shit anymore. So you have to keep that in mind. What do you, why do you guys think I succeeded with RSD? What are some, un, like I had massively unfair advantages. What are some unfair advantages that I had? Okay, the book, the game, there's an interesting one. It put me in a position where I had nothing to lose because I looked so retarded at that point, you can't go any lower. So I just stopped caring, okay? So that was an unfair advantage. What's another unfair advantage that I have for, for teaching pickup? What's that? What's that? You're a I'm a nerd, exactly. I'm a massive fucking nerd. So you know how most people just like to have regular conversations? Like, how are you? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, 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 like that, right? I'm that fucking nerd that if I was like a full nerd would be like pulling apart octopuses and looking at their organs and like fucking shit like that, right? I'm that guy. But I just took that nerd, that nerd brain. I don't like surface level conversations. I like depth. Now when I do pickup, I do surface level. But I like depth. So that allowed me to have unlimited pickup content. There is no limit to the amount of pickup content that I have. So I can put up any amount of fucking pickup content. The other unfair advantage that I have is that I had no social skill growing up. So what that meant was that whenever I had to learn something in pickup, see when you guys learn pickup, most of you guys have at least even a little bit of social skill, you're just like, oh, that's kind of like, you know, what the cool kids do or do, do, right? For me, I had to actually, I have, for me to understand what works in pickup, I have to break down every little fucking minutia for me to understand it. So something as basic as like self-amusement that you might just relatively get when you first hear it, I have to literally have like a five page breakdown 
of what that means and why you do it for my brain to understand it. It takes me about five, 10 times longer to understand a concept than most people. But once I understand it, I've broken it down so deeply that it makes for great content, okay? And the last advantage that I have is that pickup caused me so much fucking pain. I had so much, my, my, I just hated my life so much not getting sex. I loved to have sex. I hated my life not having sex. When I hear stories of people not having sex, I feel terrible for them. So basically, that was another advantage was I hated it so much that it motivated me to keep going out. So those, oh, and here's the last one. I got in early in the pickup community. So I had unfair advantages. You guys see that? Speed if, of implementation. Okay, yeah, what's that? Speed of implementation, you implement fast. And I implemented fast, yeah. So I'm here for, for there's two reasons why I got to where I got to. One of them is because I have massive unfair advantages, okay? It's just very, very hard to have what I have. It's called luck. So half of why I'm up here is luck. The other half of the reason why I'm up here was the balls to seize an opportunity when I saw it. Do you guys remember earlier I talked about I could have done law or I could have done this, okay? So I had the balls to do it, and then I cut off all other options, and then the other one, and then the other one was hard work. So it's basically 50% luck that you have something that you're amazing at if you wanna be successful, and then the other half is a combination of the balls to go for it combined with work ethic, okay? So that's basically gonna be success in anything. Now you guys might say to yourself, does that mean that if I'm not special talented in pickup that I'm not gonna um, be successful? Well, let's put it this way. Um, you'll definitely get plenty good results. Your results will be fine. Will your results though be as good as Julian? I've actually never seen someone as good at pickup as Julian in my personal opinion. Why does Julian have an advantage in pickup? Because Julian so much loves Messing with girls' heads, he loves that like I love running RSD, okay? He's obsessed with it. See, guys say to me like, what would it take for me to be as good at pickup as Julian? My answer is you don't want to be as good at pickup as Julian. You don't want that, okay? You do not want to be as good at pickup as Julian because that means that you become completely obsessed with like how women's minds work and getting into their minds. Julian is like, who here has been to like Julian's hot seat day before? You know what I'm talking about, right? Do you remember that scene where he makes the girl beg on hands and knees? You know what I'm saying, right? It's cool to be able to, and, and, then, he, and then he fingers her and puts it in my face. You remember that shit? It's cool to be able to do that. It's cool. But do, you, but do you know what kind of bizarre obsession it takes to get to that point? Do you want, I mean, if you could just snap your fingers and do it, yeah, that's cool. But do you know how much of your life you would have to give up to, the, to invest time into getting into women's heads to, to have everything perfectly down? This is what Julian's like, okay? Like, you guys ever seen those like proactive skincare commercials? You guys ever seen that? When they make that, you guys realize they're like testing it and testing it and testing it and testing it. Well, put Puff Daddy's testimonial here, Jessica Simpson's testimonial here, put the call now. Like They're fucking testing this shit for years until they have this cash cow thing that brings money in for acne skin shit, okay? Which is like some generic skin product. But by the time you're finished washing, you think this product of skincare is gonna suck your dick and fucking cure cancer and like all this fucking shit, okay? Julian is like that with pickup. That's Julian with pickup. Like every little thing Julian has tested it. Like Julian's like, okay, now, like for him, it's like a Tetris game. It's like this happens, then you could do this, and then this happens, and this, and this, and then this would happen. Then you shape the emotion, you raise the emotion, then you spike it here, you do this. Like it, it is, it is layered. I spent at one point three days just not even gaming and just watching Julian, and I became progressively more shocked as the three days continued. I by the end of it, I was just like, 
Like, I was like, oh my God, okay? Like, every little word and intonation and ways, just, it's fucking crazy. So the thing is, like, do you want to be that good at that one thing? Because remember, while Julian can do that, Julian can also probably barely bench press like 10 pound plates on each side of the gym, okay? You don't, you don't get to be everything. Do you guys get, like, you don't get to be everything. You can be like, here's the deal. You could basically be really fucking awesome at like one or two things, and then you can be pretty good at a bunch of other shit, and then you can suck at a bunch of shit, okay? I can, I probably could barely do long division at this point. I, I went as far in math as like trinomial factoring, and then I just became very upset and I quit, all right? The way that I passed the class was I snuck to the front and I erased my mark out and fucking scribbled in a different mark, and that was how I passed. I know it's bad, but that's what I did. Okay. I also, I, also um, I was very good in English, so I did, uh, I got my buddy uh, Charles Cadman to sneak and do my uh, test for me as well. I would skip the test, and then I'd go in the hall to do the test, and then Charles would stay in the bathroom, and then I'd rip um, all the papers except for one paper off. He would run to the bathroom, do his test, run, or do my test for me, run back, then I'd give him the one paper that I kept, because I kept that one paper in case the teacher came out. He would go do that one for me. He'd leave a couple errors in it because then it would look real. And then he would come back and then I hand in. That's what we call unfair advantage. But um, you don't know, like shit like that, right? Think outside the box. But uh, yeah, that's, you know, that's pretty much the deal, right? So anybody in pickup can get to a level where um, you can get laid by some attractive women throughout the year. Uh, you can get you know, a bunch of dates. You can get a, a group of women that you're sleeping with and eventually get an awesome girlfriend or awesome wife. Anybody can do that. If you choose to go to like a really high level in pickup, uh, that's up to you. But the guys who I see who do the best of it are guys that have like an un, like some kind of unfair advantage. You know who else is kind of kooky like that was mystery, okay? Where he's just, he's just kind of kooky. Like his, his unfair advantage is like he loves validation. He loves validation. Now you know how they say like in pickup you shouldn't want validation? Basically like there's two routes you can go with that. One is you can just like transcend the need for validation. Or you can go the other route where you just become really, really frighteningly good at getting validation. That's basically your two options. Very few people will be able to do the latter. It's extremely difficult, but some people can, and those people have an unfair advantage. They might later in life become depressed and like mess up over it because it's like a bottomless bucket, but that's, that is an unfair advantage, okay? So pretty much here's what I'd say, this is pretty much what I'd say life is about, okay? I'll pretty much summarize it like this. Life, for the most part, is tough as fucking shit, very difficult, uh, incredibly unfair. Life is incredibly fucking unfair. Now, before you're like, but what about the flowers? Okay, let me make a point about this. If you live in Haiti and like 100,000 people die, are you gonna be like, but what about the flowers, Tyler? What about that? Look, if you were in Thailand when 250 people died from a wave, are you gonna be like, what about, I, I realize it's America, a lot of you guys probably don't even know what that, where Thailand is, but the point is like, you're like, what, where's the fucking, what about the, the flowers, okay? When, you know, when you're just driving along and you get hit by a car, what about the flowers? Okay, life is fucking tough. People die all the time for unfair shit, horrible things happen, you have bad luck, you can do everything perfect and it still goes bad. You can work your ass off and you just deserve success in every way and it still goes bad. So part of it is luck. Life is incredibly unfair and is incredibly difficult. And frankly, the only reason why it's kind of good now is because a lot of people put crazy amounts of effort to get the world to a state of semi-stability, okay? 
Like, you might think, like, but the world's good. Yeah, but you weren't fighting Hitler in World War II, okay? But your grandparents who were fighting Hitler in a fucking bunker like, like this, no, they're like, yeah, life is fucking tough. That's why, you know when you look at the old pictures, what do people look like in the old pictures? Are they like, like that? What do they look like? They're like, like, four of my kids are in heaven, but two lived. <laughs> They're in heaven. You know what I'm saying, right? You better believe in fucking heaven. Because like, half your family's like died of the fucking common cold, you know? So basically through, the, through a massive amount of sacrifice and effort of countless fucking people, you could now live in modern society where you can waste your fucking time and jack off to porn and fucking do stupid shit, okay? They died so you could live to do any stupid shit you want, all right? So basically, we're at a point now where life is tough, incredibly unfair, but here's the flip side. The flip side is there's more opportunity now than ever before. Take pickup. Back in the day, if you, if you didn't know pickup, you're fucked because you lived in a tiny little town, you're fucked. But what about now? If you suck shit at pickup, you live in Los Angeles, there's 17 million people here who you can practice approaching. And I promise you, you will not approach all 17 million. It will feel like it, but you will not approach all 17 million. So the thing is, if you suck at pickup, you can run around and there's these awesome nightclubs or great venues that you can go to and you can blow out the whole goddamn venue while you work on your social skills and try different things and do weird little Frankenstein experiments and keep trying to build up your social skills. You, you're, in a, you're in a situation where you can feed yourself healthy food. You're not going to die of weird random shit most of, the, most of the time. Okay, So life is tough, but life also has a lot of opportunity and you have to look at that. now. Like I said, it's a decision of, where, of how you want your life to be. I have characterized life as the typical person's life as sucking shit, but to be fair, let's be fair, whose value system is that? My value system. A lot of people like their lives. A lot of people are very happy with those lives, okay? And that's them, okay? I know a lot of people like that. I know, I've met people from Mexico who live in like, the, the, like, in like um, drug dealer infested uh, areas, and they're still like, life is fun. Life is fun. I'm like, I'm like, really? Like you're from a terrible place. They're like, it's okay. Paco's in heaven, but it's okay. You know, like, like they've been, like they've got like, like relatives kidnapped and shit. The mom of my kids has had like fucking like five or six friends killed because she's from Mexico originally. She's like five, six friends killed. There's this fucking little kid, this little gay dude that came to my house. Fucking, what was his name? Uh, I can't remember his fucking name. Little cute little gay dude, right? Like nice guy. She was going hanging out with him. He left back to Mexico. The dude was killed by the gangs like, like a couple weeks later, just dead. He's found tortured and shit, okay? I'm not even, I'm not even fucking with you. I mean, so, I mean, I don't even know what to say. I'm just like, it's like, it's like not even real to me. I'm just like, he was what? Yes, yeah, like his guts ripped out. I mean, I'm not mean to freak you guys out. Like his guts ripped out and shit. I'm like, why? And it's like, that's just what's going on down there right now. That's the type of shit that's fucking happening. So you live here though, okay? You don't live in Juarez. You live here. Good for you. At least something's good. So... <laughs> You have opportunities. So what are you gonna make out of it? And like I said, it basically comes down to, one, do as best you can to surround yourself with great influences, okay? Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time on petty emotions. No, like, none of this, like, self-defeating shit, okay? If you're ugly and short, here's what you do. Here's my answer if you're ugly and short. First thing, don't po make a post crying about it. That's number one, okay? Number two, Go, if you're short, go get some shoes with a bit of heels in it and put a liner in it, okay? Now you're like two inches taller. It still probably sucks, but at least you're not as short. 
then dress well, go to the gym, and then shut the fuck up, okay? That's your own, there's no other answer than that, okay? The only, like, it's like, it's like, let's call it, let's make an acronym, we'll call it WINS, okay? Um, we'll basically say that it is uh, weightlifting, uh, image, uh, nutrition, and shut the fuck up, okay? That's it. Lift weights, like, like what do I do if I'm ugly? Lift weights, handle your image as best you can, eat the right food, and shut the fuck up. Block it out, block it out. From there, what do you do? Go out a lot and get as good as you can at picking up girls. Build large social circles where you are popular within the social circle and have lots of opportunity. Make yourself into a very happy person who other people think are cool so the girls want to sleep with you. There's no, there's no other answer. It's not like if you make 90 million posts crying that you're ugly, that's, that like your mom is going to go, I'm sorry, you just really deserve to not be ugly. Ding! A prince is born! Okay, no, it's just, it is the way it is. It is the way it is. So just real, like if you think you have it bad, there's people that have it way worse. Wait, it is so bad out there. You have no, you don't even know what bad is. Most of you in this room or me, we don't even know what bad is. We don't even have a context for what bad is. So never complain. Don't complain. What you basically do, like, like here's, I think, my strength. Basically what I've done, people come to me all the time and they ask me these questions like, how do I make it so I'm just happy all the time? Or how do I make it so I'm confident all the time? Or, or like, how do I get it to the point where I don't get flakes? And like, they think that I found the solution. I look like I found the solution, but actually the only difference between me and them is that I just accept it. That's the main difference. Like, I'm just like, well, yeah, life is like really tough. Like, like, like where's the, where, like, how are you not seeing, are you not seeing that life is meant to be tough? Life is just, is what it is, it's tough. So what you do is just the shit that I'm talking about. Like I said, accept that life tends to be tough. Just accept it. Accept that if you didn't get the lucky lot in life, that your life's gonna be really tough, okay? But then from there, be appreciative of the things that you do have going for you because you probably have a lot more going for you than you even realize. So be appreciative for that and maybe you can make a better future for your kids and their kids' kids if you actually contribute to that. From there, be willing to take a risk and cut off all other possibilities but success. But once you do take that risk, treat it very fucking seriously and go hard. Try to get to a point where that shit is stable while you still have a bit of your youth left so you don't have to kill yourself as much when you're older. You can relax and you can manage your health and look always for the things that you have unfair advantages of and then hammer it. Lastly, I would also say this. As you succeed in anything in life, you will have to manufacture your own passion. Guys are always coming to me. They're like, you're just so lucky that you teach something you're passionate about. Look, I'm extremely passionate. But at the same time, everybody has dips. Like, other pickup teachers come up to me all the time and they're like, you know, like, usually this is what they look like, by the way. This happens constantly. So I'll see some pickup teacher from like eight, nine years ago, okay? And here's the basic qualities that you'll see in them. One is he's carb bloated, okay? The guy's carb bloated, because he doesn't, he doesn't fuck a lot of chicks anymore, so he doesn't care what he looks like. Number two, he dresses like shit. And number three, he looks kind of beaten down by life. Now, I'll remember this guy from eight or nine years ago when he was active in pickup, looking good, looking fly, fucking funny, charismatic. His dreams were still there. He still had his dreams. You could see it in his eyes. That's the basic thing. You can see if someone saw their dreams by looking in their eyes. 
and he doesn't look the same anymore. And I'll be like, hey, what's up, dude? And uh, I'm just like loving life. And then this guy looks kind of beaten down. His dreams are killed. And I try not to say anything because it's awkward. So I'll just be like, hey. And they're just kind of like, kind of shaking their head. Like, 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 like they see me and they can remember what that was like. They're like, hey. <laughs> you know, right? And I'm like, hey. <laughs> and I just don't say anything. So, and, and then they're like, so you're, what are, what are you still doing? Like, what are you doing now? I'm like, yeah, I fucking teach boot camps every weekend. I'm teaching. I'm all over the place. We're building RSD. We love it. And they're like, you didn't get sick of that? You didn't, you didn't get bored of pickup? And I'm like, no, dude, I love fucking pickup. They're like, but you're, you're, you have two kids. You're, you're 34. Why do you still do it? I just I can't handle that boot camp shit anymore, man. It's too intense. The students are, are just difficult. You know, I, I, I just want to sell my DVDs and relax. So I just sell my DVDs. I'm like, that's what most of these guys do. Like, I'm not even dissing them. Like, I actually like these. I'm not dissing them. I'm just, it's just not the way I'd want to be. Basically what they do is they just sell their DVDs and get a girlfriend and then just do the minimal amount possible. And in my mind, I'm like, motherfucker, when BitTorrent gets even more popular, you're going to be pretty pissed you took that route. Um, but they look like that. And then they're, they're, they're like, what? They're like, how can you still be into pickup? I don't understand. Here's what they don't understand. I manufactured the passion. I, I self-manufactured and self-generated the passion. It was a decision that I made. How did I do it? One thing was I got Julian, right? He was my wing for a couple years. Now he travels all the time. Uh, so I got younger people that were into pickup. As I've gone now, I've gotten into the girl on girl thing, going out with girl. So I kept that interesting. Um, also, I focused on the teaching of it, how new insights helps other people. Um, another big one is I make my nights out fucking crazy. I don't just go out like I'm just a lonely little soul and now a girl's gonna fuck me so I can get a moment of relief from my pain. Hi, oh my pickup artist batting average went down, I hate life, let's go make a post about it. That's not the frame I'm coming from. The frame that I'm coming from is let's go do some crazy shit. Let's go do something funny. Let's go do something wild. Let's go do something insane. Let's go fucking nuts. Let's go to the best clubs. Let's go to the, where the hottest girls are at. Let's go hang with celebs. Let's go travel the world. Let's go do the craziest fucking shit. You know what else I, I focus on? The social intelligence that you get out of it. I focus on how it hones your reflexes. Pickup is very much cold approach pickup. It's a game of reflexes. The girl's walking. Do you stop her here? Do you walk with her and stop her? Do you walk with her the whole way? Uh, do you grab her friends? Do you not grab her friends? Do you diss her? Do you be friendly to her? Do you, do you chat her? Do you let her chat you? What do you do? There's the reflexes. I focus on that. Also, when you make out with half the girls in a nightclub, it raises your sense of status. It actually activates neurocircuitry in your brain that's not usually activated. Weird claim, I get that, but let me ask you a question. How many of you guys here had an epic night out and just felt smarter and more amazing than you ever have? Who has ever had that experience? The whole fucking room. So are you not telling me that that is not activating certain things in your brain? Of course it is. Human beings have perpetual status anxiety because in one environment, we have status in another environment we don't. Cold approach pickup, what it does is it teaches you how to create status in any environment which activates parts of your brain, makes you smarter, makes you think faster, makes you more present, teaches you emotional mastery, teaches you social skills. Well, now why am I still passionate? When I'm getting that out of it, am I gonna be like, I just wanna sell my DVDs, need a subway sub, you know? Or am I gonna be passionate? So that's the thing, so I manufactured it. So basically, like I said, let's quick review. And then we'll do some exercises. Life, tough as shit, <laughs> unfair. Some people get it easy, some people do not. Your only consolation is laughing that many of the people that have it easy turn to drugs. 
That's your basic consolation. Like, haha, he's a rich kid, but he's a drug addict. That's basically your one consolation. Okay, like being stuck down low motivated me. That's like your, you could just hang on to that. Okay, so again, tough, unfair. Many times it's just you're born into a situation where things are difficult. Requires incredible time management, incredible focus. Um, if you're not happy with where you're at, if you're happy with where you're at, it doesn't require any of this. In fact, all that it requires to be happy, if you, if you like your life, is a joint. Okay, you'll be incredibly happy for like 10 bucks. Uh, so it's up to you. Um, basically, tough. Go about life, look for the thing, try a lot of different things, fill your mind up with great information, put yourself around great people, value your time as the most important asset that you have, uh, just constantly be learning, growing, and of course, do things that are fucking fun, but when you do something that's fun, do something that's actually fun. Like if you live in LA, Go to fucking like Topanga Canyon in Malibu and go on the craziest fucking hike of your life. Or go watch some crazy new movie. Or just like go out with your friends and just laugh your fucking ass off. But don't waste your time on shit that's draining you. Continually examine your life. Look at the direction, the path that is leading you on. Try tons of new things because by trying new things, what that's gonna do is it's going to allow you to see what you might be good at. When I went and met up with different people in the pickup community, that was one of many different things that I was trying out. And I happened to resonate with that. I saw that I had some unfair advantages, so I went for it. Later, when you get tired of what you're doing, find new ways to manufacture the passion. That's the only way that you're gonna be able to keep doing it. And the main payoffs, here's the main payoffs that you're gonna get out of it. Like I said, when life is good, everything is just better. People treat you better, your body works better, you're happier, you're smarter, you're more creative, there is a long-term payoff. The person who you become is also, you're, you're just much happier about it, okay? That whole, it's not what you get out of it, it's the person who you become, that is huge, okay? I have great sex every day of my life almost. I, have, I haven't had a day where I didn't have amazing sex in months probably. I have incredible sex, but is that the main thing that I got out of this? No, incredible sex is just like eating an incredible meal or going to catch a great movie, it's cool. I mean, I look like a guy in a, in a porn video, but I mean, I also like to masturbate to porn. You know, I like jerking off to good porn. I like to fuck a hot girl. To me, it's, they're both cool. It's not like it makes you instantly happy. It's mostly the person who you become. That's what you get out of it. The pride that you get out of it and making something out of your life. You also know that at least for some, in some small way, in your own small way, you're making a difference because when you're somebody that other people can admire, other people want to step up to that. So when you're creating something great of your own life, other people are inspired to pull themselves up. The flip side is you can just live for, ins for, for like short-term temporal pleasure, but here's the problem with that. Things are good for a sec, and then they're not. And then things feel good for a sec, and then they're not, right? You smoke the joint, you're high, and then you're not. You know what I'm saying, right? You're watching fucking American Idol, and then you're not. So, how you, so your happiness is too shaky. When you're happy with the person who you become, that is always the payoff. In, in good times or bad, there's a context to what you're experiencing. Okay, and that's the basic payoff. So, like I said, the thing that really kind of inspired me to do this talk was just all the posts that I read that are so fucking whiny. And in my mind, I'm like, I think the same thing as what you think, I just have a different interpretation of it. You know, like guys are like, girls hate guys that are short, it's so horrible. I have the same thoughts, but I'm just like, it's so horrible, but I could overcome it. Or like, life is difficult from people that come from a fucked up background. I think the same shit, but you can overcome it. So the main difference that I have is I realistically assess it and I'm in non-resistance to it. I don't resist it. In fact, and maybe you can kind of sense this, 
I kind of perversely like it. In case you didn't figure that out, I kind of perversely like it the way that it is. In fact, I'm at a point where I wouldn't want it any other way. I fucking love it, in case you haven't been able to tell. So um, that's it, that's my story. Uh, we're gonna do some exercise in a minute. I hope that you enjoyed it. And uh, I wanna thank you guys for coming out. social dynamics welcome to the next video of the truth about success and this is a video series where we're gonna talk about hardcore success principles I really talk off the cuff I like to do this after I've had huge work projects I'm kind of amped up I'm like Bleh! you know so kind of gets you going if you like this video check out the first four installments of the truth about success stories let's do it as you're changing um, most people will resist it and tell you not to do it and discourage you. And then later, once you've kind of crossed over, it's like, yeah, I had your back the whole time, bro. And so you'll see that with, with everybody. I even do that myself. Like I've, I've had to let go amazing people in my life. It's so depressing, but they kind of won't get behind the goals that I have. And then always when you get to the next level, you'll always kind of hear them reach out. They're like, hey man, you know, could we grab lunch? I've had your back the whole time. I'm so excited about what you did. And it's just, they, it's not that they're bad people at all. They just gave into the fear of it, right? So, but the problem is in that in-between part, people are afraid of losing you out of their lives and so they'll discourage you from doing anything that, that helps you so say you go approach somebody you know they'll take the whole rationalization of like what are you some player now or are you just like this using scumbag who's out to use women and you're like no i'm, I'm not even getting laid right now like i i wish i was trying to like use women i'm, I'm just trying to go talk to somebody could you just kind of is it okay if i go talk to somebody and you know their fear will will kind of trigger them to feel like that's not okay. So you've got to have the, you've got to be able to power through that, okay? So Luke doesn't have that issue also because once you get wacky enough that nobody questions you anymore, that's a great space to be in. Like, you want to be that guy where they're like, oh, that's just Luke, he's crazy. Oh, that's Owen, he's crazy. Like, you want to be, you want to regularly say and do weird enough things that people don't question it, that you evolve, so you're not having to push past that fucking glue of people not wanting you to evolve. So the more that you're known as like, oh, that wacky guy, the less that people will be pissed. Because as long as you're the wacky guy, now you're not changing. They're like, oh, that's just him. You're not changing. So they won't give you a hard time. In fact, frankly, if you stagnated, like even for, for, pe for most people, if you're the wacky guy, and then you're like, you know, I'm just going to wear a suit, have my 2.5 children and a picket fence, they'd be like, whoa, you're the wacky guy. Why are you doing that? So, so, you could add, so, so people just generally want their reality to make sense. So if you can get it to where people expect you to be a little bit unpredictable and whatnot, now you have the ability to maneuver without having that extra pressure of like explaining it to your friends, which can burn more energy than you think it does. So, you know, I get that. Everybody feels that pressure. We all do. You know, and we all do it to other people too and have to let other people evolve. Even me running RSD, when there's other people who maybe want to do a project other than RSD, you know, you think I don't feel that? Say, some guy, say it's a guy who instructed with me and I spent five years training him and then he's like, okay, I don't necessarily want to like keep doing pickup anymore. I want to teach something else. You know, you don't think a part of me is like, no, like, why are you doing this, right? I put five years in training you. But at the same, you know, at the same time, if it's for their growth, I've got to be mature about it and say, you know what, dude, you want to grow in a different direction, go for it. Even if you made less money, it's a direction that you want to go to, you feel a calling for it, do it. And 
I've got to be able to do that, you know? And so, and, but by doing that, I feel that I actually have a higher retention of people I work with because people can sense, oh, he actually has my best interests at heart. So very few people in life are gonna have your best interests at heart and aren't just trying to create their own little reality, right? So there's a book you can read on that called like Multipliers, um, and it's like Multipliers versus Diminishers, right? So are you somebody who wants others to multiply themselves or are you a, a diminisher, right? So it's just kind of, you know, you've gotta ask yourself that. And for me, by the way, can you guys guess why I'm okay if people like maybe leave my circle or like leave, say, working with me, why I'm okay with that? What do you think is my selfish reason for being okay with that? Yeah, you have to be in the law of abundance. So you have to be like, it's okay. It's like, how many of you guys ever have a girlfriend who left, who left you and it, it, you tried everything to get her back and it actually went miserable when you tried to get her back? And when you just let go and accepted that this is a new chapter in your life, all of a sudden, like, maybe you meet a way better girl or new opportunities come up that are just incredible. Anybody ever experienced like that? It's crazy, right? I had a girl who, um, who's incredible. Um, Six-time Playboy Playmate. Um, we get along amazing. We have so much fun. And then, you know, I could, but I could just feel that she wanted me to do things that were like so reasonable. And I am the devil for not doing these things. But essentially, super reasonable. But I could see that it would like distract from work, just like even like five to ten percent. I could feel that it would, even though she's completely in the right and I'm completely in the wrong. And I looked at it honestly, and I said to myself, if like when you're playing at a certain level and you're putting everything you have in something. And you lose, say, five to ten percent of your power. You think that makes a big difference? It's the hidden cost, right? You don't recognize that at the time. It's the hidden cost. And I could just see. I was like, you know, a lot of my friends kind of hang on to their girls a little bit too long, and there's a hidden cost to it. I'm like, could I let this go? I could. Would I be sad? Oh yeah, I'm sad. <laughs> I'm still sad. But you know, would I be sad? Of course. But could I let it go? Now, if I let it go, what would happen? Now, funny enough, as soon as I let it go my life just got better and better and better. I mean, it's almost like there's like, God is looking down on me like, you did it, good for you. You serve me, because ultimately- Here's your reward. Yeah, here's your reward, it was great, because ultimately like, I'm actually happier just with her. I'm, I'm so much happier just with her, because I'm having an incredible sex life with like the most amazing woman who is like my best friend. Of course I'm having more fun, what's more fun than that? But the point is, why'd I let it go? Because I could serve more, I could actually serve more if I have more power to serve more. So now I'm serving more. All of a sudden, boom, game movie gets announced. You guys hear about that? Yeah. The fucking game movie gets announced. Okay? Immediately after. Now what's great now for now, of course, there's it's not exactly all upside. I mean, basically it's probably gonna be like Seth Green running around like a sociopath, and that's me. <laughs> not gonna, maybe that was my punishment for leaving her. I don't know. <laughs> it's not clear yet. But, you know, but at the same time, like when that, when that, if you, anybody's read that book, when that book came out, even though, of course, you know, it's a, it's a huge hit to the ego. I mean, so I'm, not thinking, I'm like, oh God, this again, right? I'm going to be like Jerry Heller in the NWA movie or something, but, but worse, that's a light version. I know, I know, like copper, copper cap or something's going to play. So like from YouTube. So, so it's like, who did you say? Carrot top. Carrot, yes, carrot top yeah. will play me, right? So, so basically. <laughs> so, but at the same time, even though it was hard on the ego, like in my mid twenties, I could still recognize it's a massive opportunity, right? So you know, you can get stuck in your ego, and you know, it hurt. You're like, whoa, like, whoa. like I'm even sweating now just thinking about it, like that experience. But at the same time, it's like the hardest thing in any business is leads. You guys know about that, like just getting people to even find out that you have a business. The game funded us for years and uh, you know allowed me to build a business, it allowed me to be creative and build multi-million dollar product launches rather than having to just generate leads like most people. Like, you know, like a lot of people will be like, wow, it's so amazing how RC's really authentic 
make, and they're not always just scrounging for a buck. Well, why were we able to do that? Because Neil came in, he made that book so that I had constant um, students coming in, right? It's amazing. So with the, with the movie coming out, it's like that maybe even bigger. Um, even if the movie didn't wind up even coming out, even though they announced it, the fact that it would motivate me for a couple years to prepare for it is a gift in and of itself. No matter what happens, a gift. On top of that, I started having all these like celebrities coming over to my house, wanting to do interviews with me, authors coming to my house, wanting to do interviews with me. All these other girls that like I hadn't heard from and from whatever, like just forever, just start popping out of the woodworks, like hot girls, like just hitting me up. I'm, I'm not actually, I actually get pretty hurt from breakups. So for me, it's like, I'm not even ready to have sex yet. But at the same time, it's like, um, you know, they're there, right? And it's just kind of funny. And all these other cool opportunities just started immediately happening, right? And I can imagine that if I'd stay with her, and I've been destabilized because it's just like, just like those little hidden costs, even though she was so reasonable. And again, like I'm the most unreasonable person ever for leaving that. But if I would have stayed, um, there's just that much distraction. Just that extra two hours a day of sex is a distraction and so on and so forth. I could take that same two hours. I could go out and game and I go out and game. And what happens? My pickup skill set's going up. And whenever I do more pickup, my public speaking goes up and my um, confidence goes up and so on and so forth. How many of you guys ever had like a, like a really hot girlfriend? You're having sex with her for a few months, which is great. But when you come out of it, you almost have like a buyer's remorse because you're like, where did the time go? Anybody ever felt like that? It's pretty crazy, right? What's that? The cherish. Yeah, the cherishing, right? I mean, it's great to have a girlfriend. You should do it. But like, I, I mean, there's periods in my like RC Tyler channel where there's like a six month gap of any video and all I did was fuck all day. And like, and then I kind of like, I, I like realize I'm in this haze. I'm like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the fucking vortex right now. I'm like, I'm like, I've been here for months. I'm like, I need to take it out, but I don't want to. I don't want to take it out. No, it's a harsh, cruel world. I have to edit something, you know? And then I'm like, I'm, I'm about to take it out. <laughs> yeah, the lo yeah, like the Lotus Eaters or the um, or the uh, Island of Calypso in the in the Odyssey. That's exactly exactly how I felt. It's funny you said that. That's a, there's this, this amazing thing, the Odyssey of Homer, and they get they go to this like Lotus Plant Island or something. They get like get high for like a long time when they're on their journey home, and then the then the Island of Calypso like distracts them, right? I mean, I'm not trying to call my ex like Calypso. That's pretty nasty. Like I'm the, I'm the bad one, but I'm gonna call her Cal like. How does that make sense? But it's but it's like literally like you're just in this like warm cocoon of complete acceptance with a 10 and just like wrapping her legs around you just pulling you in just being so nice to you just like everything you touch on her feels so perfect she smells so good then you just come deep in her pussy and then you just go to a restaurant some restaurant that's probably you shouldn't be eating at because you don't care because you have acceptance so it doesn't matter what you look like and you just eat the food and then you just go back and you slide it in more and you just like in this warm cocoon you don't need to use a condom you don't need to shower after she loves you, you love her, everything's happy, right? And then you're like, oh, that's end. I need to serve more of these idiots at the free tour. All right. Take it out. Take it out in the cold world with just, just with Luke in your tea and a bunch of men laughing at your dumb jokes in the cold. <laughs> Yeah. Are you inspired? Yeah. <laughs> Woo! You know, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you guys. I'm taking her back. I'm out of here. She's a succubus. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I mean, I mean, like she's incredible. But the truth, the, the problem is when you're when you're on a path in life, anything that's even like a slight, it's like if you're if you're this like race car, even like a slight little extra parachute of like non aerodynamicness at the top is fucking you up, even if it's two percent. And so if you're gonna be with somebody, they've got to be so much behind what your goals are as a man. And if that girl won't do it, that's fair, right? Not everybody wants to be in that kind of a situation with a guy. They all think they want a successful boyfriend until they get it, right? And she was so reasonable, but at the same time, it's like they think they want it until they get it, and then they realize like what, what they really wanted was like a 55-year-old millionaire who's kind of like already made it, and he's kind of like kind of like Richard Branson now, where he just sits on Necker Island, he goes for a bike ride, and he's like, come here, honey. You know, he might be 65, maybe he's flaccid, but at least he doesn't have to work all the time, right? He can just kick it with you on Necker, and it is what it is. But if you want like a, like a young dude, like I'm not exactly young anymore, but a young dude on like a big time come up, if you want that, you gotta accept like it is what it is, right? And so for me, no matter how much it hurts, no matter how much it, it just is a, is a knife in the heart, if I don't have a 100% aerodynamic situation, I will let it go. And that doesn't matter who or what it is. That doesn't matter thoughts. Like, I laugh at many of the thoughts that guys have. They're so funny, these thoughts. I think to myself, how could you indulge in a thought like that and still crush it? Like, that's not even in my realm. Like, any, any gossiping thought, any self-pity, any depression, any, like, things like approaching anxiety, things like lack of motivation and dwelling on that, how would you ever get to the goal with that? That's like if you're on this hiking trail and you're just packing these heavy weights in the back. Dude, you gotta let that shit go. The sun's going down. You're not gonna get to the campground. You're gonna be stuck on the side of the fucking mountain. Is that cool? Like, you're like I actually view people who think they can indulge in that as optimists. I'm a pessimist. That's, what, that's why I did the breakup. Because I'm such a pessimist. I'm like, if there's even 2% distraction, I'm not gonna make it. And then my whole shit's gonna implode. You're gonna leave anyway. So might as well get it over with. <laughs> Let's get it on. Let's get it over with. Save us both some time. You know, because if my, if my whole shit collapses and then I'm all depressed and sitting in a ball crying and I'm a fucking wreck, you know, the girl's going to be like, that's not, quite, you know, like you're already a balding ginger and now you're crying in a ball. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> go away. So, you know, so for me, it's just, just keep moving forward. It's, it's tough to do. But you know what I've found in the end, as you just keep growing, they all come back. You know, they're all, they're all like, yeah, but, you know, I had your back the whole time. Maybe not after this video. They're like, fuck that guy. I'm not coming back. <laughs> you know, probably not. Right. To prove a point. But. You know, it is what it is. I've had a lot of, like, so many reasonable things in my life of, like, reasonable, like, her request, like, so reasonable, like, like, so reasonable. And, you know, friends of mine that, that want time of mind, so reasonable, um, so many reasonable things. But at the end of the day, I've got to look at it and I got to be like, okay, well, where am I trying to get to? And realistically, could I get to that point? Like, are, is self-pity reasonable? I absolutely think it is. Absolutely. But... I just, I'm trying to get to this place where I don't have time for that and I'm not going to make it if I indulge in self-pity. So, you know, for me, it's just like, I just keep moving forward. It depends where you want to get to. It depends kind of what your goals are. And remember, every, it's like different strokes for different folks, right? Because ultimately, like, you may actually would maybe rather, like, your happiness is cherishing with that girl. Your happiness maybe is getting to watch TV. Maybe your happiness is playing a lot of video games or whatever it is, right? So it's not to like judge those things as bad or good because you could actually poke holes in my argument by saying, okay, well, you get to this goal that you have, but at what cost? What did that cost you? How many relationships did you burn? How much time with your children did you burn? Et cetera, et cetera. Me being out here, I've got children back at my baby mama's house that I'm not gonna see this weekend. You guys see that? So at what cost is it gonna be? So what you really just do is you say to yourself, where am I trying to get to? 
realistically, what's the cost that I'm willing to pay? And then just make your choice. And if, and if it's too hard to go, you know, that's probably too hard. There's certainly places that, I'm, that I don't want to get to. There's guys that, that train so much and do so much. I look at that and I go, that's not for me. Okay, that's not for me. So you just kind of want to get a sense of where you're trying to get to, what the upsides are of it, what the downsides are of it, and then make a realistic plan to get there. But then don't have things around you that are distractions or have distracting thoughts and then wonder why you didn't get there. And then your life becomes chaos because you're the bottleneck in what you're trying to do and then be pissed about it. You know, it's like you can really, at this point, you can pretty much just do whatever you want. So you just make the choice to do it, right? Like take game. So many guys want to learn how to succeed with women. Well, what, what do you have to do and what's the cost of it? In my experience, you want to be out about four days a week, maybe seven days a week. Now, at this point in my game development, I could even just go out three, four days a month and I'll keep improving. But for most guys when they're new, there's such a catch up that's having to be played that you've got to go out more. So that, but is that going to have a cost? What do you think? Going out four to seven nights a week. Yeah. Is that going to have an immense personal toll? What do you think? For example, you got to go to work, right? You got to go to work. So you're up later. Like I do things like create dark rooms so I can sleep in the pitch black and things like that because, you know, if you're out till four in the morning, you sleep till noon, sun comes up at six, you're sleeping in this like bright room for, um, you know, for six of your eight hours of sleep. That's going to fuck you up. You can create a dark room where you sleep in the pitch black. I do pitch black, by the way, pitch black. Um, you could take a big 50-gallon uh, garbage bags or whatever and blue tape so it doesn't rip the paint off your walls and you can just tape it up. But the point is like, like, uh, like, you know, what are, what's, what are you willing to do to get it, right? Are you willing to go out? Are you willing to do approaches? Or are you going to sit around not doing approaches? Are you, are you willing to, like, look at yourself and the weird parts of your personality that either maybe you want to accentuate or maybe you want to remove? Are you willing to get feedback from people? What do you guys think that going out and doing, say, game for, say, three, four hours a night, four days a week, what, what effect do you think that has and why? What do you think? Lack of sleep. Mm-hmm. Lack of sleep. Your, your ego gets annihilated. That's why nobody wants to do it and everybody criticizes the game. Like, you guys realize there's never going to be a reality where people don't criticize the game, right? Do you guys get why? Unless they're all it. Yeah, because it's too hard. To, they're not all going to do it. It's too hard on the ego, right? It smashes your ego to bits. So, do you, like, yeah, let's all go out and have our fucking, go through the meat grinder of cold approach, have our face smashed into a sewer repeatedly, you know, and basically, like, it basically just come up bloodied, just like, rah, rah, rah. let's just do that again and again and again and again, so that a few times a month you could have sex with a condom. Yeah. Have awkward sex with someone you don't know using a condom. <laughs> yeah. You're a pimp, okay? So there's a, there's a price to be paid. Now, what's the payoff? Pimp, 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 you're a pimp. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's it. That's a seminar. Pimp, pimp. Yeah. Loads. <laughs> in a, in a, you get to eat a sandwich out of a, out of a Ziploc bag, basically. So... <laughs> And the sex of, sex of the con, right? Like, like guy, guys get surprised when I talk about how, like, I like having a girlfriend, right? I, it's not that I like having a girlfriend. It's that I like having sex raw. And when I, don't, when I have a girlfriend, I do that again and again and again. Like, people are like, what's your fetish? I'm like, raw sex where I don't have to pull out missionary again and again and again. And part of that fetish is I don't release any YouTube videos, okay? And that's my fetish. I don't, I don't need a mask. 
I don't need a choker. I don't need like a whip. Just let me not have to strap up. That's my fetish. Because because I'll be single for years at a time when, when I'm using condoms and hold on, I'm like ah oh, condom condom you know. But you know my other fetish is not having yeah. <laughs> my other fetish is not having pus coming out of my dick and random pregnancies. So that's my other fetish. So that's why I use a condom for some reason, you know. So yeah, it it is worth it, right? <laughs> no, this could be like a seminar, like doing raw sex. It's like what is the upside and what are you willing to pay? Can you get those pregnancies? You can power through. You can get those STDs. Don't worry about it. You gotta have inner strength. Right, right. It's like, you have you bumps know. for a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> You're evolved. <laughs> so, <laughs> again, we, we lost him on that one. Okay. So, <laughs> it's like Tosh.0. At a certain point, you lose everybody. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, we go. So, okay, so basically, but okay, so in game, right? Like, I'll, you know, I'll be, I'll be single and I'll do game, but what do you get out of it? Um, well, you're getting evolutionary pressure. Game, like going, going out and approaching a lot of people is evolutionary pressure for your mind and for your personality. It trains you to be like, okay, is my intent clear? Do I have the gas on full or do I have a bit of the brake on? Am I kind of outcome dependent? You know, the whole outcome dependence thing is kind of funny because like you're getting away from like that zen groundedness, right? And in life, part of life is a lesson to stay in that kind of sweet spot, right? That kind of zened out sweet spot where even though you're going full out, You've also let go of the outcome completely. It's important to do that in all life. So to find that sweet spot. So it trains you on that. It trains you on self-amusement so that you can make your own fun. Like when you see me and Luke clowning, you're trained to make your own fun rather than looking at society to give you fun. You're trained on that. Um, you're trained on taking action. The biggest one for me that it trained me on was it trained me on the correlation of how small, little, seemingly insignificant actions create massive outcomes. It trained me on that. So for example, I find that if I go, say, to a nightclub, if I do a couple little approaches on the way there, I build momentum. Then I, then I immediately approach in the club. I build momentum. Then maybe I take my first couple harsh rejections. Snaps my brain alert. Then I go from group to group. Snaps my brain alert. Then maybe I start attracting the okay girls. Gets my brain more alert. Then I go for one of the high-end girls. Oh, smack back down. Wait a minute. Regroup. I'm being too needy. Have more fun. Start having more fun. Get more social proof. Go back on one of the high-end girls again. Maybe get a make out a number. Okay, cool. Maybe back mingling. Guys and girls, mingle, mingle. Back on the really hot ones. Okay, got her. Is she ready to pull? Where's the peer group? Can I handle the dynamic environment that's taking place because friends are cock blocking, friends are freaking out, other people are getting in the way? It's dynamic. Do I have a game plan? What's going to get in the way of my game plan? How could I find solutions to all the problems? You guys ever get it where a girl's about to pull and then there's some bullshit takes place where you don't pull her? It trains you in real time to find solutions. The average person can't find solutions for shit. They're like sheep. They need to be told what to do. It trains you to be a, a, a results producer and a solutions finder. Okay? Now, that's just what it trains your mind on, which is so powerful. Okay? If you guys ever notice, like, people at RSD tend to be great improvisational speakers compared to at least the average person. Well, why is that? That came from game. It's like, where do you find these guys? Like, they're gaming, and you just get that when you game. So, you know, it forced, it forced you to look at yourself, your body language, the way you're communicating yourself, the way you're projecting yourself. Why am I able to hit the back of the room without a mic? All those different things. It trains you on your social impact. And I feel like I'm 30, 40% of the place that I want to be at in game. No, not even. I'm going to say 
20, 30% of where I want to be in a game. Because frankly, um, your results go up like a J curve. Like they don't, it's not like in bodybuilding where you kind of get like your initial 30, 40 pounds of muscle, like me and Luke, you know? And then basically you, uh, <laughs> and then it kind of tapers off. What I find in game is actually results get exponential. So in further years, your results go up, up, up. More like a business where the business kind of struggles for its first million and then it goes <clears throat> like that if you're smart about it. Trains you on all that. How about pragmatic things? Things like relationships. Can you get a quality relationship? What kind of girl do you have around you? That girl who I talked about breaking up with was an amazing fucking influence on me, at least for that first half year. But then as, you know, as it moved on, still pretty amazing, but just not quite amazing enough. Shed the weight, push, move on. Hopefully we get back together someday, but who knows, she probably wants to kill me. All right, now, <laughs> she posted a picture the next day on her, on her Instagram, her at the shooting range. Um, okay, that was odd. <laughs> so, um, gets you cool things like that. So basically, um, <laughs> So, you know, but it trains you on those things. Now, how about your life in general? Gets you better people around you. Gets you the practical day-to-day -day sex life that you want. You do want to have sex. You do want to have sexual experiences. Gets you that. How about in a relationship? You guys ever had in a relationship where you don't, where you get a really high-level girl, you don't know how to replace her, and now what happens, you're too scared to walk, and because you don't have that ability to walk, she walks all over you and slowly poison drips you drip by drip until you are a shell of your former self. Anybody here ever had that? No, really? No, really? No, really? No, no, what? No, what? They're but they're angels, right? Okay, so okay, <laughs> okay. So you see the idea. Well, do, do guys do way worse than girls? Okay, at least the girl's not gonna just start beating you. I think. Um, Okay, who knows? Yeah, but you know what I'm saying, right? Guys do it worse than girls, but people do it to each other. The point is, all people, like, in all life, like, you know, you eat meat, you know, we, we pollute the environment. I mean, all people interact with their environment and have positive negative effects, but if you want that girl to be like, okay, I don't want to have a negative effect on him because he could walk, knowing game helps with that. You ever have a breakup where you wasted, like, six months to a year just being devastated and you were not effective for that year? Or six months, two years, had that, put your hands up. Crazy, right? You could have had that year back if you would have learned game. Wait a minute, but I thought game is a time investment. You've got to go out for four hours a night. Wah, wah, wah. Wait a minute, maybe you could have got that year back. Okay, so, and with all the benefits that we just talked about. Doesn't mean not to go to a relationship. There's a time and a place to be in a relationship. You should absolutely have relationships. I'm pro-relationship. I actually view a relationship as the top of the paradigm because it's kind of like that Stephen Covey, Seek First to Understand, Then to Be Understood, that Crucial Conversations book, if you've ever read that, that kind of synergistic, highest level paradigm in human endeavors. The highest level is relationships. But at the same time, there's, you know, that has a time and a place. And you want to get there from abundance, not from scarcity. You, have a, you look like you've just dying to ask me something. Is it about the, the um, STD sex rampage? What kind of paradigm shifts do you foresee yourself having later in life? Dude, I don't know if I get hit by a car tonight. I mean, look. This is Phoenix, right? It's fucking hot out. People couldn't just be passing out the wheel, kill me. Every, no, there's no, you know, that weird rampage I went on could kill me. You know, the girl, the gun, anything could happen. But the point is, like, you just, you play it out as long as you can, and then that's what's up. You, like, you just, you just take that next step, and that's what's up. I find that as you age, you get clearer in your intent, but, and so there's more energy and power coming through you while you let go more, while you learn about the specific competencies that you need in order to produce results, while learning how to be happier, more self-amused, while having a deeper sense of appreciation. And sometimes what happens too, like when you get to higher levels, like these weird aliens come to your house at night and they talk with you. Oh, I'm kidding. Now, okay, so the point is, <laughs> that's what he
you wanted to hear, though. So, <laughs> so yeah. So basically, so it's like <laughs> they touch you and they talk with you at night. Okay, slipping in this tea. <laughs> is this ayahuasca? What is this? So from Sedona. We're in Sedona. What's happening? So yeah. So so, but if you think about it, like you look at your life in a bigger picture, and you say, "What do I want to do? Where do I want to go?" Now, what's funny though, because you ask that, you're like, "Where is that next paradigm?" Right? You're curious, right? Me too. It's like a movie, isn't it? You're like, "Where is that next paradigm?" I want to know. It's, it's fascinating, isn't it, right? Now, what I've found is that people believe that, there's this, that, that they're actually happier getting to be lazy because they don't understand what yin and yang is. And yin and yang is the idea that there's the explosion and then there's the recharge, right? And so, you know, you get like your Gary Vader chucks of the world. It's like, you never need to recharge. Work your fucking face off. <laughs> the Jets. <laughs> right? So you've got that side of it, you know? And then you've got, <laughs> he's like storming through the Jets, right? He's like, <laughs> I may be short, but I own the Jets. Fuck you, mommy and daddy. <laughs> so. I hope this ends up on YouTube. It will. <laughs> yeah, he'll like it. Don't worry. He'll be like, dude, that's totally what I'm doing. That's amazing. So then, <laughs> and then you've got like your Eckhart Tolls, right? And you, you know, Eckhart's like, he's like, let go, let go. And then like his like 65 year old audience is like this just this resonates just let go that's right i've got like three years left but i'm becoming a flower <laughs> i'm present right so you've got you know you got <laughs> that's what we want to become yeah. flowers, flowers. That's, that's uh, yeah so we're gonna have the flowering consciousness and own the jets that's kind of the sweet spot that we want to have we want to be a flower storming through the jets like, with eckhart and and gary on each side like yeah with Madison, with Madison here. here, just in case I say anything wrong. I'm like, look up with him. <laughs> <He's> going, <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> yeah, so anyway. All right, more ayahuasca. Let's see what comes up next. So, um, <laughs> so okay, now. Okay, so okay, you get the general idea though, right? So a lot of people, they think that that kind of subdued lifestyle is superior when it's not. They're just like, well, I got more time off. But a lot of time when you kind of dig deeper, they're not necessarily happy. But some are, to be fair. And so you've got to figure out which one of those you are. And <clears throat> what I think, the key to happiness in life, in my opinion, is kind of figuring out what you want and then going for it. Whatever that is. And so, like, I don't, I don't try to be like, oh, that lazy guy. Fuck that. That guy might, might not be lazy. He just wants something different. Maybe he values more time with his family, whatever it is. Does that make sense, guys? Yeah. Where do you guys, give me some examples. Where do you guys feel like you're at? Tell me what you want, and I'll critique you. And let's grab your mic. Let's grab your mic for two seconds, and we'll give a critique. Is there any more tea back there, by the way? Is there any more ayahuasca at the back? Yeah, tea would, tea, could we get some ayahuasca tea, please? Thank you. Could you put a sprinkle a bit of DMT in it? I never did ayahuasca, but everybody always thinks that, so I think it's funny. I, I'm not really into it. Um, yeah, okay, so what are some of your goals? All right, uh, well, right now, I just graduated, so I'm really trying to figure out what I'm trying to do with my life. Uh, game is really helping me like face my fears though, and I used to I grew up kind of antisocial. I really hated people. Kind of that's how I found your stuff actually. Mm -hmm. I really related with you in the depression videos. Found it after a breakup, um, but this has really like made me face my social fears. 
So I'm kind of like 50-50 in between like maybe three, four nights of the week. I like to go out Thursday, Friday, sometimes Sunday, sometimes not. Whereas the rest of the week, I like to focus on me, read books, um, kind of focus on my inner development, you know, work out, and then focus on what I'm trying to do in my career. Got it. How'd you guys find that? Well I thought it was very balanced. Any any outside critiques, thoughts? Any of you guys want to be the teacher? Why not seven nights a week, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's good. You guys give me a hand? Okay. Who else? First off, like, holy shit, dude. You gave me a work ethic. Like, that's awesome. Watching your videos and stuff online, like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else thinks that, but I think that's pretty fucking Thank cool. you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. Thank you. And, like, I'm in college right now. I didn't do well. And, by the way, I inspired, I helped to inspire work ethic. Yes. Yeah, you gave yourself a work ethic. Yes. Okay, but let's keep going. Um, I'm in, I, I found, I mean, I, I really inspired it when I was about halfway through high school and I was super fucked up. Um, so I had to go to community college after that. But now I'm thinking I want to go on to a better school. And then for my master's program, I even want to go, you know, get a good education. I'm, I really want to try to go to like an Ivy League school and stuff like that. And I'm always... Why do you want to go there? Because I think it's important that other people see the kind of social proof if you go to a good school that you can start... A what do you want to do when you're older? I want to I be on a, on a business. I want to do like what you do. Got it. Okay, so so I love what you're doing. Okay, so I went to Queens University in Canada. That's kind of like that kind of snobbery thing in Canada. Mm -hmm. And I actually never went to pick up my uh, piece of paper. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you kind of did it on your own. You know, you had Do you guys give a fuck where I went to school? No. no. Yes. I just don't want him to get it, so I only have it. Okay, so... Okay, so unneeded, okay, for entrepreneurship, could be needed to be selected in something like related with being a doctor or lawyer or, I guess, engineer, I guess, you know, things like that. So if there's a direct track to it, cool. But otherwise, I'd like to see you putting that effort into something that has a clearer ROI. Something, something like <clears throat> business entrepreneurship. But well, well, actually, but if you could get in there for free, I'd be cool with that. But I don't want you uh, um, running up huge debts. Could you guys look up all, anybody thinking in the same lines, look up the book, The Education of Millionaires by, is it Michael Ellsberg? Yeah. Michael Ellsworth? Yeah, look that up. Yeah, I, I shared a uh, hotel with him this one time when I, we were at a, at a conference. He's amazing. And um, I have his t-shirt hanging at my house. Michael, call me if you want your shirt back. So basically, um, read his book. It's about that same topic. What's it called? Uh, the Education of Millionaires. The Education of Millionaires. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. Alright, and um, I'm just, I, you know, I was thinking maybe just because of the social proof, but honestly, that, that makes sense too, I, I think I like that better. Good. Um, and I'm just, I want to I wanna go in and I have my own business, and I just lost track of what, oh, I don't ever feel like it's enough. I feel like I keep working, and I want to like, give myself permission for it to be enough, but like, I mean, I'm going to be honest, I've been up for like 24, 36 hours now. Like, really just want to go to bed. But, like, but like, I'd rather be here, but, like, I just want to fucking work. And, like, when is it enough? Like, when can... It's never enough until you own the Jets. And even then... And even then... I do, too. That's what I'm talking about. I don't talk about people I don't love. So, okay, so, no, like, yeah, his book, The Thank You Economy, is what we built RC after. Yeah, that's why I always recommend his stuff. I, I push it on everybody. I didn't even put that connection together. I just mm. started watching him, and I, I remember you talking about him before. But I mm. Yeah, he's the man. He's the fucking man. All 
these things that you're talking about, that he has a video, an exact video on exactly what you were talking about, the ROI of college education today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? So we love Gary, and now, but the flip side, and here's a challenge, so that's very yang, yang, yang. Do you, have you ever read about yin and yang? Do you know what that is? Yeah, so what it is, it's like the balance in the Asian, yes. To add, to make the seminar that much more. Where's Nick? Where's Papa? Okay, so. Okay, so, okay, now. So, okay, now, yin and yang. Okay, have you ever heard the principle of the P versus PC balance? It's by Stephen Covey. Go look that up. Also look up. It basically means production versus production capacity. What you're doing is increasing production. What's it doing to production capacity? How much I produce. Mm-hmm. And what it, I'm, I'm confused. So how productive do you think you are on a day of no sleep? It depends. It's shit. Okay? <laughs> it's fucking shit. Now, I know because I don't need to go to sleep. I don't give a fuck about sleep. I worked many times in my 20s without sleeping. I have no problem not having leisure time. My business went through a fucking recession. I don't give a fuck, okay? I'm more natural talking like this than when you see me. I'm like, hey, guys. What's up? <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> okay, this is my natural state. So I have no problem to keep going. But the problem is, eventually what happens? Okay, and then you're not effective. So to be effective, you've got to learn about active recovery. Do you ever do sauna? Yeah, I started doing that. Good. I went to uh, that Russian banya that you had. Which on one? The, the snap. Your snap Amazing. Snap. Are you based out of L.A.? Um, no. It's, but you were in L.A.? There's one around here. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah Russian banya is amazing. Anything with detox, anything that lowers inflammation, any spices or herbs that you can take, it builds it up. What's that? Curtains, bought those. Great. Deeper sleep. Anything that you get more power. So you want to be building your power and then like that. It's like a video game, right? Sun. Yeah, a little bit of vitamin D, right? I'm sure you guys will figure a way out yeah, here. <laughs> There's probably like sun penetration in, the, in here now. Um, my voice is even going out because it's so dry right now. So, okay. So, yeah. So things like that. So active recovery. So how old are you now? 19. Mm. How long do you want your career to last? My whole life. Okay, so you, so you're, you got great goals. Let's switch up the, if you want to go to Harvard, Yale, whatever, do it, but just know why you're doing it. Could be awesome, but just know why you're doing it. And then from there, I need you to look carefully at recovery. Yin, look up the principle of yin and yang on Google, okay? So that way you have the ability to, um, the ability to um, recharge yourself. So you have that good P versus PC balance, okay? Anybody who I see who doesn't have that down, to me, they're not really entrepreneurial. They're not really doing what they're supposed to be doing because they're not taking care of themselves. It's like a messy room, right? It's like, it's like, it's like you're, you're just like working all the time. Your room's a mess. It's like, I mean, I guess that'd even, that would actually be less bad than even this. So just keep that in mind, okay? But other than that, I thought amazing goals. Thank you also for um, sharing uh, your improvements because that's really exciting. 99% of people plus will never do that. So that's fucking awesome, dude. Thank, Thank you very so much. much. Yeah. yeah, thanks, bro. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Amazing. Dude, I love Thanks. So much. Thank you, bro. <laughs> you won't someday, but you do for now. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Uh, a Russian Banya. Really? Yeah, you sweat out the toxins. Up here now. Mr. Sinta. Bring the dog. He's chilling. He's more than just a dog, guys. He's a service dog. Yeah. Okay. All right. So my goals. Um, I bought my first house when I was 19, so I've always been an entrepreneur. I hate working for other people. 
Uh, for the past 20 years, I've been working one week a month and then goofing off to the other three weeks. Up until about four years ago, I've lived in Houston. Hey! <laughs> What's up? <laughs> so, up until four years ago, I, I lived in Houston, and uh, I wanted to get out of my shell, so I moved to San Diego, get completely out of my shell. Uh, so you did a big move? Yeah. Great. So in the past four years, I've gotten two girlfriends. One, just, one was a one-year relationship, and I ended it on my terms. Um, <laughs> So. <laughs> Relationship, no condom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was wrong. <laughs> Give my hand for that. Raw dog. Raw dog. So in February, I <coughs> went to uh, expand my business from being in Texas. To going nationwide, which I found is a lot simpler than I thought it was. <laughs> mm. And what do you want out of life at this point? At this point in your life, how old are you now? 47. What do you want out of life? Uh, I want to have an ideal relationship after I get a lot of experience with a lot of women. So I am a, have a very well-balanced, proactive, exciting, creative life. Pimpin. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Like that. Any feedback, guys? Sound all good? Anything you'd give feedback? Why not global? <laughs> well, that's a great question. So he said, why not global? So what you've got to ask yourself is, what's the pros and cons? Because global is great, but it's not like you just snap your fingers. You're like, you know what? Global. <laughs> Done. <laughs> so from there, you ask yourself, so... Say that you went global, what would be the pros, what would be the cons, and where do you stand in that? Because I, I certainly don't want to just be like, more, more, more. Okay, so where do you stand in that? We don't need too much detail. Yeah. You, know, you don't need to be like, well, this, okay, but just the yeah. general idea. In a nutshell, I'm going from a one-person manager to building teams on a national level, and I need to get that process down before I go global. Got it. So now, if you look at your life, you've got to ask yourself, so how old, you said you're 47? Mm -hmm. So you're 47. So you've got to say to yourself, what do I want to do with the years that I have? Like, I'm, I'm almost 37. I say to myself, what do I want to do between, say, now and 57? Because you could be like, global RSD. Well, I guess we're global, but you know my point, right? Like, more RSD. But then, that, remember, that comes at a price. Less time with family. Less free time. So where's your balance where you want to keep pushing it, but you also maybe want free time? And do you see the difference between free time in a yin and yang kind of swing that's very appropriate versus too much free time and laziness where you're kind of going into a derp state and you think you're happy but you're just avoiding having to even focus. You ever have, any of you guys ever had that where you're literally just not focusing and you think you're having free time but you're just avoiding having to focus. You think you're avoiding say doing game but you're just avoiding having to go out and take some rejections. You think you're happier but you're actually not. But then there's a point where you're aiming too high and the, the juice isn't worth the squeeze because like, yeah, like I could just work around the clock, game around the clock, like everything around the clock, but then what are you getting out of it? Or you could be like myself where I do that in phases. Like I'm in a point now where I'm in a phase where I'm doing that and that works for what I'm currently doing because RSD, we expanded from having me as a main instructor to multiple main instructors and they each have their own teams and that's expensive. It is time consuming and managing multiple brands and multiple product launches and whatnot. That's time consuming. So that needs my full attention right now. I don't want that to need my full attention forever, but it needs it now. So there's phases where it's worth it. There's phases where it's not. 
I've even, funny enough, I used to have sex with my girlfriend a couple hours a day. I decided when I did the breakup, I'm going to go do game two hours a day. You guys see that? So I'm still, so, so, I, I, so from having sex with a girl who I'd way rather have sex with than any casual sex, I decided I'd put that two hours back on game because I'm going to grow from that. It actually, it, like, I'm always at my best when I'm gaming. You guys ever notice that about yourselves? Yeah. You're always at your fucking, you can see it. When you're in a relationship, you're not gaming. You see your boys that are, and you see that look in their fucking eyes, and you're like, I'm jealous. Like, I'm having great sex every night, and they're having it, like, maybe a few times a week with a condom, but... Ugh, you know, he's just so much sharper than me. Fuck. I'm just dull right now. Now, part of my next challenge in future relationships will be learning how to keep that sharpness within a relationship. I've definitely done it to an extent, but there's, some, there's that kill or starve instinct that awakens in you as a man when you're in that cold, harsh world of not having a fucking super hot girlfriend fucking you every day. It's very different, right? And so, but, but there's a pro and con to it because in some ways, you also become more of an alpha male when you're having sex with that hot girl. So it's kind, of, it's kind of a mix, right? Sometimes you're kind of spinning the plates, you know, seeing multiple girls. There's different phases where it affects you differently. But I don't know. It's, it's something very enlivening about just being thrown out naked into the cold and you're just like, oh, God, like that, your brain's like, survive, survive, where's the next one? You're like, Rrr. you know, right? It's a nice feeling, you know? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay, he knows what I'm saying, okay? So, okay, so you see the general idea here. Now, as far as this goes, so where does it get for you? Like, if you, like, you said, you're, okay, you said 47? Yeah. Dude, at 47, like, yo, even at, say, 43, I'd like to just be working 40 hours a week. I don't want to be working 80, 120 hour weeks at fucking... 47 fuck that no way right fuck no probably it's gonna happen we all know it but the point is i'm hoping i don't so at that point like how much free time do you want to have because like guys in their 20s yeah hustle dude because you're setting yourself up for the rest of your fucking life you're building your game for the rest of your life including like you know post-divorce if you have one etc etc you're building those skills and your dna your body can take an impact you have a lot more room to fuck around when you're, you know, when you're younger, your body can take the impact more. As you get older, you have to be tighter in your margins, right? You've got to be tighter in what you're doing. You need, you need that time to relax and lower cortisol. So what would be like your balance between growing and not being so lazy you're going into a derp state where you're just disengaged, but still, but still having your own balance of free time and like non-allocated time that you can kind of do what you want to do? How would you kind of describe that if you describe it quickly? Well, in essence, I think... Like Richard Branson, I've heard he's like one of my mentors of sorts. Really? And like as a, as a book or you know him? No, no, I don't know him. But Okay, I was like, what the fuck? You're a Necker? Wow. Okay. No, but one of my, one of my mentors is, has been to his island and, and... How was it? It was awesome. Great. Anyway, so Branson owns the businesses, but he doesn't run them. So I, I want to use that model for my business so that I get build the right team. Mm. So I own it, I manage it. But I don't run it. Okay, so what you're saying there, that's a th- they call that um, worker, employer, like business owner. Then you become an investor. What's the last one? Philanthropist. Okay, so it's kind, of a, it's kind of a curve. Most of us won't get to the point of investor. And, by the way, as, as much as it sounds like an advancement, when you're not actually in the business, you could lose all your money pretty quickly. You know, so I mean, I don't. I certainly do not know enough about investment to become an investor. There's no way. I'd rather invest in myself. 
So, you know, I'm not there yet. Maybe I would be there someday. You know, maybe I could meet, um, who's that really cool guy in New York, uh, Bernie Madoff or somebody like that could help me, <laughs> you know, know where to put my cash, right? That worked out, right? Yeah. So he had great returns for quite a while. So, ba- <laughs> so you know, but, so, but, so it's cool to talk about. It's another thing to get there, but you could for sure, but definitely people definitely do it. Um, you know, Branson, I mean, he's, he's a G, right? He's a motherfucking G. He's a real motherfucking G, like he's E. And so... You know, so you've got to think to yourself, like, could you get there? Do you want to get there? What would it take to get there? Is it realistic? Is it lip service? Are you just like, well, you know, I think I just would like to be like Branson, you know, an investment makes sense, right? You know, I'll have game like Tyler, you know, social circle like Luke, you know, maybe I'll be kind of Jack like Elliot, you know what I'm saying, right? I'll learn how to chill like my dog, right? Like everything's going to kind of, you know, so <laughs> be enlightened like Eckhart, you know, I'm going to own the Jets like Gary, like, you know, right? So it's like, you know, so realistically, where do you realistically, for being honest with yourself, where do you see yourself getting to and building a balance? Because it drives me crazy when you see guys come out of, say, like a money-making seminar, and they're like, they run out, and they're all like pumped up, like, I'm going to be a millionaire. There is no limit. I'm like, there's a limit, bro. You got a limit. You know, right? So, so it's, uh, you know, it's like, like the goals that I set out for myself, I'm, I'm a hyper-realist. And notice, too, that I'm a pessimist. Like, I'm like, hmm, even a little bit of time burnt is going to fuck up my shit. Cut it. Like, I assume that most people won't make it. I assume that. They're just not going. They don't want it bad enough. There's not enough fire in the belly. They're not going to push through. They're not going to make the necessary sacrifice. When they do, they're going to regret it, et cetera, et cetera. So rather than like playing that game and then you just accomplish nothing, let's look realistic at something realistic to where you could get to, which this could be. Let's assess it through these lenses and then think a realistic game plan where you not only – really it's not about accomplishing the most. Fuck that. Accomplishing the most is, is what's called an oversimplified metric. Say that word with me. Oversimplified metric. Like more more, right? Like, fuck the most women. More. Okay, you fucked the most women. What was the quality of the girl? Was she cool? Who did you let into your home? Did you enjoy it? How good was the sex? How, how did you balance that in your general life and make women a part of your overall life? Did you improve in your game in the process? Do you even care? Et cetera, et cetera, right? But like that number more always seems better, right? Who would you rather be? Guy that fucked 300 girls or 200 girls? Well, who knows? Maybe you'd rather be the guy that fucked six girls, but all of it was really hot sex, super high quality, et cetera, et cetera, right? So there's many different metrics. So look, considering those different metrics of your happiness, your free time, how much you want to apply yourself, how engaged you want to be, where can we find a life where you have, you're engaged? Because that's what matters, guys, not how far you get in the game. It's about your happiness and your engagement. But it's also about not creating this fake happiness where you're avoiding doing work in a derp state and then thinking you're happy when you're not. You're just disengaged, you're unfocused. So you ever read the book Deep Work by Cal Newport? Okay, or you ever read the book The Shallows, what the internet's doing to our brains or something like that? Okay, the idea of it is that as your attention becomes more shallow, you can't even focus anymore. You lose the capacity for deep work. And then just to avoid doing deep work, you call that you're happy. You're like, oh, I didn't have to focus on anything today, I'm happy. No, actually, deep work is the most fun of all. Being engaged is the most fun of all. You forgot. And then you go do some cool shit outside that at your leisure, unfocused time, where you could just be free. And you could do that too. Um, so, you know, but guys, they, they call that fun. They, they've, they've lost their capacity to even know what fun is. They think that just this free time at a derp state is fun. So looking at that, dream life, what would you see happening? I know I've thrown so much talk at you. I don't even know how to respond, how you'd respond at this point. Well, I haven't been, been very appropriate up here, but just The, the way I thoughts. see it, for mm. the next four years, I want to, like, work like a workhorse, mm. like, completely, like, nonstop, very little sleep. No, no, you're too old to not sleep, my brother. No, no, no. And so am I. And so am I. <laughs> Anybody over 35 not getting their seven, eight hours, whatever you need, you're going to suffer. No. What, what mm. I do is I have like these, these 
certain times where I'm like total demon, and I work for three three days nonstop with maybe two hours of sleep a day, and then I take three or four days to recharge. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say cool, uh -huh. but I'm gonna say you're my homie. Can we agree to disagree? Of course. Okay. Totally. Only time to do that, in my opinion, is product launch, for example, mm -hmm. where you actually tried to not do that. You prepared the time so you wouldn't have to, but you know, life happens, life can be messy. And in that case, if you have to minimize sleep, it's okay, but you've prepared your body by being very restful beforehand to do that. When I'm on these programs, for example, I, I might not sleep too much because I'm in a city. And funny enough, I actually could sleep, but I don't wanna be away from my kids that long. Okay, that's why I don't do a lot of international travel either. I don't wanna be that far away from my kids. So what I'll tend to do is I'll come to say Phoenix, but I'll try to bang out you know, a free tour, hot seat, boot camp, and the big one that takes time to shoot video blogs. And I'll try to do all that in about three to four days. But I'm doing that to avoid, avoid um, being away from my children. But frankly, if I didn't have kids, I'd just come out here for a week and I'd shoot the video blog out more like during a week and I would spread out the event more and do that. But what I found is that in the past, what I was doing was I was like, yo, I haven't slept, slept, barely slept in six fucking days. Look at my work ethic. Look at me. And I train myself to not need sleep. Like, you know that weird haze that you're in when you haven't slept? I can public speak through that. I can do marketing through that. I can edit videos through that. I can run teams through that. I don't have a problem with that. So that's no longer a problem for me. Like, when I go to sleep at this point, it's not... It, it, like it's a choice, but it's a choice that I made because I watched what I was doing. I was working at you know 50% capacity, then not hitting my deadlines, then having to miss more sleep and rationalizing that I'm a hustler, I'm a grinder, okay? And if you look at my face, you should see the face of a dude that has no fear of not sleeping, who has no fear to push it. If you can't see that, you're fucking blind, okay? Because I'm going bald for a reason, <laughs> all right? <laughs> Okay, I look a bit twitchy for a reason. I'm kind of twitchy. My nervous system is built for work. That's my comfort zone at this point, is to be like this. This is my fucking comfort zone. Chilling is my, out of my comfort zone. But the thing is, I used to also get sick 10 times a year in my mid-20s. I got sick so much, I was at the doctor's office, I saw this HIV poster and I went, I'm fucked. Because I have all these symptoms. Okay, I was sick that much. I'd be getting over one sickness going into another. When's the last time I got sick? Business partner's wedding years ago. I got so sick, I couldn't even crawl out of my bed. I tried to crawl out of bed. It looked like, um, like uh, the Wolf of Wall Street when he's trying to crawl to the car on drugs. <laughs> I tried to crawl. I had to call my business partner. He's, he, he had two weddings in one. Kind of, you know, pa, you guys know Papa? He wanted two weddings. So we had a small one and a big one. I had to call him. I had to miss the small wedding where I'm the best man and say, brother, I, I didn't take care of my body. I missed your wedding. Do you know how that affected me? Do you know how much that I was disgusted with myself to miss my friend's wedding? Do you know how that felt? My brother misses motherfucking wedding, right? Do you know how that felt? Do you know what that felt like? And I made a decision at that point, I'm never getting sick again. And I have not been sick since then. How do you think I did it? Combination, yeah, take care of yourself. Yin and the yang. Combination of vitamin D. Not overdoing it with some, but just a little bit. Or take vitamin D. Get out into nature. Take days off. Sleep in a pitch black room so you get a deep sleep. I do things like cryotherapy or cold plunge to lower inflammation. I take all sorts of spices and herbs. Do tons of it. I supplement. I pump myself full of green vegetables every day. Um, 
you know, even things like a nice sex life can even help. It helps you to lower stress. Time in life for that, time for not. Um, what else? What else do I do? What's in my little regime? Can we think of anything? Oh, I laugh a lot. Meditation. I've even worked with Energy Coach. <laughs> laugh a lot. Laughter is massive. Okay, when you're always laughing, you can hustle harder. I see guys that don't laugh. I'm like, ah, you ain't shit. You're not laughing. You ain't shit. Oh, you think you're fucking tough. You ain't shit because you're not because you're not sustaining yourself. So you got to be laughing like all the time. So you're blowing off that stress. Be laughing. Be having fun. You guys ever see Snapchats of me in my office? I'm clowning everybody I'm working with. I'm snapping it. Well, that's because that's the vibe you want to keep around the team. Keep everybody laughing so you can get shit done. People think the opposite. You've got to be all serious. I don't agree with that. Um, be serious, but keep your energy up. It's that P versus PC balance. We need more energy, more focus, more drive. Okay, so more power. We need to harness more. Um, chiropractor, my chiropractor is sitting right there. Okay? <laughs> Stand up for a second. That's my chiropractor. Okay? Arthur! And then I'll put him in my Snapchat while he cracks me, and then I pretend that he's doing gay sex on me. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm moaning shit, and he's like, okay, well, you're broadcasting me to thousands of people, and I'm like, oh, Dr. Arthur, yes, put it in. Yes, you hot stud. Yes, you hot stud. <laughs> you think Arthur. Ooh, 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 And he's just like, all right, okay. So, yeah, so things like that. So, but basically, it's like, you could think you're tough or not, you know, you're not going to bed like, yo, like you got to be able to hustle the best of them. You should, in your mind, it's like, yo, there's nobody that can outmatch you. Nobody. But at the same time, it's like, you've got to also know how to recharge. Those dudes that go, 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 they're not going to have longevity. And so it's like the tortoise and the hare. They might be able to hustle up to a certain point. The body starts to break down. So just keep that in mind. You, you need to be harnessing more. Even take game, right? Where it's like, okay, so I'm going to go out. I'm going to do game four hours a night. If I'm going to stay up late, where can I get naps in? How can I get a good deep sleep for the time that I do have? How can I catch up on the sleep? Could I do daytime? And you've got to figure it out. You've got to figure out what's realistic and make a game plan for it. I can't stand unrealistic game plans either. It drives me fucking nuts. I live in LA. You should hear this shit. Everybody's got an app. They're going to do social media. Blah, blah, fuck, fuck off. Okay, you're not going to do shit. You're going to sit here, do coke at a Hollywood party where you think you're hobnobbing and networking with high-level people who don't give a fuck about you, and then you're going to go back to fucking Iowa when you Hollywood chews you up and spits you the fuck out like a bitch. And that's what's up. So, <laughs> thank you. Because you got no, you don't you don't have a you don't have deep work ethic like Reed Cal Newport. You don't have a deep work ethic. You don't have focus. You don't know what you're willing to sacrifice. You're out here wasting your fucking time. This is not where work is done. Work is not glorious. It's not glamorous. It's boring. Okay? And so you've got to be that present dude who's laughing so you can push through that boring stuff, master it, delegate it at times. But then even when you delegate it, you've got to actually be able to, um, to manage that. And that's a skill set. I have to learn that. It's tough. So all that. So, okay, so going back to yourself. Okay, so that was my answer. Back on him now. I talk too much. Back on him. Okay, that's called a mix of autism and caffeine and ayahuasca. So, back on him. Ideal life. Ideal life is for me to work nonstop for like two or three years. After that, get in a good relationship. You're gonna keep. You're gonna keep your focus. Definitely. Now, as you're doing it, what's your? How are you gonna feel while you're doing it? So awesome. Great. You know why I like that? You know why I like that answer? Because if you train your brain to say, I'll be happy when, you're building a highway of a synaptic pathway to the, I'll be happy when, but I'm not happy now. Then when you get the goal, you've rewired your fucking brain to think happiness will be found in the future. So now you get the goal and you're like, well, you know, now upon, upon reflection and second thought, I had this, but now I need that. But if you're saying, no, I'm already awesome, I already enjoy what I have, 
and then I'm going to get, and then I'm going to be happy when I get to the next level. Now, when you get your goal, you're going to enjoy it. And that's the fucking shit. Okay. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you're not going to, you're not going to burn out your health in an irreversible way during these next three years. Totally. Got it? Yeah. Because when you, go, when you go on low sleep, you go manic. And when you go manic, you think you're being more productive, but you're dipping into cortisol and adrenaline to fuel you. Well, what you need to be doing is sleeping and dipping into present energy and the desire to contribute to fuel you. Have you guys all done that? You, you work off adrenaline and cortisol and low vibration energy to fuel you forward? And that is killing you. So instead what you do is you've got to make a paradigm shift to being in a present calm state, but still being engaged. And then, and then using that to fuel you. And then what winds up happening is um, is the desire to contribute is what fulfills you, okay? And then what happens is, is that that purpose is currency, okay? My friend Seku told me that the other day. Purpose is currency. So it's actually the look in the pupils that you get that is the payoff, more than even the money. Because in, con- in contribution, you become an antenna for presence as some woo-woo people called high vibrational energy. And that contribution makes you happier than, say, getting a, you know, a, a vacation to Sedona would make you. They'll both make you happy, and you can have both. But you know, the contribution itself, the purpose and the contribution is the currency. So you, know, you think that just getting is currency. It's not because you're still in a low vibration negative state while you're having stuff and you're using it to numb your pain. Instead, be happy through contribution. If you don't know what that means and it confuses you, I understand. A lot of people don't get that. They zone out. I see their eyes spacing out when you see that. If you're somebody who doesn't get what I'm saying or thinks it's woo-woo or whatever, all that I would ask, I'm not asking you to change your mind, all that I'd ask you to do is consider it and start looking at four people in your selective focus, your RAS, people that are contributing, and look at their smile, look at their eyes, look deep in the pupil at the steadiness and brightness in the pupil, okay? It's that brightness in the pupil that is the payoff. Got it? And so when you start seeing that and then look in your pupils and see if you're seeing a derp state and a kind of fuzziness in the pupils and see that you're not engaged as you could be, and then ask yourself, where's the difference and what could the payoff be? So I've had a hard time communicating this to some people because they're like, yo, I'm happy when I'm winning. It's like win, but contribute. Find the middle ground. It's not like be this broke guy who sucks, but you're just doing a food drive versus you're the rich Manhattan guy. Okay, there's a middle ground. When I go out to game, I expect to get laid, I expect to pull, but at the same time, I'm gonna make everybody in that club have fun. And because of that, I'm contributing to the energy of the club and I'm gonna get a result. It's about results and contribution, okay? Clarity of intent and freedom from outcome. It's both, and in the sweet spot, it's like a guitar string at that perfect amount. Got it? Okay, back to you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, when I work, I listen to my music, so I'm having fun 90% of the time. I love that. And I, I do gauge when I'm at a point of empty, and when I'm empty, I take a, I take a break as long as I need to. Amazing. Then I, do you have body awareness where you can feel so, what it's running out? Oh, yeah. When did you start to cultivate that? I've always known that. That's amazing. Yeah. I was blind to body awareness until maybe my, my early 30s. The way you avoid getting sick, for example, is you feel into your body, you're like, wait a minute. Is that, are all the cylinders firing here? Am I a little tired? Am I not quite as sharp? Is, is my thinking a little fuzzy? Do I feel a little disengaged? When I see that, you know, that game of football frisbee or whatever the fuck, right? You know, what's that called, ultimate frisbee? Do I wanna jump in? Or am I kinda like, eh, I don't know. When I see that girl, do I wanna go approach? Or am I kinda like, eh, I just wanna stay kinda tired. And when you see that, when you see yourself getting like that, and you'll start to, maybe like a, a slight headache or something like that, you go, wait a minute, 
illness is about to set in. My theory for illness is that it's not that it's not that you get sick to get sick, like to, the, for the people reason people think. My theory is that the body says the, the body wants to say, "Hey, John, you're going overboard. Sit the fuck down. We need to catch up to, to you know to, to detox, to fix our cells, to play catch up in our body's complex workings. And you're going too hard. You're pushing us too hard. You're fucking up. Okay, you're like the fucking U.S. president running us in fucking debt here, John." You got to be a little more like Switzerland. Are they out of debt? I don't even know. I'm guessing. Okay, is that true? Iceland. They're not even. Is there anybody out of debt at this point? Iceland. I be like Iceland. <laughs> Probably not the most convincing example. Now, um, how many more people will I manage to insult in the center? So, <laughs> Iceland gone. So, um, that is a compliment. So, the, look, the point is, your body says that. So then you get sick and it puts you in pain. So you'll sit the fuck down. If you feel that you're about to be forced to sit the fuck down. A great trick I've learned is just sit down for half a day. Put yourself in a light trance. Don't go on vacation. Don't go do something hectic. Because just being awake and engaged at all pumps certain cortisol. So just chill on your bed. Don't even watch like TV. Because even like Game of Thrones, you're going to have to watch like the Battle of the Bastards. Like 2,000 guys get killed. You're going to watch like the Red Weddings. Some babies getting sad and shit. Don't even do that. Just stare at the fucking wall or, or whatever it is that, that you know works for you. It doesn't have to be specific. That gets your system really calm, really chill, and let it catch up. Let all the little inner workings that it has to do catch up. Don't go eat anything. Just maybe some green juice. You know, I, I drink a lot of green juice almost every day. Little green juice. Chill. It catches up. Bam. No need to get sick. It's unneeded. Okay? Is there genetic reasons that I don't know about? Sure. Is there, a fl- is there a fluke? Sure. Will I get sick someday eventually? Sure. But it, but it doesn't have to be this ongoing thing that happens all the time. You should know how your body works and how to tweak it. Now, the reason I talk about getting sick, it's not even just about not getting sick. It's really about having vitality. It's really about having your body working fucking awesome, thriving, not coping. So I want you to like be able to accomplish your goals, but not in this thriving state. Only go into thriving if you have to as a backup, or if you're in your early 20s and you're putting in what's called sweat equity into something. In that case, you could do it, okay? Um, but it shouldn't break that point. Any other thoughts? Well, one of the things that I do when I go into my demon mode is I program myself. Like if, I've ha- if I haven't slept, when I do take a two-hour nap, I program myself that each hour represents eight hours of sleep. <laughs> okay. So two hours, when I wake up after two hours, I do feel full. Well, that is willpower. I'll give him that. Yeah. That is willpower. And I yeah. can go another two, three days if mm. I so choose. Yeah, I, I, I do it too and have done it. I've seen where the path leads. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely a great skill to be able to do it if it's needed. Only which is needed, nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is nice. If it's needed. Yeah. Things get a little crazy and you have to. It's nice to be able to do it. Yeah. But then from there, once you can do it, now you can let it go. There's guys who I'd say, yo, you need to learn how to work without sleeping. But there's other guys I'd say, you need to learn how to go to sleep. So it's, you know, it depends where you're at. Could you guys give me a hand? That was fucking awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe bring up like two more guys. Um, yeah, I'll bring up uh, you and then you after, okay? Yeah. Panda. <laughs> My name is Josh. Um, is he taking a shit? Is that it? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Check it out. He's taking a shit. The panda's shitting. He's shitting donuts. Donuts. Pink donuts. If only it worked like that. <laughs> uh, I live with the moral philosophy of, oh, I live with the moral philosophy of make any choice that makes you happy and doesn't hurt people. So that's my right and wrong, and it's uh, worked well. I work a vending job. Why don't you want to hurt people, bro? 
<laughs> Haven't you seen Fifty Shades? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I work a, a alcohol vending job, and then I uh, do kind of Reiki and spiritual teaching on the side. And I love getting laid, so this is awesome. <laughs> I've never been to one of these. I never heard of this guy. Brought me. I never even heard of you guys. Oh, this dope! Great. Yeah, this really. That's cool. Experience, so so now you can use the Reiki and be like, "Yo, girl, <laughs> I believe in a philosophy." That involves alcohol, not hurting anyone, and Ricky. And I didn't know about you. My friend brought me to see you, and you're fucking awesome. And we need to go back to my place for a little Ricky attunement and take a shit of some donuts like my panda. What do you think? <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I'm in. But yeah, and so things are going great in my life. I wouldn't change a thing right now. I mean, I need more money, but that takes time. Okay, so more money, it takes time. I like everything you said. It takes time. What are you doing to make that happen? Um, I'm, I'm working on a book that I'm writing right now, so it's in progress. I also have developed over three years. I've developed like a decent following on Facebook, and I don't know, it's decent. Great, it's tell them your name your Facebook so they can see Josh it. Josh Crowder. Okay, but don't put the mic away from your hand like, Josh that, okay. Crowder. Josh Crowder on yeah. Facebook, how do you spell it? Uh, uh, C-R-O-W-D-E-R. Or You Are Amazing and So Am I is the name of my, that's my method. Great, okay, and so that being the case, now you're doing a book, now you, don't, you do know that Unless you're like J.K. Rowling's, like Harry Potter, you're not going to get a big payday off a book usually, right? So what are you going to do on the back end with the leads that are generated through that book? Open doors to communicate. Got it, okay. Like whatever he called the value uh, sharing. Yeah, sorry. Um, finding, somebody that, finding somebody making value of them to somebody else, finding their value and making value. I think that's beautiful. Great, okay. Thanks, bro. Sure, man. Thank you. Props, okay. And by the way, have you studied guys like my old, one of my old mentors, Evan Pagan, about marketing? John Carlton? Yes. Okay, he's, you know John Carlton? Pimpin. All right, okay. I love John Carlton. Okay, you. Yeah, what's up? How you doing, man? Good. Good, cool. Thanks for coming up. Thanks, guys. Um, I'm kind of like in the middle of two different uh, pathways. Like, I've been into like the Robert Greene and like the linchpin and mastery type of path where like you just want to get all the skill you can, possibly become like just the most creative thinking guy you can in that field and that craft. And then there's also like this serial entrepreneur side where you just keep everything open and stay adaptable and kind of be a facilitator and negotiate between people like that. So I don't know which one's like the most, uh, I don't know if there's a balance between those two or if you have to select one or the other to kind of succeed long Okay, so you're saying, okay, break that down simple instead of giving author names. Yeah. What versus what? Mastery versus um, like adaptability and just multi, just a bunch of different business businesses. Okay, let me ask you a question. Okay, yeah. E-Myth Revisited, I think it's called, uh, distinction, they call it artist, manager, leader, entrepreneur. Each, I have to fill all three roles in my company, um, but what do you guys think I am at a core? Artist. What do you think? Artist. What do you guys guess? Artist. Massive artist. Yeah. I'm the worst, okay? I'm the guy who we have a multi-million dollar contract with Ask Men, who at that time was crushing it, and they asked me to put hair gel, and I'm like, my artistic sensibilities will not allow me to put hair gel in my hair. And then I make a video where I'm like, Ask Men told me about, because we were, we were giving them videos, Ask Men told me that I should use hair gel because it's a sleek look and women like a man with hair gel, so I'm gonna try out their advice and see how it works. Then I go to CVS, I go get this thing called Mega Gel, I squirt half the bottle in my fucking hand, put it all over my hair so it's dripping down my face, go out in the streets and pimp it. And I'm like, Ask Men was right. <laughs> Instantly fired. As I planned to be. Millions gone. My business partner who set this up just he just he just he watched it. I'm like, check out the video. He just looks at it, he just goes, 
Why? Why? Why did? Why? Why? Like po poor Papa, right? Like he, like he sets this shit up. He goes above and beyond to set this up for me, and I'm so fucking stubborn. I'm like, my artistic vision would not be compromised with this hair gel. Fuck the millions. I'm an artiste, right? It's called being a fucking idiot. Bro, just put the fucking hair gel in. Make some basic videos, which creates leads and viewership for your more advanced videos. Can you take the 10 minutes, do the hair gel video, and get the millions? Are you that dumb? Yes. I'm that dumb. So anytime anybody's like entrepreneur, I'm like, <laughs> I'm pretty fucking dumb. What kind of moron with my level of, um, with my infrastructure back end, worldwide network and public speaking skills is still teaching pickup artistry when he's 36? You guys are like, wait a minute, that's not the, the most lucrative thing you could teach? Teach guys that are like 22 that'll complain about paying a couple hundred bucks? <laughs> and I'm like, no, we will pimp. We will pimp. You know what I'm saying, right? They need to pimp. Okay, it's just, it's just stupidity. It's absurdity. It's retarded. Like, I will grow this giant beard. Anybody that fucking looks at my videos will think I'm fucking Zach Galifianakis. But I'm going to grow it because I'm an artiste. Look at me. Okay, now we can still crush it doing that, and we do. But I know how to be an entrepreneur. I know marketing top to bottom. But the point is, you know, I know how to build systems. I know how to optimize systems. But the point is, at my core, when I'm stressed, like, and, and you know what you are when you're stressed. When you're stressed, what do you do? If you're a manager leader, you look at the systems, you optimize the systems. That's a manager leader. If you're an entrepreneur, you go and you, you know you bring you bring new ideas and you pull people together to invest in them and create them and you create and you, and you maybe even start the formulation of those systems that later a manager leader will optimize. If you're an artist, you do the stupid shit like what I do and you hope it works out. <laughs> so, okay. So basically, um, um, you know, like what it basically is is you got to know where you're at. Okay. So which one of those do you resonate? And and all of us have to do all three. But which one at your core are you? Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. So entrepreneur, by the way, usually doesn't care. They, they want it to be, usually if you're a conscious entrepreneur, you want it to be something that contributes value to society. But assuming you're there, you care more about building something that could maybe provide jobs for people than you do about the specific like thing that you're selling. Are you more like that? Are you more like, as long as it's just doing good shit, I'm happy? Yeah, it's kind of like, that's the, like the internal battle. It's like, why do I have so much detachment from this product? Like, shouldn't I believe in this like, as an artist? Or shouldn't I be irrational so much to like, love this beyond? So you got you to gotta, you pick. Yeah. Are you the guy who, if you're not, like, could you be the owner of the next McDonald's? And as long as it's creating jobs, even if it's unhealthy food, as long as it's creating jobs, you're like, you know what? I got a fucking billion dollars in my pocket. It's creating jobs. I'm good. Could you be that? Yes or no? No. Okay. What if it was, say, Chipotle? Where, although I've heard some strange things about Chipotle, but the point is, you know, yeah, guys busting nuts in the oh, wow. sour creams. No. Um, I didn't hear that. I made it up. Is that, that's how a rumor starts. That's how a rumor starts. Just, I heard. You just, that's how you get a rumor. So, <laughs> yeah. So, okay, now Chipotle, relatively healthy, probably could do something that, that's, that, that is even more contributive, but it's still healthy. Say you could make millions doing that. Would you be happy to do that? Yes or no? Yeah, take that profit. Okay, so you, okay, and you could take an investment. Okay, so you're more entrepreneur probably, whereas for me, like you could be like, okay, Chipotle, like you're going to get like $50 million. And I'm like, but I couldn't teach a guy to pimp. And they're, they're, they're like, well, you know, you, you could still pimp in your spare time. I'm like, but I need to teach these guys to pimp. And like, I'm like, what are they going to do if they can't pimp? I'm like, I can't just serve fucking burritos. We need to pimp. So that's where I'm more artist, right? So that's kind of a clarification there. 
Recognize where you're at and act upon that. And remember, every single one's important. Artist, entrepreneur, and um, manager leader, every single one is important. Like in the same way that some people are, are night owls and some people wake up early, we have that genetic variation in the tribe so the tribe will be safe. You have the healers in the tribe. You have the, the, the like, super weird example. Why do you guys think like sociopath could be important in a tribe? Because there's a fucking war. You're not going to send the healer guy. You're like, go defend us. He's like, I want to, I want to help the, the bad guys. You know, right? You're like, no, get Jimmy there. And Jimmy's in the corner. He's like, right? You're like, Jimmy, go. He's like, ah, yeah, yeah. You know, you need that guy. <laughs> back in the day, Jeffrey Dahmer's would have been that guy that went and killed the bad guys and ate them. <laughs> you know, and bring back the food. He wouldn't tell you what the food is, a mystery meat, but you'd be safe. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, okay, so, so everybody has, has like that value. Now, you want to know a super weird one about me if you want to know? Guess what, what I actually am. Healer. Crazy, right? Why do you guys think I get so jacked up? This is super paradoxical. Why am I like, go, go, crush it, go? Want to know why? Because as a healer, I know that as a grown man, it's not going to help you to be soft on you. Okay, tough love actually heals shit. If you're a true healer and the leg is broken, you fucking crack it back straight and you put the cast on it. Okay, you don't go, no, let's just touch the broken leg. Let it set broken. That's not a healer. So I know that guys, how many of you guys have had your guts ripped out by hot women before? Man. Yeah, your guts ripped out and just turned it, just chewed out and shit out by some of these girls, right? And I know that. So, and, and I know your pain. So when I'm like, listen, pimp, bah, 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 and you're, you're like, what's wrong? Like this guy really wants to pimp. Like what's his problem? Um, I do that because I've seen the pain. I know what I've been through. I know what you've been through. And so I want to get you to fucking crack the damn leg and get it straight, even if it hurts. That's why I tell you to go out. Okay, that's why I get jacked up. Okay, that in ayahuasca. So, okay, so yeah, other thoughts? Uh, so I should just focus on building teams and that stuff? If that's the point you're at. I mean, I mean do you have the money to build a team? It's just expensive. Okay, so, yeah, because you hear that, right? They're like, you know what you should do? Delegate and build a team. You're like, with what money? Yeah. Like, how, right? So what are your current resources now to build a team? Probably none? Yeah. Okay, so that, <laughs> I already know that because you're too young to have resources. So, okay, so that being the case, could you, um, you know, what, what would you do yourself now to get to that point? What's your next step? Build products and little services on the side of my job like 40 hours a week and then not side gigs and stuff great so what that means is that you've got your 40 hour week job that's that's your time to float that's needed mm -hmm. yeah. then what you do is you have is you have to start looking at your spare time now the problem is in your spare time you're going to want to watch television you want to go you're going to want to go fuck around so that being the case you've got to actually come back from this crazy day at work like people think eight hours a day isn't a lot that's just actually a lot like eight hours of focus work a day, that shit takes time and energy out of you. So that being the case, you're going to come back and where everybody else is going to go, eh, blah, fuck it, right? Everybody else is going to do that. You're going to actually say, no, I don't want to be stuck in this forever. It is what it is. Now, a lot of people feel bad about that, right? Here's the thing. You are the DNA of your ancestors. So if your parents, who the DNA you're comprised of, didn't create a situation where you could be a snotty little rich kid, then you're part of that DNA that didn't do the work. So it's just like you didn't do the work because your DNA didn't do the work. Lucky for you, you're not going to grow up a snotty rich kid. Now, that being the case, what's going to happen is you've got to dig a little bit deeper. The situation is what it is. You've got to dig deeper. So my general viewpoint is like, you know what? I'm entitled to nothing. I deserve nothing, okay? Like in game, I'm like, okay, I'm lightly autistic. I don't understand social interactions. The shit's a mystery to me. Girls don't like me. I fucking suck. I put my hand in the air. I suck. 
I embrace it. I embrace the shittiness of my situation. That way I'm not sad when things aren't going well. So I do that. I embrace it completely. And then from there, knowing where I'm at, I don't feel bad when I push forward. Then what I did was to get a basic level skill set. It took a couple years of going out. And then I just kept that momentum. It's like that with everything. Embrace where you're at. Embrace the shittiness of where you're at. Realize that no matter how shitty you think it is, it's not as bad as most people in third world country have it. You've got a lot more resources here than elsewhere. Don't engage in thinking that doesn't help you. Okay? There's a lot of things that could be true, like it's not fair, I'm a victim. Okay, bro, guess what? A lot of people are victims, okay? I could tell you my background story, and you guys would just walk out of here looking at the floor crying for me. You'd be like, shit, that guy's been through horrible stuff. But the, I don't even want to say that. Like, like erase that. <laughs> no. But the point is, unless it actually helps you to think about it, fuck it. Okay, say that with me. Fuck okay. it, okay? Unless it helps you pragmatically, don't waste your time thinking about that shit. It's too time consuming. If you're on the hike, you've got a heavy backpack. Drop it so the backpack gets lighter and go, okay? Or admit you're not gonna get there and then you can indulge in it. Depression, self-defeating thoughts are the ultimate, ultimate luxury. Rich kids, snotty little rich kids have the luxury to sit there going, I hate my parents, I hate my life, my life is shit, daddy brought me a BMW with a bow on it in front of my friends at my high school, you embarrass me dad, you embarrass me dad, fuck you, I don't want to study for my medical exam, I'm going to do heroin and I'm going to wear shitty clothes to look like I'm pissed at life because my parents are rich, fuck you, that's all I got on that, okay, so, <laughs> right, that's a luxury, now if your life is shit, like, if you're like a five foot three guy, Guess what? Sitting there going, well, I'm 5'3", it's harder to get laid. That thought? No, no, dude. No. You don't have the luxury for that. You're 5'3", bro. You don't have time for that. The 6'1 guy has time to say he's not 6'2". You're not 6'1". You're 5'3". You don't have time for that. You've got to have way better inner game than that guy. I better see a smile on your fucking face. I better see you laughing. I better see you grounded, confident, and taking action. Because you're 5'3". Okay? You should be even more in the looks don't matter camp than anybody. <laughs> Look, I'm autistic. I'm like, autism doesn't matter. Pimp. <laughs> even that. No. Okay? <laughs> okay? Nothing matters. Go. Because at the end of the day, I'm getting that result. That's coming. So if that's the case, if I know that that result is coming, there's not going to be any time for that kind of thinking. You just fucking go. Okay? So... That being the case, you've got to look at your life and your life. You're like sitting here like, this is such a cartoon. <laughs> you're like the free tour. This is neat. So you've got to be honest about your life, where you're at. Look at it. Where are you trying to get to? What are you willing to sacrifice? How's this going to play out? What's realistic? If to Keep fine-tuning it until you get it. Okay? What is real happiness to me? Not like billion dollars, global millions, blah, blah. No, shut the fuck up. Okay? Just make a realistic game plan for what you're realistically going to do. Let's look clearly at what your impediments are, what your obstacles are. Like, I'm very realistic about what my obstacles are. I'm very, very aware of what they are. I know what they are. I address them. But beyond addressing them, I erase them mentally. And then we move forward, okay? So what are, what's your game plan post this event of what you're going to do to make the time to build something outside of the 40 hours a week that you have to work? Give me, a, give me a, an example how the day will play out. So I used to work at this place called Tech Shop, and it's like a machinery-type, wood shop-type place where you can go and craft and do stuff, like artisan stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to go and just make stuff, either etch on coffee mugs and just try to get some kind of niche market on Etsy or something like that, and then just start plugging and playing and see which, uh, which takes off, and then just kind of keep as much as my time and my energy can permit, just as many products and things like that, like that that I can do. Got it. You reading regularly? Yeah. You pimping? 
Uh, yeah. Good. Now, are you okay? Now, you're a young man. You got a pimp. Now, are you? Um, are you? Even in your relationship, guy, you got to. How you gonna meet her? Now, are you? Um, uh, how bad do you want it? Badly. How bad? Badly. How bad? Badly. Okay. Now, that being the case, um, what are some higher consciousness goals or higher consciousness motivators of what you could contribute if you if you got the goal? That's, I, keep, I think that's where I'm struggling. It's like putting the flag in the ground. Okay, your dad, what was he like? Uh, he was a framer up until like 30 and then started his own framing company and pretty much took over the city that I was born in. Dope. Okay, yeah. what do you want to contribute? What kind of man do you want to be for when your child, say you have a son or daughter, how do you want to be a role model to them? I mean, just like a strong pillar of control uh, as much as you can control, um, being a good decision maker, being a good communicator. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, you want them to see that. Yeah. What are the consequences downside if you're not that guy? It's shit. Okay, now, and, and don't underestimate how shitty things can get. Do you guys get how shitty things can get? How shit things can get? Just look at most of the world. Do you realize how bad things can get? It's the law of entropy. Things are moving always in their most likely capacity. Having your whole shit together is unlikely. That's why less people have it. Having your life be a mess and unfocused is less likely. So that being the case, there's more of that in entire countries and nations of that. Not That's massively like painting broad strokes of a whole country, but you know my point, right? You look at some of these countries that are in tatters, you can see what's going on. That's the norm, okay? Like a lot of these like Puritan mindsets that like the states have and things like that, that came up. Like they say, um, Ty talks about a lot, uh, nations are born stoic, die Epicurean. You ever heard that? So, you know, the chances of actually being that dude is so low, so you've got to make a choice to do that. Being kind of unfocused, that's easy. Focus is harder, but has a higher payoff. If you read the book, The Kabbalion, you could read about how for every, like, pro, there's a con, essentially, right? And that's why we learn spiritual growth, because when the con hits, you have to stay present to it so that you almost, like, it's almost like you sort of rise above the swing of the pendulum in the other direction, and you stay present, you're accepting of it, and then when the pros come, Whee, like that, and then you can let it in. And that the Kabbalion explains that. You could read that. It's like the, the three initiates, and there's like weird shit about archangels in it that you'll have to ignore. But the point is that, I mean, if you want. But, well, dude, you guys know all the best shit's weird, right? Like, all the best shit, half of it's going to be weird as fuck because those are people thinking out of the box, but then you've got to be able to filter out the, the archangels and the fairies and stuff and just take the good stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, or not. So, okay, so basically, but yeah, that's an ancient spiritual text of amazing. So you get that general idea. Now, so there, now how about day-to-day um, -day concerns, simple day-to-day -day concerns? How would it benefit your life just day-to-day -day if you have this down? So first we look at higher consciousness so that when you're in a higher consciousness state, you're motivated. How about day-to-day? -day? Those uh, 40 hours could translate over into things I actually like to do. I could uh, travel more. Uh, Learn more languages, learn more cultures, be more yep. lively. Would that be fun? Yeah, hell Great. Yeah. Okay, now how about some petty reasons? Like really petty. I like to, I, yeah, like, like how would your ex-girlfriend feel if she just saw you crushing it? And how much would she know she made a mistake in not believing in you? Ooh, yeah, right? How about other people that didn't believe in you? Would you like to rub a pie in their face? A pie of your awesomeness down their mouth. Just take it and just shove it and say, I'm amazing. And you didn't believe in it. And now you were wrong. And I was right. And I'm the fucking pimp. And I'm the fucking shit. Now eat that pie. Eat it. Let it dribble down your chin. You let that dribble down your chin. Look at me. I'm even scratching my nose and I'm so fucking awesome. You're going to fucking take it. You could fucking listen to me. Okay, right? Okay, you have any like that? Yeah, yeah. Great. That's good. Now, the reason why that is, nobody teaches that, right? Nobody fucking teaches that. Fuck that. 
Look, are you telling me that you're walking around in a higher contribution state 24-7? Well, then what are you doing here? I'm going to be at your program. <laughs> really? You're, like, you're Eckhart? You're Eckhart Tolle. Okay? You're going to get there someday, but if you're not there yet, you're put on this earth to experience things, and you got to experience things. So you're going to oscillate through contribution higher states where you're going to look at like these like day-to-day things. Or you're going to look at petty shit like that like putting the pie in someone's face, and it is going to seem so stupid and so foreign to you that you can't even imagine we would ever even waste a second discussing it, right? Some people report that when they, like, we were joking about, like, the ayahuasca thing, right? Like, they go on these, like, hallucinogens, and they go in the state, and then they realize, they're like, oh, this petty shit is so stupid. I just got to stay here. But then, after enlightenment, the laundry, as they say, and you come back down to earth. And the truth is, there's going to be other times you're underslept, or hungry, or tired, or just in this weird low vibration state, because it just is what it is. And the problem is, if, if the goal is not always aligned in that state as well, then, you're, then you lose momentum. So you have to have it where every, maybe not have to, but you can benefit where every single part of you is, is like aligned. Okay, that part of you that's wild and crazy, the serious part, the higher consciousness, the lower consciousness, the day-to-day concerns are aligned towards your goal. So no matter where your brain fluctuates, you're going for it. Any of you guys ever feel your brain's fluctuating like you're almost a different person throughout the day? You ever feel that? So you want to get them all aligned. Then what you do is you take the negative sides, right? So we look at it in reverse. You go, you say, um, you know, that party that wants to rub the pie, what would happen if you didn't get to rub the pie? You'd look stupid. Ooh, it makes no sense. It's fucking dumb. But there's a part of you that is motivated by that. How about day-to-day concerns? Well, you know, you'd have to go to this job you're not that into. It'd kind of suck. Look at the reverse of it. The higher consciousness versions. Man, if I can't contribute, that would kind of suck. I wasted my life. And then you look at the reverse of it. And then what you do is you break down all the positive parts of how you'd feel and what you could do, and you make spider webs. So you're like, if I got this higher consciousness thing, I'd feel this. And if I felt that, I could do this. And if I felt that, and if I could do this, I'd feel this. And it's like awesome, 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 awesome. Then you do that in the, in the practical day-to-day one. Like, well, if I, you know, if I could like have this type of lifestyle, I'd feel like this, which then I could do this, which would, then I'd feel like this. Awesome, 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 awesome. And then you look at the lower consciousness one. I could rub the pie. She'd have to eat that pie. It'd feel fucking great. I'd feel so vindicated, even though it's completely stupid and irrelevant. But nonetheless, there's a part of your brain that's there. And then how did I feel if I did that? Awesome, 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 awesome. And then again, look at the negative ones. If I didn't get this, then how bad would I feel? And then what would I be limited by? Then how bad would my life get? What if that continued? What if that continued on and on? Like take game, right? What it, like, think of, think of like breakups, divorces, how you'd feel, losing your kids, um, you know, being in scarcity, the anxiety of being in a relationship for that long, how horrible it is, being with a girl less attractive than you could even have, not learning the skills that you get socially from going out, not having, not enjoying a cool sex life in your 20s and, and 30s or whatever age, right? Not, get, not, getting to, not getting to be in that club, sharing value, but instead being in the corner. Think of all those negatives. Shit, 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 shit. Then think of the positive. Hot girl, great sex. How would I feel with that? If I, had, if I felt like that, all the good things that could happen. How, much, how cool would it be if I could go out and make everybody feel awesome? How much could I pay that forward? How cool would it be if people that didn't believe I could do it were proven wrong, et cetera? Great, great, great. You know, and then you just look at it like that. And now all of a sudden... You're motivated, okay? You want to go for it. So you've got to build that out in your mind so that when you get in an unfocused state, your brain's like, fuck this, and you go. It should be like a magnet is dragging you to the goal rather than you're crawling your way through it. But the problem is we usually don't even think about it. We're not even clear in why we're doing it. We lack the motivation to do it. And then we're mad at ourselves in this weird way because we think, um, why can't I just get focused? Who here ever feels like that where it's like, you know that your life would be better, but sometimes your brain just won't kind of kick it in gear or focus, and then it actually fucks your self-esteem. Put your hand up if you ever felt that way. Okay, that's a very human thing. We've all felt that way. The way that you fight it 
But there's many ways, including what you're putting in your body, like what we said, the energy stuff that we talked about earlier, where you're building up energy, but also we fight it through that motivation. So say you see me come up here and I'm just ranting, and bam, 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 you see me doing this. That's a combination of what I've done for myself to recharge in between programs, but also the goals that I have in all those different spheres and the things that I'm moving away from in those different spheres, I can get up here and I can talk like this all day and it's effortless because like I'm burning less energy doing this than you are sitting in the chair. You get that? My energy is going up. You're sitting in a chair. I'm getting more energy sitting up here. You're sitting in a fucking chair. Why is that? So talk about work ethic and hustle. Where does that come from? You've got to wire yourself to prepare, okay? And not bullshit yourself with delusional thoughts of like this could happen or that could happen. And it doesn't happen. That's why most people can't produce results. And most people's lives just, you're just like, right? Just Joe Lunchbox. Which, you know, there's an honor in that. And I love that. And I love all people. Some people look down on that. I just view it as different. But if you don't want to be Joe Lunchbox, if that's not satisfying to you, then embrace that and then take the action needed to get yourself to the point that you want to be at, okay? You're all sitting in this room. So, I'm gonna say something a little bit weird, but I'm gonna, in a minute, I'm gonna ask you to give yourselves a hand for that because guess what? Most people, even in the city, you know, say you got a couple hundred people here, most people in the city didn't even take the time to find out about this event, couldn't get off their fucking ass to even be here or to even learn about it. Like, yo, we have free tours all over the world and the average person won't even take the time to show up to a free tour because they can't get engaged enough to move a mouse to the website because even figuring out what the website is and clicking the fucking button is too engaging for them and they'd rather just see it at home because they don't think there's a difference in coming and seeing it live than seeing it at home on a fucking video or on your fucking phone, okay? They think that they're getting the same experience from a fucking phone that they, they get in person, okay? How preposterous that is than to see somebody fucking live sitting here and actually fucking talking to them and whatnot, and the average person thinks that's the same shit. It's not the same shit, okay? It's different, and the average person doesn't even have enough foresight to see the difference in that because why? They just can't get it together. They just can't figure out how to make it work. They can't make it fucking work. They can't get it together just for whatever reason. And then they go down into a derp state. They rationalize that derping and just sitting around being passive is somehow satisfying. What is not? Okay, it just erodes your self-esteem. That's not like that shit. So that, what do you have to say? <laughs> Next. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys know when I do these talks too? When I do this, when I do talks like this, I, I do I literally like to, to me and Luke when we when we come and do this stuff. You're pulling a little bit. When we do this stuff, it's literally just like we just like to push it and fuck around and just see what comes of it. Do you guys see that? Free tour is us playing. Do you guys get that? Did you guys see the one where we did the crowd surf? Yeah. Okay, we did this one like crowd surfing, right? And guys, are like, why are they doing crowd surfing now? What's the agenda? Me and Luke, our only agenda is to be retarded. Basically, we just... <laughs> Full, on retard. Full retards. Our version of evolution is how retarded we can be. And, and literally, like, like, our, like, our favorite videos are we're, like, looking at ourselves like being the biggest retards. And the reason why that is, is because we're playing. If we're going to come to free tour, let's play. Like, when I did this talk today, I tried to do a little bit of a, of a more staccato, fast cadence. You guys see that? 
That's me playing. I also do events where I'll talk more slow and chill, and I'll play with that. I'll do ones with a lot of jokes. I'll do ones with a lot of dense content. I'll do pickup ones, self-help ones. I just play with it. Why do it? What's what is the attitude that you see there? Experimentation, learning, engagement, trying new things. Look, you guys don't pay to be a fucking free tour, and you ain't paying to watch the video at home. So our version of payment is what? What do we get out of this? What we get is we get to. <laughs> fucking eternal fulfillment. I'm in lower consciousness now. It's to rub the pie in your face. Or maybe it is fulfillment. Where am I right now? <laughs> no, what it is, is we play an experiment. When you go out to game, for example, take that attitude. When we do events like this, we do it to play and to experiment. We just want to see what we could do. It's like, yeah, what can we do with this shit? What could happen with this? You know, like, what could we do? How could we play? How could it happen? Like, what could happen? What could come of it? You see that? That's game. When we go to game, it's not like, I'm a wounded puppy. I'm a wounded puppy. I need this to work. Another night of me with my pillow and Vaseline. I hate my life. Oh, and game isn't working. And I was misled down a path of false hope, being told that I have a chance with, to be with a woman when my only woman is a Vaseline and, a, and two pillows that I rub in between. I hate my life. You know, right? And then, <laughs> You know, and they're thinking that, like, yo, go out and play. Go play. Go have fun. Try shit in business or whatever. Play. Just try different things. That's the joy of it. The joy is the play itself. And yeah, you'll get a girl home. You'll have sex. Or it'll be fun. And you can play and you can do that. But it's all play. It's all laughter. It's all fun. Focus, engagement. That's where we play. That's where we have fun. Okay? It's not meant to be this thing that is like hellish and hard. It's meant to be fun and inspirational and empowering. How much of society, though, do you think puts us in that mindset? Like when I'm speaking like this, do I have to speak like this? I can't talk like this. I have to speak. I can't just say what's up. I've got to sit here screaming. Like, like why? Why? What, what, what's the goal? Why am I talking like that? Why am I fucking around like this? Because it's, like it's like there's a derp haze around your brain. It's like a thing of butter. And I've got to take the fucking knife, heat it up. And then I gotta go like that and get it in, okay? I gotta get it in because your friends are in such a derp state. Your colleagues, what are they talking about? Gossip, pop culture, complaining. Trump. Trump. <laughs> That's not inspiring. <laughs> I thought we we're in Arizona. <laughs> so where's where's Sheriff Arpio? So you know. <laughs> So, okay, let's keep that out of here. So, okay, whatever direction you want, I'm just, I'm not getting involved. We're from Cali. We're not involved. So, okay, so the point is, okay, but we can have a big fight after, okay? <laughs> like Braveheart, we're going to fight that. So, and RPO will mediate it. So, the point is, you get the general idea that it's like, it's, it's, you, there's so much derp state going on in your mind. So events like this, in general, are to get you out of that, okay? It's to, get, it's to change your social conditioning a little bit. And like, what am I really saying? Sometimes people are like, is it RSD conditioning? Like social conditioning, RSD Like, what have I said here? Make a goal. Plan it out. Be inspired. Look how your brain's working. Be realistic about it. Achieve the goal. I'm not even saying doing anything crazy that's outside your realm to do it. I'm just saying, let's look at what is within your realm and then figure out how to do it. You've got to take from this talk what you need to take from this talk, okay? Because there's something in it a little bit for everybody. So that's the general goal of this talk. I believe in you. I don't sit here not believing you. I believe in you 1,000%. I know that if you actually came here that you want something and that engages me and makes me want to share with you, okay? So ultimately though, you've got to want it as bad as I want it for you. Because I can want it for you a lot and I do. 
but you've got to want it for yourself. And I believe that what you set your mind out to achieve, you can achieve, but you've got to continually look at your day-to-day -day habits, you're on autopilot, recognize where you're on autopilot, and slowly keep improving that 0.1% per day. Do that in your game as well. You're out recognizing what's helping you, hurting you, and just keep improving 1% every time you go out. Those little 1% add up over time. It feels like it doesn't, it does. Look at, look at like, you know, Daisy Dukes from the 70s, 70s, right, from Dukes of Hazard. Look at her now. Okay, go do a Google search. It adds up. Time moves forward. And father time remains undefeated, as proven by Daisy Dukes. So, okay, so that being the case, be aware that you can move in a positive direction and see what happens. My dream for you is to be, is not some petty goal, although that could be motivating. My dream for you is any goal that inspires you, but the person who you will become in the process of pursuing it. My dream for you is not to like, you know, hurt yourself and harm yourself and harm your body to achieve your goal, but rather to stay within a range that is realistic, maybe occasionally going past that boundary of your health, like, you know, here or there, but for the most part, staying within your health and doing it for the right reasons, for healthy reasons, and then growing as a person so you can share more. And while sharing more, you're in a cycle of abundance where you're happier, the world is happier, and we're moving in all collectively in a better direction, okay? I want you to get your goals in whatever aspect of your life you want. Health, wealth, relationships, higher purpose, whatever that is. We're here to help you with that. We're here to encourage you on your journey. What I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna go into some of the craziest exercises you've ever seen, okay? I wanna thank you guys for coming out. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you.